Potterfic Weekly. I'm Ryan. Ah. Wait, that sounded like Jen. What was that? Uh, it looks like Jen was eaten by a bear. And that's Yellowstone blowing up. We'll just have to skip her. That's terrible! Shouldn't we do something? If it wasn't the bear, it would have been that car of hers. This is very true. Now, come on, restart the intro. We're burning daylight on this. Puffwa season finale, take two. Hello, and welcome back to Potterfic Weekly. I'm Ryan. Is that a tornado? Burner, no! It seems that Arkansas was just wiped off the map by another tornado. Another tornado. That's awful. Can we stop the show for a minute? Can we call Mac? Can we get FEMA? Boil water, that's what we can do. No time. Potterfic Weekly intro, take three. Hello, and welcome back to Potterfic Weekly. I'm still Ryan. You've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. What was that? (laughs) What just happened? Bill's gone. What are we going to do without Phil? How can this podcast function without Phil? Calm down. Doc Brown just took him to the future. Just get back to the intro, Ryan. It'll work itself out. Before intro, take four. Welcome back to Potterfic Weekly, where the disasters never end. I'm Ryan. Kaza set on the railway track. Her heart was all a flutter. Train came rolling down the track. Toot toot, Keza Butter. Is that Mr. Peanut? He was only looking out for the good of his relatives. Now give the intro another go and stop messing with the script. We want to evoke classic Puffwania with familiar, comforting words. Now take a minute and begin season finale intro, take five. We're evoking classic Puffwania with all the disasters so far. Fine, fine. Hello, and welcome back to Potterfic Weekly. I'm Ryan. 
But Potterfic Weekly's been clean of Vicodin for like 127 episodes now. They're not after you, they're after Chi. Kansas DMV? You already know that. Don't ask silly questions. Now back to the intro. Take six. Yeah, okay. I knew that. Hello and welcome to Potterfic Weekly. I'm Ryan. Didn't I confiscate the Ravenclaw's power tools? Wrong. He is wrong. He cannot be separated. So take that to the keyboard. I am Kruger woman. Gen 2, English please. Don't say that letter. Come again? Her S key isn't working. We'll just let her be. Tech support should be arriving any minute, which means... We can get back to the podcast. Take seven? I'm so happy. And once again, welcome back to Potterfic Weekly. I'm still Podcaster Huggles. Ah! Ow! Not into the headset. Who was that? That would be Mike. There's another cockroach infestation. Somebody call the exterminator! Animal control! This thing's as big as my arm! Wait a second, what did you do that for? Mike is just going to have to fend for himself. This is for the good of the podcast. Now, take a deep breath and pull for intro, take eight. And if you're still listening to us, welcome back to Potterfic Weekly. I'm Ryan. Good God, what now? Is the generator dying or are we about to lose broadcast capability? No, that's death roll and a tow truck. Looks like he ran out of gas again. Why do I even ask and do we even have any hosts left we've got peons don't worry about it just move on to take nine don't worry about it she says and welcome back to Potterfic weekly why do one take when you can do several i'm ryan i'm scott ah! just keep swimming just keep swimming just keep swimming 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 did scott's toilet explode or something so close but so wrong Canada just melted. So I should invest in shipping then. We've already wasted so much time. Just go on to take ten. We're sure to get it right. I thought the third time was supposed to be the charm. Just do it. Yes, ma'am. It's Potterfic Weekly once again. I'm Ryan. Can anyone hear me? Hello? Julia from Podcast speaking? Hello? Who the hell is that? It's me! It's Julia and her headset. Well, it was Julia and her headset. I think I can see the headset pieces, but I don't know about Julia. the hell is going on here? Is it Friday the 13th or something? Is there Poofwainian flu going around? Is there some sort of disease of the disasters? Don't be ridiculous. Friday the 13th isn't happening until August. Try to stay on topic. This is Poofwainia. Wait a second, are you Mac? No. Back to the intro, take 11. And welcome back to Potterfic Weekly, where our intros never end. My name is Ryan. Stay on script, Ryan. Ow! What did you... I can't get it to stop! You have got to be kidding me. She's pulling a jet. Come on, Ryan, we need to pick up the pace. Take 12. Welcome back to Poofwa. My name is Ryan. 
12 o'clock, tackle, huckle, pounce! Scarlet? That's the peons that you just attacked. And P.S., you made her run into a door. I tackle, huckle, pounce them. I didn't attack. Don't be such a drama queen, Ryan. She'll be fine. It's just a door. Just take it into the hospital wing, okay? Tell me you've got someone other than me. Please give me good news. So, you'd be happy to hear that I just saved money on my car insurance by switching to Geico? What happened to staying on topic? This is Pottervick Weekly. <sighs> That's what I said. Take 13. Oh, no. I'm not doing this take. You can do it. Something awful is going to happen to me if I do this. No, it won't. Yes, it will. No, it won't. You're the podcaster general, not some random red shirt. Of course. Silly me. <clears throat> and welcome back to Potterfic Weekly. I'm Ryan. Wait, I've got my Gryffindor shirt on for support. Echo! Run! Good thing I had a backup plan. Bernard? All we need you to say is welcome back to Pottervick Weekly. Can you do that? Great. You'll be fabulous. You made it through lightning and court, so what's a bit of podcasting? And go take 14. Bernard! Speak to me, Bernard! What do you have to do to get stuff done around here? Do it yourself. I guess so. And take 15. And welcome back to Potter for Wiggly. I'm P.S. And we're here with our season finale. Why have you called us here? The Dark Lord is dead. Harry Potter wins. End of story. <laughs> yes, I know, I know. He marries Ginny. They live happily ever after. There is literally no way to move forward from this point. Why are we all here? I was just getting to it. Can you say Potterfic Weekly? Is there a podcast actually coming out this week, Ryan? Hello. Stupid Skype. I'm actually a little pissed. I never knew that all we had to do for the past three years was get a few drinks in Rinna and we would have the instant BS impervious snark fest that we have tonight. I threw a bunch of strawberry sorbet and a banana and some vodka into my blender and made this absolutely incredible smoothie thing. And I also have a bottle of champagne. Are you on crack? Yeah, go go Red Sox. Red Sox. I thought you were going to say go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) You're supposed to edit all that stuff out, so I sound like a genius. Ryan's drinking rocket fuel. I'm drinking Don Julio Silver tequila and chasing it with a watermelon flavor Smirnoff. Here goes the first shot. Here's to you, Pufwa. Yay! Mazel tov. By the way, I'm death roll. I've got... Thank you. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm asleep. I'm P.S. Mrs. Huggles has spent the evening explaining to me everything I've done wrong today, but she is still going to mail Rinna something that will give her diarrhea because she is sad the lost was spoiled for me. I love well, that woman. I, I, I didn't mean to! Yes, you did! Yes, you did, yes, Rinna. You, you totally did. did. You were on the shit list tonight. Dad freaking gummy. I'm tired of people saying what a great base Ball team the Yankees have. Screw up! I don't want to do that. I'm so confused and I'm drunk, so I have absolutely no idea what in the happy hell is going on. 
Wow, I definitely didn't know that. Hey, hey, right. Oh, oh. did I just tell a secret? Yes, you did that twice. (laughs) (laughs) Keza, are you up to date on Lost? No, I'm not. Stay away from the drunk southern. I'm confused. Is that how you spell transvestite? No, I apologize to all transvestites. Lost fans. Don't There are quite a few episodes of this podcast. I would have killed to have drunk Rena on the line. I never realized I had such a resource available. I'm a bad person. No, you're not. I mean, the thing with Lost, yes, that was very bad, and I'll forgive you someday. But everything else, we're fine with. Did she spoil Lost for you? She did, yeah. Oh my god. And for me, I was like collateral damage. But do I get recognition? No. <laughs> You know why Ryan gets all the attention? Because he never shuts up about it. That would he just be it. Attention but does it work? Yes, it does. Are you eating on a podcast? It's our last yeah. episode, and I have senioritis. What the hell are you <laughs> Last week, Rena was getting airline tickets. Death row ones in bed. Come on. <laughs> we're not who we once were. I this just is too- wanted to talk about the feet, you know. <laughs> I'm not a lush. And now, part of it weekly. And away we go. All right, we go. What we're going to do is we're going to record the last episode in two parts. And... Like Deathly Hallows? Oh, yeah, we're going to do like Deathly Hallows. <laughs> Hi, folks. Hey, Scott. I have a very good friend who I've reconnected with over Facebook, and I'm listening to her and I'm reading her blog, and I'm like, oh my god, she's like a miniature version of Jen. I already had someone created in my image. But... He actually said that she was my replacement. No, like, she could be trained. <laughs> no, what I meant by that was Jen, could, whatever that is that Jen has in her, she could train this friend of mine to be that new guy, you know what I mean? Like the second Darren on Bewitched? Yes, exactly, exactly. She's a single mom. There was this really hot guy that she knew that she used to know years ago, and she friended them on Facebook. And he was like, oh, you're, you know, I, that's wonderful that you have a kid. You should send me a picture. I'd love to see what he looks like. And she's like, oh, my God, the hot guy is hitting on me. This is wonderful. So she goes to send a picture of her kid to the hot guy, and she accidentally sends her a diary Ooh. of the last, like, five years, including when she refers to him as the hot guy. Oh, <laughs> so God. I'm like, you remind me of someone. Who is <laughs> Larry Scott. Oh, we, we lost Scott. Oh, it's just like old times. I like that. We need him. He has notes. I have notes. Good as death, apparently. I haven't read. <laughs> you don't even know what fic we're doing. <laughs> After the end, right? Well, all right, we're going to pull she in here to start this episode. Can we also get Robert in here? I don't know. Can we? <laughs> we're going to pull everyone in next week. We'll pull in the Kim from uh, a year like none can other. Can we see if we can get Phil again? I can, I can try. There is no way he didn't have another kid. I was looking at that family picture he put up. There's too many children in that picture. Well, they adopted four, didn't they? No, he had two kids. Then he adopted his second cousin, and then he adopted uh, the little girl um, from the foster home. But there's five kids in there. I think he had another kid. Maybe he just forgot. Well, you think he just randomly grabbed the neighbor's kid and like, got in the family photo? I have no idea if you're in the room. If you're in the room, we can't hear you. Yeah, we should just start this thing sooner, or else we're all going to be falling asleep. Like I'm right. Jen! Oh, well, me? She, get your I, ass in there! Jen, I, I pulled a you getting home tonight. Yay, how? 
trying to get through the fence. We have... I can't believe I'm being supportive of that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, mean... I appreciate it. You know, I was trying to get it through the fence, and it's bungee corded up, and you know, it's all this craziness. Did you and... in the air of an unbelievable. They bungee jumped through the fence. <laughs> so I stepped in a hole between two rocks and smashed my foot. Oh my gosh, are you okay? This, yeah. is, this is the type of thing that Jen supports, apparently. No, no. I feel... I, have I, I don't have a frozen pizza on it, so I'm good. I have this feeling we're going to be losing Scott all night. Gee, do you have a mic plugged in? Because we should just probably start this soon. Oh, wait, you can hear me. Obviously, you have a mic plugged in. Yes, you're plugged in. Are you on mute? But. This is a but. I'm getting this in real time, folks. It's exciting. No. All right, she's yelling at me now. <laughs> <laughs> it is like old days. Oh, God. We can't escape this for a minute. All right, but. Is she singing? That's what I want to know. La la la. That was my babe impression, by the way. Yeah, babe. I love babe. All right, Chi, can we start and add you when you're ready? Maybe Chi's on mute. No, I asked her. She yelled at me. Now she's not typing. Let's add Chi to the conversation. What the hell kind of system do you have set up over there in Kansas? Aw, Lee. Alright, there's tornadoes everywhere. Oh, it's just like a bloodbath in here today. I'm Jan. Hey, Cheese Thing. It's. Hey, I heard Chi? something. Chi, what kind of. Hello? Hey, Chi. Hey, Chi. Hey. Hey. Chi. Hey. Hi, Chi. I got it to work. <laughs> yeah. She keeps yelling at me. I'm like, are you on mute? No. I'm like, well, it's not an unfair question. God damn it. <laughs> All right, we got Chi, we lost Jen. More proof they're played by the same actors. And Scott's still ringing. Oh, God. Well, he has the notes. Have him send the notes over. So, Chi, Kismet decided that she needed barbecue the other day, so she drove to Kansas to get barbecue. There's the best place in the world to get barbecue, is Kansas City. Can you guys mm-hmm. still hear me, by the way? I'm we super hear- paranoid about we, this. We yes, can hear yeah. you. we can hear you. is well okay i dropped it like last month and like the protective cover came off and then lee played with it and like he put everything in like hungarian and i couldn't read it <laughs> one time okay. i dropped my phone last week and the battery flew out and it was in the bathroom well then i don't think you should buy another one of those phones ever again because the batteries could fall out and they're not workable i heard from oh let's phone. not talk about ps shut before. up ryan shut <laughs> up <laughs> i finally pissed her off after how many episodes P.S. You didn't want to buy a Mac because some of them weren't Flash compatible. I'm like, you don't even know what Flash is. You're not going to miss it, too. Wait, they're not Flash compatible? No, the new, the iPad and the um, iPhone aren't Flash compatible. Oh, because they're phones. Well, the well except are, iPad. Well, the no, iPad is stupid. They're trying to force websites to go away from Flash and move to H.264. So it's, it's a big pissing match between Adobe and Apple. Apple went through the same thing when they got rid of the floppy disk drives. Everyone's saying, how can you have a computer without a floppy disk drive? And then no one used them anymore. So it's kind of... I stopped using them because they forced me to. Apple got rid of the 3.5, and everyone yeah. was screaming, well, we need those, we that need those. That made me so mad. I know, but do you miss them now? <laughs> like, it works. No. <laughs> well, see, no, but see, because here's what happened. Here's what happened. Horus was the first computer I had without a subscribe, and uh, I didn't Horace. know what to do. I didn't know what to do until I discovered these little gizmos, like, a couple months ago. You waited. Wait, there, was like, there was like a 14-year gap in the middle there. <laughs> like, you just finally found something <laughs> out. I emailed stuff to myself. Oh, God. All right. Well, go to the Apple store. Find a guy named Dave and say, Dave, I need you for like three hours. When are you taking your next break? And just sit down with Dave and ask every question. Is Dave <laughs> at the New York Square? There's no such thing as New York Square, dear. Yes, that is the Apple store. New York, 
Okay, I'm now I'm doing it. All right, let's do the There's last one. There's also one at the mall. Well, There's a square building at the mall? Huh? It's not a There's square building. It's a regular buildings. store. Well, that one is just not... Do a me a favor. Don't send PS to the one in New York because it's made entirely of windows. Yeah, no, window Jen wall. will understand what I mean. Can I please explain my story yes, to Jen? explain your story to Jen. Okay. The peanut butter let's say, Jen, that you were in a building, and the uh-huh. building had doors with handles. Like It's like a glass-fronted building. Okay. With, like, doors with handles. And then there's, like, a window-like right. panel with a, a decoration on it that looks like a handle. Isn't that confusing? I've never seen one that's a fake handle before. It looks good like Zelda handles. Why would they do that? That's just mean. I would, like, run into it. Well, uh, <laughs> P.S., are you sure this is the person you want representing you? <laughs> I just want a kindred spirit. I, well, you, I'm you, just you, confused. You looked in the right place. You lit her house on fire two weeks ago and almost doused herself in gasoline. Chi, yeah, well, I'm me? not going to New York. I'm going to the mall. Chi, can you because hear me? Because Ryan's making me. Big fracking deal. Scott. Hi. Hang on to something. Hi, Don't Scott. leave. Stay right there. Chi. Chi. Yes. Give me your damn phone number. We gotta do this fast. We'll get rid of Jen. Excuse me? You know what I mean. We still have to do the episode. All right. And no one's ordering airline there... tickets tonight. Oh, nope. Wait, why were we ordering airplane On tickets? On let's get together and feel alright. Is this a wrong it's number full, or is full, this cheap? Full. <laughs> this is definitely cheap. Alright, good. I like my own ringtone. Alright, and welcome back. You see how I'm doing this here? We gotta cram it all in tonight. And welcome back to the final episode of the Putin. No, actually, no, it's not. Cause that's I'm <laughs> This is Death Roll. I'm Sue. Chee. I'm in the podcast. This is Lady Key. <laughs> oh, I'm in the podcast. <laughs> Wait, is... did we lose Scott? Because I didn't hear him. Scott. I don't think this is going to work with Scott tonight. Cause Here, he's... I'll be Scott. Cause, cause, cause I'm we... Scott. Jen will I'm play the Scott. part of Scott. <laughs> I will play the part And I'm not calling Canada. I have limits. <laughs> They'll call, hey, Australia. call Australia. I hung up on her after two minutes. Scott? Hi. This is episode 113 of Potific Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. Take two. Oh, will there ever be again a podcast quite like this? One that brought us together and started its own forum list Where the hosts are all our friends 
All the stories told by Jan Will it drive Ryan round the bend? Part of it weekly Where the story never ends mm-hmm. And welcome back to Part of Weekly, this is Ryan I'm BS I thought we did this already. I'm GN. This is Death Roll. I'm Sue. I'm Scott. And I'm Lady T. Thank you, Mother of God. All right, we are here for the final episode of Potterfic Weekly's third season. This is also the final... What am I around here? What Do I have a job title? Do I, what do you're I do? Banker. You can be like... The you're like the... Ex, you're the ex-Huggles. I am the... Ex, well, I'm still Huggles. I'm not dead, P.S., please. <laughs> <You're> the <laughs> old man. Like, Robert okay. from Spellcast would call me the executive producer. Um, P.S. would call me the XO, which means there's someone who outranks me, which I'm pretty sure... You're the Kevin. guy with the keys to the website. I'm the guy with the keys to the website. When I went to Ireland, this place almost burned to the ground. Because... Wait, a, wait a minute. I thought P.S. was the XO. Yeah. P.S. Hey, is come the, on. P.S. is You're the, the old man. I'm the old man. I'm the old man, and apparently... No, I'm Kev is the old die. man. Who the hell am I? What am I in? Who am I, and why am I here? He's I'm, Admiral, I'm Admiral freaking Stockdale here. All right. Here's the deal. You're Let's President. Laura. You're the President. Laura. I'm not Laura. Laura has breast cancer, and I object to that. All right, here's the deal. This is the final episode of Pirate. Well, I think we all object to breast cancer. I think we do as well. I definitely. I think that Ryan was one of her the so. final so episode guys- of Puffa's third season. I don't even care what these yahoos are saying in the background. Final episode of Puffa's third season. We're coming back to year four. The only problem is I ain't going to be here. We're turning the podcast over to Sue and Scott. Scott, say hi. Hi there. All right, good. Scott's still here with us. All right, so we are going to be passing the torch to the next generation of Puffwanians. I want to do it like the Olympics actually do it. I'm going to run around the United States to pass this torch. <laughs> Jen, you make 12 feet and you trip over a so oh, I gonna... burned my hand off. Ow! <laughs> oh, he drops the torch. The pole should have been longer. <laughs> Let me know when you're crossing the border. Okay. Canada's on fire. It's the freakiest. I thing. do want to go to Canada because I want to go to Vancouver and see Smallville and how they film. You want to see how they film? Do they oh. film it there? Yes. Everything is filmed. Everything in is filmed in Vancouver. I thought they would film it in Kansas. No, it's no, that would make too much sense. Vancouver. No. You can tell, by the way. You can tell because Vancouver is green. And Kansas is brown from yeah. like Metropolis May not real. to December. Yeah. So that's that. the important thing to remember. <laughs> and there is no way Tom Welling is 23 years old or whatever the hell the thing is. Yes, he is. He's past. Right. Yes. So here's the thing. This is the last episode of Puttlefrick Weekly under my command. Captain's Log, Stardate 9529.1. This is the final cruise of the Starship Enterprise under my command. This ship and her history will shortly become the care of another crew. To them and their posterity will we commit our future. They will continue the voyages we have begun and journey to all the undiscovered countries boldly going where no man, where no one, has gone before. Take a drink. I'm running out of opportunities to do these. So if you've been living under a rock, 
we are going to make the Puthwa Exchange a, lot, a weekly podcast. If you don't know what the Puthwa Exchange is, good luck spelling. Now, like, show of hands, who knows how to spell Puthwa Exchange? I do. P-O-U-F-A-E-X-C-H-A-N-G-E. Puthwa Exchange. That was actually incorrect. Anyone else want to try it? P-O-U-F-W-A. You missed the W. What did I say? You missed the W, the most anal retentive woman in the world with a control board, and you came with called Puthwa. P-O-U-F-W-A. Exchange.com. So we will be doing yeah. many other fandoms. We're going to be... What the hell are we doing? We're doing a Song of Ice Buffy. and Fire. We're doing... Babylon 5. Song of Ice and Fire. Genesis Evangelion. The thing Deathrill just said. Um, we Buffy. Need, there will probably be Shakespeare Fly. at some point. I really want to do those infomercials with the guy with the bald spots. You hear me saying it. Can we do Battlestar Galactica? We, uh, so say... Caprica. Freaking all. Caprica. We're going we're gonna to do so many things. Because here's Bar-scape. the deal. The last three years of Puffwai have proved to me that I don't like to quit things. Because originally, Rena and a mute girl named Kim decided we want a podcast. We're going to go 10 episodes, and it might be 45 minutes long. And <laughs> it didn't work out that way. So... This is actually really nostalgic for me because we're going to be going and we're going to be doing other things and we're going to, and we're going to be yakking for years and my monologues aren't even close to ending. But this is going to be the last Harry Potter fic I read. Like, I'm like for tearing work. up. No, you for stop? work. You know what the thing is? When I had to write papers in college or when I had to read books in college, if it was due on a Thursday, I would start it Wednesday night because if it's a work assignment, I can't make myself do. I'm watching Lost right now, and if it were a homework assignment or if it were an exchange episode, I would be. Watching Watching it at the last possible second because I always try and do, the right because I always try and do other things first. So you have no idea how much time has gone into this podcast and, and just work and like all the meetings and the wonder. Like I'm godson to I'm God I'm Jen's godson. You hear that everybody? But <laughs> is that better than my son's friend? My son's friend. <laughs> so. I am Jen's godson. Barely. I am Jen's godson, even though I'm three years older than her. I mean, we. We've had such great moments and such difficult moments over the past three years. It's, it's been like this huge chunk of my life. And here's the deal. It's the place where the story never ends. And I'm at a point now where I'm like looking back at all these characters that we've read about over the past three years and stuff. And I still don't feel dumb with them now. I definitely didn't feel dumb with them then. But I'm amused by the fact that we can't even end the podcast. We have to give it to new people and have them run off with it. <laughs> because we're the, the story, like, it's it's actually... It doesn't end. We actually will be doing this until the world crumbles and melts. I have no idea what's going to happen. Or at least until part two comes out. At least until part two comes out. So, Which th- I am just putting my five cents in now. I want to be in the two commentaries. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll the what commentaries? The commentaries. I'm... The two movie commentaries. For Deathly Hallows. Oh, Deathly Hallows. Yeah, Deathly Hallows. Can we Hallows. just write me down for that? That'd be great. We'll squeeze you yeah, in. No worries. Yeah, without Jen, there would be nobody going, doesn't Dan Radcliffe look hot in this scene? I think Dan Radcliffe looks extremely hot <laughs> well, in this scene. at least it's more appropriate now than when he was like 13. <laughs> and then I want to jump ahead to our discussion of the chapters tonight. The scene where Harry oh. looks at his statue that they made up. Like, I know this wasn't the line, but it was something closer. I look like a 37-year-old transvestite. I died. <laughs> It was hip, actually. It it was something close to that. I have no idea. My apologies to transvestites everywhere for comparing to what Dan Radcliffe looks like on a daily basis. But this is just a really cool moment for me because we always would question whether or not the podcast would actually get this far because if we had, like, a really tough month, you have no idea how... Like, I have appreciation for authors who take five years to write a fic or, you know, podcasts that give up because there comes a point where you're like, this is so much work. Why don't we just stop for a few weeks? Or why don't we stop for a few months? Or why don't we, you know, go do this then we'll see if 
we can come back after everything and, and pick up where we left off and see what happens. And we did it. Everyone kept this thing going. And when I wasn't here, Keza was here, and Keza kept the thing going. And when Keza wasn't here, Sue was here, and Scott was here. And, and when you know Jen got sick, they got masterful. And everyone just kind of pulled together, and everyone got the thing out. And I'm really actually psyched as hell that it's going to keep going on after I'm done with it. And I want to guest host on the damn thing because I, I'm not done with Harry yet. I'm not done with Harry. I'm not I've already got you signed up. I'm signed up for the thing. It, it's, it's like, I, I say that. I say, oh, I'd love to guest host. And they send me like my appointment schedule. <laughs> I'm going to be showing up and read this. I'm like, oh. And they're so damn efficient. They're like, we're starting episode eight next week. I'm like, but we're not even done with ours yet. And I'm really looking forward to just getting into some other stuff. And it's interesting for me because as we get into the um, chapters for tonight, I'm looking at this story like I'm looking at the podcast. It's the end of a story, and it's the end because it's a canon-based story. So it's the end of this particular tale, and it's the end of the story, and it's the end of this podcast for me. So it, it's it's all coming together really cool. Let have, me interrupt you for just one moment. Well, you got, I had a thought this evening coming home from work. We need to do a season three finale, and that hasn't been discussed at all. That hasn't been discussed at all. The last two uh, seasons, we did a finale-based episode where we pulled together all the clips from the last season, and the first season we did it, it killed me, because I did the whole thing, and I lost the file, and we oh. started it again. Oh, Jen remembers. Jen remembers. <laughs> and it, it was awful. It was terrible. And the last one we did came out to be like 12 hours long. It was, it was this ungodly <laughs> thing. And I just literally had no energy to do that this year, so we don't have one okay. this season. But you know what? I have no doubt we're not going to have one at some point. So at some point we will likely, hopefully, have a uh, best of season three episode for those of us who met. Episode 106. We'll just release episode 106 again, and that can be the, the, the best <laughs> Okay, that works for me. There you go. See, that's what you have to do. You have to dump the work off. So I just wanted yeah. to call out, now, in the beginning, it was Rinna, and there was the mute girl named Kim, who I invited back this week. She sent me a message. She didn't speak or make any type of vocal movements in it, so I have no idea what she was really saying. But, uh, you know, Rinna has been here since the beginning, and she was gone for a while, and she came back. And the great thing about Rinna is... You can't talk to her for two years, and she comes back, and she's laughing her ass off, and she has this great infectious laugh, and someone mentions butt bees, and she gets all up in her face, and <laughs> Rin is absolutely timeless. Episode one, eight minutes in, I'm told by Aaron, I started mentioning our listener named Jen, who was the only listener that we had, her and Mac, and we always said if we got one listener, we'd keep the show going, so we got Jen, and unfortunately, she became a staff member two episodes later, so then we had to find a new listener, but it all worked out great, and from the beginning, the podcast has mirrored Jen's life, the ups and the downs. In the, in the downs and the ups. So um, Jen's been in my wedding, and I'm godfather to her son, who has a really thick southern accent, which annoys me a little bit. <laughs> he and, does not. Yes, he does. He so, doesn't even talk yet. Yeah, you, oh, I can tell. I can <laughs> tell. <laughs> so I just wanted Jen to be here at the very end, because it's, she hasn't been here a lot the last season or so, but she's always been here, if you know what I mean. And the, and the same with Lady Chi. I mean, we couldn't even get her on the line tonight, and she's screaming at me, and she's trying to plug her mic in, and she's talking and they were a neighbor, and like the woman across the hall wants her to fix her sink, and there's she tripped over the thing of Kool Aid, and and like we, we had two, we had an entire episode devoted to Jen's ass. I mean, like we, we've been all over the map. I just wanted these guys to be here tonight, and I just wanted to thank them for everything they did. Oh, yeah, yeah. We have to have a segment every five weeks or something. Where are they now? What has happened again? Actually, something to bring up because this is the final, we, and we're all kind of gathering together, and everybody's kind of starting something new. You know, a lot of people are doing the Poof Exchange. Chi is, you know, back to writing and different fandoms, and and I'd love to ask her what else she's up to. You know, I'm starting my own video vlog, and it's a lot of series. fun. 
it's going to be really fun. And, uh, you know, and I don't know what all y'all are up to, but I think it's so fun that this podcast and forum has brought all of us together. We're all such good friends. And even, you know, when we move on to, you know, new things, we're still going to talk. We're still going to like discuss and, and, and do the future projects with each other. You know, it's not going to be like, this is the end. And, and I guess maybe that's why it's not as sad as it probably is because we're not going anywhere. Well, it's a milestone. It's like graduating from school. It's sort of like, to me, like, this is the place that I always come back to, you know, like you kind of, you leave and you come back and it's always, everyone knows your name. Everyone knows your name. (laughs) Ryan, you are that guy. What is his name? Marv? Norm? No, not Norm. I'm Norm? (laughs) I'm the big guy with the beer gut with the fat head. That's all you have to say to me? You do not have a beer gut or anything. My wife is screaming from the bathroom. Yes, you have a giant head. Thank you, Mrs. Huggles. I was single when we started this podcast. Bye, honey. And I was childless. Yeah, I I used to have a desk dog. My wife is angry at me for implying I was single because I was happily... Well, I wasn't engaged yet. Please, um, you were married since, like, day one. Yeah, that's a very yeah. fair Yeah, point. no that, kidding. That's an incredibly fair point. That's very fair point. <laughs> First time you had talked about Danielle, you called her the wife. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. think that, you know, that's that's pretty fair to say that you were married. You know what it is? I've been in other fandoms. I've been in, like, I'm a huge Star Trek fan. No, really? Right, Are a little you a bit, Star a Trek bit, fan? A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Are you watching Star Trek? There's a Battlestar Galactica fandom, and there's all these different fandoms out there, but it's never been quite like this one. And I don't know if it's just the group of people that came to this one or the fact that it's about younger characters so that attracts younger people or the oh. fact that it was written over such a long period of time. But there's something about this particular fandom that I definitely wasn't ready to let it go when the canon ended or when... I'm um, still not ready when to Half, let it go. Or when Half the Prince ended. How and, long? And we've been the talking... Thing is, I mean, plenty, plenty of fandoms are out there where stuff is over and they're Stop. still gone strong. But, it's, but, the, but they've never attracted me to them as much. Like, I, like I'll watch every episode of Star Trek. I'll watch fan films. I have no interest in reading fan fiction there. Like, P.S. is writing a Battlestar Galactica fic, which is wonderful. It's probably the only one I'll read. I have no real interest in reading other ones. And, like, I... Yes, that's flattering. <laughs> you're the only one I can read. But it's, it's I just... actually want to read it, too. Yeah, so it's... But that's the thing for me. So I saw like... a preview. I saw a preview last night, and you guys should be excited. She, she's that's a very, all I have to she, say. Very, very talented writer. I actually a like preview of what? Of her... Oh, the story. I'm glad we can fit in a word before we end it. Nice. Well, if you guys don't know this, like, P.S. and I are, like, the same person, okay? So, like, you say that Jen and I are played by the I same actor. Knew it. But it's really that P.S. and I are played by the same actor. So, you know. Here. And yet all True. three of us are now existing in the final to the same face. Oh, my God. It's an alternate universe oh episode. No. I'm watching a loss, and my head can't take this. I'm too confused. Man, I'm just, like, all about loss, and then season four and five. I'm, I'm on like, season four right now. Shut your mouth. Don't ever tell me what I can't do, ever. Tired of not knowing. All right. Just care anymore. Right, Just stay on the fucking island. <laughs> Thank God we went explicit. Thank God we went explicit. Right. Do you remember the debate over going explicit? Like, if this is the 
final oh, episode. Can I just tell you the progression for those of you who aren't on the on the Sapphire for Quigley in the very beginning? With, she was like, underage. Yeah, we're like, okay, are we gonna are we gonna go explicit? Let's have a, a Saturday night staff meeting on it. We'll get there she around seven thirty. We'll have drinks and cocktails, and then we'll discuss matters immediately thereafter. There was one episode where she was in a bad mood, and Jen and I confronted her, and she had to go do the dishes. Right now, people are ordering airline tickets in the middle of the things. I mean, we've progressed and we've grown, and and, and that's that. But I do just want to say one thing. Um, we're gonna move on to the chapters, then we're gonna come back with Keza, who is the other person I have to thank, because without Keza, Puffo would not be here right now. And we're gonna get to the chapters and then come back and we're gonna talk with everyone about the last three years and Fave Fix and, and all that great stuff. The one thing I wanted to do was something I promised I would do um, at some point this season, and since I have about three hours of power left, I figured I might as well do it now before I hand over the reins to Sue and Scott. I want to make Death a full-time host of Potterfic Weekly because he's actually been here the last, I think, like 25 continuous episodes or something ridiculous like that. <laughs> well, I, I ducked out of... Thank you. Welcome. Because I can't. Well, <laughs> welcome. I can't. Here's the deal. I can't promote Sewer Scott because they're peons, and it's kind of like he can't work for two branches of government at the same time. So we got an issue right there. But I did want to recognize Death Roll. They're under contract. They're under contract. <laughs> Wait two hours, you'll get to be a host. How's that? <laughs> as far as we're concerned, it'll be two months. As far as you're concerned, listening to this, it's probably already happened. It's already happened. Yeah. Well, no, I feel like pre- six months ago. I feel like a president on his last day in office. I have no power. <laughs> a lame duck. I'm a very lame That's duck. That's a really good episode of The West Wing, by the way. The lame duck Congress. I love and it. about all you can do you is can issue the party. queen. I'm the really mi- sad thing is, is that I made Death Roll pee on a couple of months ago. <laughs> oh man, you're under contract then. That's Come okay. On. I haven't appeared in any episodes thus far. You, you haven't. <laughs> That'll be great. Death Roll's like, thank you for this honor, and all of a sudden I'll be gone in a few hours. He'll be like, mwahaha, I am still here. <laughs> 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 It'll be lovely. So with that, why don't we get to the chapters for tonight? Uh, so we have... Uh, well, I'm going to drop for a while. What the hell was that? <laughs> Tornado! <laughs> uh, Chi and Jen, thank you so much for being here. Well, Both. at the end of this episode, yeah. what are y'all going to talk about? Uh, at the end of this episode, it's going to be the rap party, basically. Well, call me then. We'll do that. So hopefully we'll have you back, both back a little bit later. If not, um, yeah. thank you for the memories and I'm not singing. Oh, <laughs> so Thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. Hours, I forgot. Jen would like to sing a Oh, number. hell no. Not right now. <laughs> no, it's all right, Jen. I have it I have tape. it. I cannot <laughs> believe you. We're going to go live to Jen singing right here. It all started with the best fix that we could find Arabella oh e minor Bella and Zenya you were kind goodbye to you goodbye to you all the hosts I've come to know you you we've 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 all become so close all that we've been through, so proud of it. I could boast. Oh, wait. Why did I mark that line out? That's a good line there. Okay. I could boast. Goodbye to you. Goodbye to you. And I'll remember you. Oh, my life. Please, stop. Remember. Time to be sappy here. Don't cry. <laughs> Okay, 
here's the last one. We filled our podcast with hilarity, laughter, and fun. Quit. We never did what we're supposed to. Instead, we chose to pun. Goodbye to you. Goodbye. Oh, wait. Everyone and Sue. And I'll remember you all my life. Remember you every day. Oh, that's where I remember. No, that's not right. With that, okay, I'll talk to y'all guys in a later. All right, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Wait, I can't hang up. Bye, y'all. What? Bye. I can't figure out where the red button is on my new Skype. Jen, the story never ends, and neither does your project. Oh, whatever. Y'all just hang hey, up on me. at least she's not on mute. We're good to go. Bye, Jen. Bye. Bye. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Did I hang up on the correct people? So, how far did we get last week? We, we got to the end of Chapter 43. Yeah, we did. Um, wow, that's impressive. Brilliant! We're going to have Keza next week. We can feel free to do, like, an author interview kind of deal. We're going to try and merge the rap party with you. You know, it'll be, it'll be like a drunk author interview. That's the only way I can possibly put it and we'll just try and get that oh, that's just done. fantastic you said I'm so like bummed drink. about this what you're bummed I think I can call in dead at work you want to call in dead well because I can't be here because I have to be at work we'll call you no we'll, no we'll call you we'll call you we'll I everyone. know we'll but it'll be at the line. end of it we'll get everyone in the line right here um, why do you have to work we're having mm-hmm. a parent night at work ah oh, okay I was and they say, said I okay we can do it on the 6th yeah we can do it on the 6th or the 13th and I said I don't want to do it on the 6th it's my birthday i don't want to be here and they all voted for the sixth don't i work with nice people what a bunch uh-huh. of that stinks let's reevaluate our options throw away our old consumptions because really we don't want to go through this so instead of going to pufa or going to the thing that my mom had planned for my birthday i get to go to work and make things with the kids Yay! Yay! Oh, no, not really. Yeah, Ryan said he'd call me, but it will, I won't be off work until eight fifteen, probably. Yeah, you're you're from the past, right? So it'll be like eleven something. Oh, we'll be going way past that. Oh, we'll be completely plastered by then. So oh, fun. oh yeah. Well, I'll come in and be the voice of reason. So tonight I'm drinking Leinenkugel's Summer Shandy. He drinks a whiskey drink, he drinks a vodka drink, he drinks a lager drink, he drinks a cider drink. I have water. I have water. Fire water? No death roll, just plain ordinary water from the sink. Very good. Well, this is beer with natural lemonade flavor. It's quite Mm. good. Leinenkugel is apparently the Sam Adams of Wisconsin. Isn't Kugel a type of dessert? I have German mm-hmm. friends for the German phrases in my fic. I don't actually speak German. <laughs> yes, Kugel is a baked Jewish pudding or casserole similar to pie. It sounds yummy. We gotta get back to Hogwarts, where everything is magic cool. Back to witches and wizards and magical beasts, to goblins and ghosts and to magical feasts. The thing I, I really love about the story, and for me it's interesting because it's the last story I'm like required to read for homework. <laughs> I'll probably read more fix again, but for me this is like symbolically my, like the end of the line for me. So it's interesting because it's also like symbolically the end of the line for these characters. This is the year eight story that was like the fallout that we never got that we could have had. I mean, there's no reason we couldn't have had, 
you know, an after the end story. It's interesting because the thing that Keza does is I think she has really strong themes in it. One theme is the fact that Harry battles every villain. He battles Voldemort, you know, Quirrell, all the Death Eaters. He battles, you know, Snape if he has to. He goes up against everyone. Even in the first book, you're told, you know, you know, stand up to your enemies and stand up to your friends. He battles everyone, but the one person he never battles is himself. And he does a thing in the last set of chapters where he starts, where Ginny is um, abducted briefly, and he starts turning away from everybody. And what he needs to do is he he's actually shown to be cowardly to some degree, because he won't stand there and face his trouble. He just blames himself, and he you know, takes off, and, 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 and that's that. So I like the fact that she really hits those themes that Harry has to you know, face himself mm-hmm. after all these years, and you know all the characters run away and curl up in a bowl. Yeah, because he like think about this: if you had a place that you went to every year where you were shot at, drowned, like you know, lit on fire, your bones were broken, you know, like th- think of every disappeared. Awful, yeah, you just think of every awful thing that's happened to Harry at Hogwarts, and he, whenever he you know he's home, you know, it's summer in relative safety. All he ever wants to do is go back there. So you mm-hmm. have to. So as much as it's about the friendships and, and and that world where he he matters. It's also, you know, Harry, he, he hides there. I mean, Hogwarts is where he goes to escape everything. And I like the fact that it wasn't just a year eight story where Harry and Ginny settled on their relationship and they have to tell each other about that awful thing they did during the war. It's not just about that. It's about the characters after seven years dealing with themselves because it's not just the last year they've got to get over. It's the whole thing. So I'll start this off with that little point. And it's a good point. Mm-hmm. It's... Oh god, you gotta give so me more than that. Are we starting? Are we starting? <laughs> you gotta give me are more we, than that. We got, we just got five. Mm-hmm. Are we? No, are we starting with uh, forty-six? Anything you want. It's all fair game. All right, you guys are gonna talk because last week everyone's ordering airline tickets, so jump in. Guys. <laughs> well, forty-five is the big chapter where. <laughs> yeah. What? Scott, can you hear me? What's this? Oh, Scott seems like he's on like a forty-seven. Yeah. Yeah. Scott's in the time. Can you guys hear me? <laughs> You got Scott, a bit of say hi right now. Okay. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on. Say hi now. All right, we're going to hang up on Scott, put him back in. Unless he says hi in the next four seconds. Hi. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Ten seconds. Scott. Scott, this is a message from the past. Did we get his notes? Yes. Yes, we got the notes. All right, hold on. Let's run back in here. Death, why don't you or Sue or someone just start us off here? Okay, well, there's a really good running theme here that constantly comes up whenever anybody else is, any other student, I should say, is interacting with Harry, Ron, or Hermione. And it's the theme that you guys weren't here last year. You don't know what we went through. And mm-hmm. I think it's it's very interesting. Everyone says, oh, they had it easy. They went camping. And, you know, they had a, a really hard time of it. And they were on the run from the Snatchers and Death Eaters. And they had to break into the ministry. And there was a lot of adventures, blah, blah, blah. The people left behind, they went through a lot of stuff. Yeah. And Keza doesn't precisely make it exactly like what happened in Year of Darkness. But the broad strokes of it are there. Yeah. And some right. crazy stuff happened in that story. And these kids were tortured for essentially nine months 
And that's something no kid should ever have to go through. And their scars are very raw, very present. And it's mm-hmm. coloring everything they do and everything they experience. And, and they have to spend the next year in the same place. Yeah. yeah. Whereas right. Harry and Ron and Hermione aren't going back to Little Hangleton or wherever else they were. They're for them, Hogwarts is a relief, whereas for these people, this is the same place they've spent that horrible time. Yeah, the thing, too, which is commented on in the earlier chapters of the fic, is for Ginny, Hogwarts is a place of death, and it's, it's, it's the place where she lived a year of hell. And for Harry, it's the place he obviously wished he could have gone back to in the last year. You know, during year seven, he wished he could return to the good old days of Hogwarts, which even weren't even that good. And um, so when Harry goes back there, he's like, yeah, back at Hogwarts, this is great. For him, this is he now gets to get away from his problems and hide from the ministry and hide from the press and just go to class and, and just be a kid. Got to get back to Hogwarts. Exactly. I'll see my friends gonna laugh till we cry. Take my firebolt, gonna take to the sky. No way this year anyone's gonna die and it's gonna be totally awesome. And for Ginny, it's like going back to your house after it was burglarized. It, it, that place has been destroyed for her. So how do you just walk back and pretend that year never happened? You can't. That, to me, was one of the great things. There's a scene in here where um, there's an accident on the Quidditch pitch, and um, Neville takes his shirt. I think it's hysterical that there's no band-aids anywhere. Neville liked it's probably because he's just so used to it from the last year, but he takes his shirt off and starts cutting it into strips, um, to, which I thought was hokey at the time. Now, the more I think of it, that's probably what he had to do in the past year. It's probably you know just instinct right. for him. And he's got you know the, the scars all over his back, and, and everyone's been scarred by this. It reminds me of something I think Melinda wrote in something, how everyone just has, you know, they keep their scars from the war because Harry's not the only one who gets them. So I think she does an incredibly good job of just showing the fact that, like, I was, I, I sent her a message this week. I'm like, Poppy Pomfrey must be brought up on criminal charges because Harry, like, he, like, broke his neck or something and he, like, his bladder exploded. He, he, Harry was, like, dead to the world because he got, he got attacked by a Targ. I remember this. He got attacked by the Targ because the crazy woman let, let the Targ loose and he got attacked by a Targ and, and he broke his neck and his, like, jawbone and all this crap and so Harry's not in good shape and she says, well, why don't you go play Quidditch? And he almost dies. So now you're at the point where Harry is in the infirmary because he, because um, Augustus Pye, you know, is, is, is a moron. So now Harry is in the infirmary and Pompey gives him drugs after he specifically says, do not give me those drugs, I'll die. She gives him the drugs. Now he's in the infirmary and now she won't let him go. And the reason being, because last year she couldn't help the kids and one of them died. But she's a healer and she was denied the ability to provide life-saving care. So now she gives care to everybody and she forces it on them because she's so scarred by that, which I would raise the question, why in the name of God did you let Harry play Quidditch? But I will let that one go. Because we did that. (laughs) Yes, well. Well, are you really going to be the one to tell Harry Potter that he can't do something he wants to? It never stopped her before. She does it every single book. <laughs> I'm like, <clears throat> I'm like, you won't let him play when he has like a bloody oh. nose, but he just had bypass surgery. Yep, go ahead, be back by five. <laughs> what? I did mm-hmm. like you kind of brushed over it. I don't know that we're really there yet, but I really liked the whole Harry has dragon pox because. Teddy sneezed on him and got all the inoculation in his face. 
And he's the only person in the wizarding world. You know, the whole twist on, well... He's green, so he must have dragon pox, but it's not that he's green because of dragon pox. It's because he's run afoul of something that George has done, and he's green. Which I thought was great. That confused the hell out of me. Maybe I just missed something, but I didn't follow where it came from. I didn't get when he was exposed to it or, or nothing. Well, there's a lot of ambiguity in where everyone... Because the thing is, is like Harry's like, you know what? The, he got through the week of classes. He decided he was going to go home to the borough for the weekend. And like, it's it's like a commuter college all of a sudden. <laughs> so I think there was plenty of opportunity for him to have gone around George. But the thing which was... I, I, Keza did it in the last of the chapters, where it was a very angsty story for so long, because it was they were everyone was getting over all their emotional turmoil. And by the end, it became virtually slapstick at how shit of a day Harry could could possibly have it's like he yeah. gets the dragon pox he's locked in his room they won't let him leave he, finally he has to pay up. nine thousand gallons he has to pay nine thousand <laughs> gallons yeah, I, right, for, for the record that's more than i had the firebolt cost in my story you had cost like two thousand and lucius malfoy was like holy crap like yeah. <laughs> I, I can look it up if you really care but it, it was the equivalent to about a motorcycle yeah <laughs> yeah 9,000 gallons for an emergency like penalty fee? Well, they had the granite countertops and that drove up the price. Red tape and paperwork yeah, all and, over the place. And, then, yeah. and the fake for actually... 27E. Yeah, and the, and the yeah. fact that the new hosts are going to be covering um, Test of Time, there's like they give you the, the amount of Harry's bank vault. I would think it's 9,000 galleons there. It's like, holy crap. This is how you know Harry's yes, having a is. bad day. He's eating Angelina's shitty soup. Right. He's like, I could leave the bowl here like I have every other day for the past seven years. But, no. I, have, but I have decided, you know what, I will walk it down to the kitchen. But I don't want to be seen, so I'll, I'll hide myself so no one will know that I'm bringing the dish to the kitchen. And he's walking and he runs into the students at Sirius's house and discovers that they think he's going to evict them. Because what honeymooners don't want to live at number 12 Grindelwald? place or 13 Grindelwald place for those. So, he's, so he stops and he's like explain it from the beginning and then his head just blows up all over the, the, with the so, understand. so he's like I'm going to the kitchen so he gets to the kitchen and Winky grabs his leg Harry Potter is dying you need medical transportation so now he's in the infirmary now they're keeping him overnight now they give him drugs that supposedly turn him purple basically they're like Harry you've always been a son to me you've always been a brother to us and, and a child to us, we'd like to make it official. Harry's like, that's great. They're like, can we borrow $9,000? <laughs> because we're, cause your brother needs to make bail. So obviously yeah. it happened that way. But I'm just like, Harry <laughs> is having the shittiest day ever. He has a secretary. Come on. I, I thought, love that. I love that. I love that no one told him about the secretary. Can I tell you this? Like, in every other fic I've read, Kingsley has been, like, you know, like, Say what you want, Dumbledore's got style. He's been a really cool guy, but he's also been very approachable to Harry. In this one, he's such a politician. I love it. He's like, oh, did I tell you that? Ah, you're fine. <laughs> he even moves on to other shit. <laughs> you know what? The secretary was so nice, though, that you didn't want to hate her. So Harry's like, all right, apparently you work for me now. And then, it, like, at one point, they're like, wouldn't you like a, like a miniature of this for your office? Harry's like, I have an office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Since when well, did I have an office? It's like, why does no one care that Harry doesn't know what's going on. You're Harry freaking Potter! Make something blow up and demand some answers here. It's like, come on, tell me! 
Well, then the guys are there, and they're like, we're measuring you for your robes. I have robes. Your aura robes. Oh, yes, I'm an aura. I forgot. Well, then the part I thought was kind of funny was when, when he was at the flu, not the flu, the, the uh, wherever he went to pick up George. I forget where they went. And he, he's in he's the wearing, ministry. He's at the ministry, and he's wearing a disguise because he doesn't want to be recognized as Harry Potter. So he gets there, and he's in his disguise, but he signs off for everything as Harry Potter. You think the woman would be like, who the hell are you? <laughs> Why are you trying to impersonate Harry Potter? Harry Potter. Now, Gen 2 couldn't be here tonight, but I swear to God that Claudia, the little girl, is Gen 2's daughter, Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. There is no... It walks out. Harry's a stupid name. Your new name is Stan. You know why I, I think that? that? I once said to Jen, there's Read too many Jens. That's too confusing. I'm calling you Stan. So I think that was the only thing I got into this bit. I originated Stan. No, she calls me Stan. I call her Dave. There you go. No. There you go. Damn it. I almost had something. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love the little girl. Yes, I love Claudia. The little girl was great. <laughs> read me this story. Well, then and then he gets in the paper for being me. so good with kids. Well, he was having yeah. such a bad day. They're like, you're never going to believe what's kids, in the paper right? now. It's like Harry Potter's heart stolen by a young woman. And you see him and Claudia. I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to think he's a sex offender now. <laughs> it's like his Harry's a bagel. Oh. Yeah, no, they, they could have gone that way with it, but they went with the Harry Potter. You want to have kids, right? <laughs> Like, any reasonable person is going to say, uh, no, I hate kids. <laughs> well, it's kind of like, Senator, how long have you been beating your wife? It's mm-hmm. like one of those things you can't, not long, like, there's no good answer. It's a loaded that. question. <laughs> yeah, there's no good answer to that. Well, then at the very end, when Ginny was off with her family, and, and everyone's off doing their own thing, and um, Harry walks up to the podium holding Hermione's hand, and there's the flash of green in the crowd, I'm like, oh no. Oh no. They're not going to see this as brother-in-law and sister-in-law. They're going to make this into something sick. Yeah, of course. And of course they did. And they do. And of course they did. So what other points do we have from these chapters that we get to? Well, did we want to go back to 44? Bring us back. Let's go Go back. Let's go back. Well, the major thing there that I thought was kind of neat is Ginny's vanished, but she's not at the Chamber of Secrets, and thankfully Hermione can figure things out, and they're in Gryffindor's room, and they figure this out, and there she is with her leg almost cut off, but she's fine. And Harry has had a collapse on his arm, but he's fine. (laughs) And I think it's George says something like, oh, look, they're starting to talk like each other now. Well, it's great because she's not a Mary Sue in this, because how many fixes Jenny? Harry, of course you're not fine. You're like She's so with it. In this one, she's the one who's gone through the emotional turmoil, so she's more screwed up than he is, which is refreshing. Right. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't want she Molly there, and Madame Pomfrey calls her anyway, and Molly and Arthur show up and fuss over everything, and there's a whole bunch of argument about that. And yeah. Well, I like why Jenny says she doesn't want anyone to call Molly, because Molly has apparently gone batshit crazy. Yeah. Right. She's just so mm-hmm. completely overbearing. Like, she's evolved into a bad characterization of Molly Weasley, but it's not bad yeah. here because we've seen it evolve and we know what's behind it. Right. Which is that she lost a child, so the way to you know compensate is just smother all of the other ones and nothing bad can ever happen to them, which obviously exactly. is what you, is, which And is what mm-hmm. you know. I think also because her hands were tied last year. Yeah. Right. She, she knew all the stuff that was and going actually on. actually have a scene. But... She thinks she knows all the stuff that was going on. Yeah. What I really liked about this whole thing, Jenny finally tells her family what happened to her mm-hmm. during the sixth year, and she had it pretty bad. But for all intents and purposes, she's dealt with it in a really 
mature way, which not most people could do. And there's not, like, one incident that happened that no one knows about. It's not like there was that very, very dark thing that happened. It's people know, like, they they can see the echo of what happened last year, but people don't know truly how bad it got. And, right. And it's, it's that severity that she's keeping from people. She's not, oh, it was fine, you know, we just held to ourselves, everything was fine. It's not that. People get it was bad, but they don't know the frequency or, and, you know, and just what people went through. And there's a theme in there with being a true Gryffindor, which initially I didn't like. I'm not sure how I liked it, you know, overall, where it was Gryffindors born in the month of July were the ones who were able to access the um the, the Gryffindor, the Gryffindor room. Room. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to be explained as being something different it kind of actually confused me and I'd like to ask Keza to explain it to me because I thought I don't know what I thought it was I'm it was it, no it's like it's like people with a particular blood type can open the door the fact that Neville and Harry that just the, seems so arbitrary you know like, it was arbitrary and it, mm-hmm. and it rightfully pissed off Ron because Ron is feeling like a shit because he left Harry and Hermione alone there so now he's being told you're not true enough of a Gryffindor to open the open the door and he can't came back. I mean, Ron's a Gryffindor. Ron's a brave guy who made a mistake. And he can't open the door. Neville can open the door. Ginny can open the door because Ginny's with Harry and has the amulet. And Luna isn't a Gryffindor. So Ron's like the only one left who doesn't have a justification for opening the door. And he sees it as Hermione. Well, there's Hermione too. I forgot about her. Mm -hmm. Well done. And as we all know, Ron is a subset of Hermione, right, P.S.? P.S., can you not hear a thing we're saying? No, I can. At one point, P.S. called Ron a subset of Hermione. I don't remember this. It was in one of the episodes of, uh, oh, hell. It's not the one you wrote, is it? No, God, no. Um, Hermione wasn't in that. Yeah, I I couldn't really do that. She was briefly, it was a special guest star. She had a cameo appearance. Um, Was it the last episode on In Blood Only? Can I just say this too? I really am enjoying Hermione in this one. I enjoy the way that Mm -hmm. Keza writes Hermione. And I'm thinking back to that episode we did on They Shook Hands. And I got very, I was was not angry with Deathrill for something he did with Hermione. I said it was perfectly logical and it made perfect sense. I'm pissed now. At the time I thought it was great. (laughs) But I'm getting the anger up now because... Oh dear! If I read this so, again, I think it's well. If you read year four, you would be satisfied. All right. Well, let's go back and do that then. So, I, I like Scott sending us points on, over the Skype since he can't actually talk to us anymore. So, well done, Scott. Should I read them? Do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Glenda wakes Harry up to all the stuff Ryan said at the beginning, and the best line in the chapter is "Just want someone is going to simply tell me what I want to know." I loved that. I thought that was great. <laughs> Well, it's even when, like, the Snape portrait and the Dumbledore portrait, they're going at it. It's like they're still keeping secrets from him. Well, what's the thing? Oh, you'll find out in time, my boy. Like, really? Are you just bored and you want to see what I can do on my own? <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you, Harry. You'll find out soon. Well, I, I liked that scene because Snape and Harry actually were on the same side. They're both looking at each other going, what the hell is this guy on? I'm tired of this. Yeah. Well, I actually didn't like that scene for one reason and one reason only. I have always said in every fic, someone will march down to the Great Hall. It'll usually be McGonagall. Mr. Potter, Miss Weasley, come with me, please. Something terrible has happened. By the time they arrived in McGonagall's office, Harry, I'm like, really? You walked all the way up the flight of stairs, in the elevator, down the hall, across the pitch, over, you know, up the ladder, down the other side of the ladder, up to the tower, down from the tower, and you never once said, why are we walking? What's happened? Because right. Exactly. I hate that. That's so, like one of my big bugaboo in writing like covering distance without saying it like it'll be like 
you know, they're someplace, and then the next scene, they're someplace else, and you're like, did they not say a word the whole time? Right. Yes, because Professor McGonagall has the gift of keeping people silent without effort. Or she runs really fast, and they have to chase her. No, she transforms into a cat. The only thing I didn't like in the, in the whole set of chapters, the only, only thing was um, McGonagall goes to the hospital wing, Harry is purple at the time, I remember very clearly, and says that there's been a family emergency. This is serious. This is serious. You must come. It's not serious. He's dead. But it, it, it's, it's very, 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 very bad. This is not... I don't have a good feeling about this. Come with me immediately to my office. Miss Weasley is waiting. You must go. It's bad. And she turns around, and Ron's like, I'm not going anywhere until you tell me what's going on. I will tell you nothing. You must walk with me in absolute silence to my office. I will not tell you until we're there. So she starts walking, and they go across the pitch and up the tower and down the tower and across the field, and they walk by the Coliseum in Rome, and they keep going and keep going and keep going. <laughs> finally, finally get to her office, and they get inside the office, and Ginny is glaring at the Snape statue. At the state. Oh, God, he's a statue at the Snape portrait because she's furious with him because students died on his watch and McGonagall's like really I thought there was only one plural students and Snape is like must we go into this now and Ron's like yes let's go into this now I'm like Ron one of your siblings is likely dead remember that (laughs) they go into and Dumbledore is back and forth in the Gryffindor room I think came up at one point and McGonagall's looking over you know retirement brochures and and there was this whole thing whole thing and finally they got to the end of the scene and someone's like now why are we here oh yeah what's the family emergency even before the family emergency my favorite part about all of that was snape just saying well i'm dead yes i i paid for all of that yes oh yes yeah that's a very valid point but it doesn't matter to me because i'm just a portrait and they keep trying to shoot the portrait and finally mcgonagall just puts the silencing charm on the portrait but then they flew to the burrow and molly's like oh thank god thank god you're here we ran all the way here mom we didn't stop for it (laughs) they like stopped for lunch that was my only pacing issue Um, i even wrote to keza i'm like apparently someone's dead we're looking into it in real time I was listening to chapters. So that's right. the only nitpick I had. Just that tiny issue right there. And George isn't dead. He's in Oz. He accidentally, uh, well, not accidentally, but what do you do? Like, that's an interesting question. If you accidentally send yourself to Australia and you don't have your passport. Yeah. <laughs> How do you get home again? And, and the he, same way you got there. And he blew up in the emergency room in the local hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge gen. This is going to be expensive. <laughs> like, <laughs> Absolutely freaking hysterical. Well, evidently, wizards don't have the ability or the laws to deport anybody. We're not, we're not going on illegal immigration. We're running out of Puffwinian time here. Yes. <laughs> and I did think it was a great reason to go. Molly didn't make a second cake. And yeah. George, oh, yeah. George the is, reason behind it and, and his emotional breakdown, I, I absolutely followed it. And George is older oh, yeah. than Fred, and Angelina misses it, and Molly misses it. And who else does he have? Like, that's the, like Ron's there, but who else does he have? And the only person who will get it is the it's dude Jonathan. in Australia, and Jonathan, and he's going to Australia. And I'm like, all men who paint themselves into a corner shit, I'm in Australia. Hello. And they have to get back. And of course, Jonathan escorts him back, you know, paid for by Harry. And, Nine thousand thousand. He must have taken out the main gate. Oh my god! The secondary guard shack was filmed at the POU house, and they just he blew everything up again. But um, that I just love that number one because it was great characterization of George, but two because it just sucks to be Harry. Like seriously, I was waiting. You know what I was waiting for? It was like the one where Harry's about to have sex with Ginny, and every time he starts to you know make the move on her, someone knocks on the door because they have a problem, and finally he's like barricading the door. It's like everything. 
things. I'm happening. not here. <laughs> I'm not home. My notes say, thank goodness for Mr. Weasley and his forms. Cause he had it all figured out. Cause I was confused. And we know Harry wouldn't have made it. Well, Arthur there. was no, going to pay the 9,000 galleons. I'm like, you can't afford that. Yeah, seriously. It's like, where are you going to get that? You know, we're going to sell the ghoul. He's worth that much. Sure he is. They should have had Percy there to help with the forms. There were a couple right. moments in this I really laughed at. I love to have um, Gilbert, not Sullivan, Gilbert, the serial monologuing kid in the carriage on the way to Hogwarts, is talking to the girl, and he's like, Gertrude's a stupid name. Gertrude's my name. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Snap. Oh, Did my. anyone else see the next Ron Hermione with them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, the thing I thought was really cool is it's difficult because you picture Harry is, like, picking Gilbert up off the ground and placing him into the carriage. And I'm trying to picture someone grabbing Dan Radcliffe in Chamber of Secrets and doing the same thing. Like, he, he killed a basilisk at that age. But yeah. it's, it's cool to see. The, the th- Here's the thing. I mean, the podcast is ending for me, but it's going to keep going under in good hands. And, good management. Yeah, and Hogwarts is coming t- to an end the way it was. And McGonagall's retiring, and there's all these new staff members, at least one of which is nuts, like off a rocker nuts. And, you I think know, half of them are off yeah. the rocker Well, nuts. so it's typical to any other school year. Exactly. There's no real difference. Right. You, you know what? And, and Harry's only there part-time. He takes off on the weekends. And Ron's there. He doesn't even go there. Did somebody say Ron? And... It's a period of transition. Yeah, I swear to God, I saw Ron like on the Quidditch team at one point. He was helping out, but I think I think he lost points to Gryffindor. It's very. It's I know. How does he do that? It's like ten points to Gryffindor. But it, he's <laughs> dead. He's dead. But you know what? In best damn line. <laughs> No, the best line was, Oh, God! Granger, I thought you were a Bogart. I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's a period of transition, and you have the young kids coming in, and they don't know the war, and they don't know, you know, the animosity of Slytherin, and you see Crockwell or Crockhead, or whatever the freaking hell her name is. Crackhead. Cra- crackhead over there. And, and, she's, and she's trying to maintain, you know, the Slytherin bias, because obviously her sister was killed by Slytherins. And, sorry, that's... <laughs> That's all right. I have notes on this. There you go. And you know what? You have the kids in the Great Hall, and they're you know collecting baseball cards for all intents and purposes. And they're inviting the you know the Slytherin can join the team. And they have like a family meeting. The Gryffindor youth can we have her over? And it's it's like a new generation, and it's the new way of doing things. And what I like about the story, which could essentially be canon for me, is that it does show you know we ended at the battle, all the headmasters clapping for Harry, and we jumped 19 years later where things are fine, but we actually get to see now the, the new generation being born and the, and the last generation moving off and doing their own thing. And I just think that's a really great dynamic. So I like the fact that Gilbert's in there and that the young kids are in there and they'll do their own thing and they'll take over for these guys. So I, I thought that was really great. And her name is Gertrude and apparently it's sucky name and all that crap. So. Well, I definitely think the theme of transition is is well played throughout here. I don't know if anybody else noticed it. I noticed it, of course. There's, I believe she's a first year, is brave enough to say the name of Voldemort. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. let's just stop and think about that for a moment. Harry has spent the past four years encouraging everyone he meets to say it without fear, and he's failing miserably. And yet the Slytherins, who are held guilty by association with the Dark Lord by society and some individuals in particular... They are obviously working within their ranks and behind closed doors to repudiate all he did. 
they're encouraging the young ones to say his name, and I bet you they're telling the truth about his blood status, too. This mm -hmm. filthy half-blood snuck his way into our house, and he took over, and he almost killed all of us. I just think it's very, very interesting, because of all the people you would expect. I can see into Kez's mind. Turn around. I bet you she's approaching the end of the story. I think she may have even told me this at one point, but I'm, she's like, okay, I've got Thistle Whistle, or whatever the friggin' hell's name is, the, the, the Transfiguration guy, and I've got the cat in the hat, and I've got Crackhead. I've, I've got <laughs> Professor Crockpot over here. And, and one of them has to be a bad guy, so let's have a family meeting and we'll discuss this. And I think, I think Crockpot edged out. And there was obviously discussion in the earlier chapters, because Neville was like, Crockpot's a bitch, like in the background of every scene, walking around. So apparently that was society at some point. But what I liked about her characterization before she went stark raving mad and had to be stabbed through the gut was that she is, you know, her sister was just a muggle or a muggle-born who wanted to teach kids, and she was tortured and executed by Slytherins and by Death Eaters and by, for reasons of blood purity and, and for all that. And now Harry marches in and says, oh, you know what, Our, the Slytherins are great people, come on! And, you know, she just has a very negative view of that, obviously, but she she is a Gryffindor Snape. And she, you know, she's obviously up until the point where we find out she starts raving mad. She seems to be a good person who just, you know, is biased in the way that everyone was biased against, you know, the, the Gryffindors before. And I thought that was a really interesting contrast to see a character who other, it's, it's not no different than what Ron is spewing out in the first books about, you know, not a wizard, wizard or witch who wasn't bad, who wasn't in Slytherin and all that. Now you see it kind of from the, from the other that end. I that was definitely Hagrid. I, no, I'm thinking of the movie, but, yeah. you know what I mean? Hagrid's the big one, right? You, sir, are rotund. <laughs> I mean, I just thought that was interesting, and then, of course, she goes stark raving mad and, like, shoots everybody. And I want to know who her two um, cohorts were as well, because at the end, it's like, it's Professor Crockpot and two others. <laughs> it's like the red shirts. You don't need to know who they are. But before we get there, Harry sort of proposes without meaning to, or at least that's what Molly thinks. I was oh, I, I loved that. I love that. If Harry decided that he would be best suited to just not tell them. <laughs> yeah. He gave up after four minutes. I'm like, oh, you stupid, stupid, stupid man. I was so afraid. I was so afraid what was going to happen was that Harry would propose and Ginny would say yes, and then Hermione would say, oh, thank God. Oh, you actually told her? I thought the only reason you asked her, Harry, was because you got tricked by Molly and all this stuff. And Ginny would be upset, and she would throw the ring at Harry, and they would have... And there would be angst. Yeah. And More I, angst. And I love the fact that he comes clean, and she says yes, and she got mistaken. Not at first. All right, that happened to me with my wife. Not when I proposed, but when I first asked her out, she said no, and I felt awful. And then hours later, she realized she misunderstood the question. Try Scott again, will you? Because he really wants to talk about this scene. Scott wants to get in here. We're going live to Canada. <laughs> he says he is grr over that scene. He yeah. Scott is grr? Grr. Grr. Scott, grr it up while we have the time. <laughs> Well, we have you. <laughs> it annoys me because it's a very terrible view of misunderstanding. Never mind, never mind, never mind. We got the point. But... <laughs> Sorry, Scott, but you're on a time lapse. Oh, God. Have I ever called a cell phone? I've called a cell phone before, right? I don't think he has a cell phone. Ask him. All right. Not like an order. I mean, Are you not in the chat window, Ryan? 
Well, she always seems like she has the private connection to Scott. It's not like Mike right there. Private connection? You make it sound like something illicit. She's got like the red line. It's like the phone to the Kremlin. The red phone, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. The telephone is actually red? No, I think I called Scott in a previous episode. Because we've had this problem for a great deal. I don't think he does, but he's not answering. He's probably still talking about how he's angry. Do we know why he's angry? Does anyone know why? He's no, he, he's he didn't like, like the whole confused. scene. <laughs> the thing I liked about it is you always have these moments where, like, I had this elaborate method of proposing to Danielle that was almost destroyed because of a cockroach in the bathroom. But like, I planned this whole thing Mike? out. I had what happened? <laughs> Did Mike get involved? No, Mike was unfortunately not involved. My proposal got interrupted by like a funeral, and I had props. I had this entire elaborate scheme and harry's just sitting in his room and he's got nothing to do and he finds his parents wedding ring because he's thinking about marriage and he's thinking about you know proposals and he sees his parents ring and he takes the ring out and jenny walks in and he just asks her and it's interesting because like i knew i was gonna get married for years before i proposed danielle knew we were gonna get married everyone knew we were gonna get married but i just didn't ask her so there was no doubt she was gonna say yes and and it's one of those things where you're engaged but you're not so i i, I actually thought the scene was really like Harry falls off the bed and hits his head and Ginny comes over to administer first aid and they bump heads or whatever and the ring rolls under the thing and all this crap. I mean, I thought the whole thing was good. Scott, on the other hand, was Scott's message right here? You can phone the house, he says. I can call the family home? He's alone, so. All right, do we have a number? We're working on it. Hold on, I have to switch my country of preference to Canada. <laughs> that doesn't mean you're going to lose me, does it? No. Do we know how much it costs to call Canada? <laughs> Let's check calling rates, shall we? All right. I think it cost me two cents a minute. I'll take it. <laughs> he doesn't know his phone number. Scott. Oh, for the love of God. Poof was going out with a fart. <laughs> with a whimper. A giant fart. That's the end. I'd just like to point out something really quick and funny. At one point, they officially described the end of Deathly Hallows as the final battle. And I just had to snort because that's so, so cliche. Yeah. Ex- well, that's what we all call it. We all call it the final battle. And they're like, everyone seems to be call- call it. I would call it the yeah, Battle of Hogwarts only. because it was yeah, the I mean, only that, that, That's actually what it's officially called. Well, I just took it's it that, that that was Keza tongue-in-cheek referring oh, to us. Oh, it, so it was absolutely tongue-in-cheek. Well, I love it when Harry's looking at his um, his statue later on and Jenny's like, the pipe is my favorite part. <laughs> There's a pipe involved? I just thought the whole thing was great. We are being hailed. <laughs> he doesn't know it's You don't know your phone number? <laughs> <laughs> he just moved. I, well, I don't want to call some random. Is there a way to check? Oh, just call him. Okay, we're gonna. It's the last episode of Perfect Weekly. All right, if this is not Great Scott, <laughs> excuse me, we have the wrong number. Right. This isn't Scott. You're drafted anyway. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on Harry Potter? <laughs> oh, Harry Potter! I love Harry Potter. Wouldn't that be awesome if we got that person? That would be sweet. Somebody who's like read fan fiction before. All right, we're doing. That'd it. be fun. Somebody who none of us. That was funky. <laughs> I think you would have found the phone by now. What if we have to leave a message? <laughs> oh, this is a first. This doesn't bode well. <laughs> Poor ringy dingy. 
All right, well, we tried. Have Scott phone a friend and see what caller ID says. Now we have to find out if phone ID. Reese, the office of Prime Minister Stephen Harper. Oh, he's not online. He's probably restarting the computer or something. I don't know. So wait, he wouldn't have answered the phone even if he couldn't be sure it was us? Probably screen screen. It probably wasn't even him. Yeah, well, it wasn't him. All right, back. Wait, his profile has a different phone number. He just moved. But he just moved. Okay. It's very difficult to work here on Pyrific Weekly. At least we're going out <laughs> with a bang. I mean, okay, I'm jumping through just my head different moments I liked. I like the fact that, obviously, this is a mom thing, but when um, Harry held down Teddy while he got his shot, <laughs> Teddy, like, looked back at him and, like, yeah, get away from me, you hurt me. And, like, Harry's, like, dejected, and it lasts all of, like, four minutes before Teddy forgets. Well, I like that. I am the godfather. I must be there when Teddy gets his shots. Exactly. Well, Harry well, takes take off him, every other weekend, so... They take him to the quack doctor. That was funny. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> and in my notes, stitches? Stitches? <laughs> okay, apparently in the Wizarding World, you don't have, like, number one, you don't have shots, period. But number two, you don't have, like, vaccines, or you don't have any of these... No, you just get it and deal with it. Yeah. Get over it. Well, then they're saying, like, parents, like, purposefully infect their kids with the dragon pox. It's like... Well, People do that with chicken pox. Chicken pox. Oh, yeah. Do they really? Do they purposely? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You want to hear my chicken pox story? Tell the story. It's Tell. worse if you get it as an adult. So well, that people try to so get, get their kids get it as little kids. Oh, I didn't know they actually did. Well, look oh, at yeah, me. Yeah. Chicken pox party. Yeah, I am so behind the times. Look at me. Very behind the times. Like, I'm, I bet you were taken to a chicken pox party, and you just don't remember. <laughs> this is Probably. sick. What you, oh, I'm, like, very disturbed by this. Uh, Call so, your mom. We need to ask her this. Oh, God, please don't make me. We've made it to 136 <laughs> episodes. My mother's only been on the podcast once. Let's not do it again. All right, Carrie? <laughs> when my mother was a little girl, she and her sisters and brother came down with chicken pox, and they were supposed to go to a family outing and so my grandmother called and said we can't come the kids have chicken pox and the other party said well that's okay our kids have chicken pox too just bring them we'll put them all together they can sleep and play and it'll be fine well it turns out one group had the chicken pox and the other group had the measles Ooh, yeah it was a very bad few weeks for the whole group <laughs> wow yeah. That's why you don't do things like this. You never know what's going to happen. I had to look up on the lexicon to remember that this guy was from Canon because I remember him more strongly from Lavender Brown than I did from Canon. Yes. <laughs> I, I was, was like, did Keza subconsciously steal this guy from Lavender Brown? <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, he was there. I did the exact same. I couldn't remember what thick it was. No, I'm sorry. I was picturing um, Backward with Purpose because then Neville, Neville died at St. Mungo's. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sorry. It was Lavender Brown, too, because Neville saved the world or whatever. Augustus Pye had a big role in Lavender Brown. Well, as did condoms, apparently. That was a very risque fic. We didn't know that at the time. Uh, (laughs) All right. What else do we have here? Do we have Scott? Do we know Scott's phone number yet? Um, Uh, We're still working on it. He's still offline. He's still offline. (laughs) We hope he'll be back someday. So Harry comes down with something like dragon pox, and he's never had chicken pox, and he will therefore die from this unless drastic measures are taken, such as bed rest for two weeks straight. Exactly. Good luck arguing with Molly Weasley, and I bet... He tries to go out the window, which I think is yeah. terrific. <laughs> Near the end of this, too, I'm just picturing him, like, back-slapping Poppy Pomfrey, like, onto the ground. At the end of it, he's like, look, I'm Harry Potter. Do you want to see the scar? Get out of my way! As a I'm result Harry of... Potter. Oh, he's Harry Potter. Oh, my God. Your head. Your head. Not you. It's Harry Potter! 
This is Harry Potter. Oh, you're Harry Potter. You're Harry freaking Potter. As a result of being stuck in the burrow for two weeks, they have rumors go out in the media that he's got uh, splattergroit. Uh, is that what they're making all all of these speculations as to what they have and all i can think is harry needs an agent he needs a pr representative as any good slytherin would be able to tell him well he gets a secretary at some point okay the secretary has one job harry you're gonna give a speech today he goes to give the speech he gets shot (laughs) yeah (laughs) i wasn't briefed on this Okay, hold on. Do we have Scott? Going live with Scott. Scott? No. Hi. Why do you like... Oh, better. Uh, <laughs> Scott, <laughs> we need to find out your telephone number. I will see if I can check somewhere. It's not on the regular phone. This Scott, is... call one of us. It's calling call internet. because I'm on the phone with you guys. Thank you, P.S. <laughs> Your number printed on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) This is 1987. I'm collecting phone numbers tonight. I've got a whole list now. It's very fun. Watch it just say Canada. So in episode 72, Uh. when you... even have to answer it right he just called if scott calls death roll cell phone scott's number will appear and death roll can write it down and <laughs> tell ryan we have success let's look up on the super pages yeah. who we just called oh, we probably called william shatner Hello. Scott, thank Scott. God. Scott. <laughs> <laughs> My God, you wouldn't think it would take people three hours to call Canada, but it's our last night. We're all a little drunk. All right, Scott, why don't you like the engagement scene? It annoys me because... Nobody listens to Harry, and there's complete fugue of misunderstanding the whole time because he's trying to cut them off with the, oh, everybody thinks you're going to marry so-and-so or this other person or the harpy's chaser or whatever, and he says, no, I'm planning to marry Ginny, by which he means at some point in the future I would like to marry Ginny, I will ask her at some other time, but nobody pays any attention when he finally figures out what they actually think and tries to tell them that's not the truth. Oh, you weren't annoyed at the writing, you were annoyed at the characters. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you. They're all nuts. Oh, yeah. They're all freaking mad. I gave Danielle a um, clather ring a few years before we got engaged, and I'm, I'm about to give it to her. I'm like, holy crap, what if she says yes? Because <laughs> I'm not technically asking anything. So, I mean, yeah. I, I, but now, what did you think of the scene itself when they actually got engaged? That was good, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, so you're with us, Scott. Once we clear up the connection, we're actually fine. Yeah. Yes. Well, the thing I couldn't stand about that scene was that nobody 
absolutely nobody can just shut up no. and let someone talk. Everyone has to have a one-liner, even in the most inappropriate contexts. And I can understand the urge to quip. I struggle with it myself. But even I know that there are times when you just shut it. And Harry has just asked Ginny to marry her. To Wow, my notes are bad. Harry has just asked Ginny to marry him. I have many butt babies, apparently. Ever since Little Miss Snape, I've been so confused. (laughs) And whether Ginny is expecting it or not in that moment, she has been looking forward to this. And the only thing she can do is crack jokes. She started with a joke, made Harry drop the ring, and he's just told her to keep it and asked her to marry him. I, and the levity feels inappropriate. She, I think she's had enough time to process Well, this. in the beginning of the scene, she walks in and she jokes about the ring because she doesn't have any understanding of the fact that he's about to propose, nor does he. So then he mm-hmm. proposes to her, and her first reaction is, hold on, what, what the hell is going on here? Which sounds a lot like, no, get the hell away from me, you creepy sex offenders. So Harry's response is, no, don't worry about it. It's fine. It's fine. So Harry shuts down, and then Ginny's like, what did I just do? I just ruined the moment, so then Ginny starts shutting down. I mean, there was back and forth there. The thing I liked about the scene, which I think I said earlier, was that Ginny wasn't dense, and it was an uncomfortable moment because it was so out of the blue, and then because it's out of the blue, you're questioning whether you should have done it that way. Did you ruin it? So you try and backtrack it. But she wasn't dense and didn't miss the entire purpose of what was happening and didn't misinterpret the whole thing with Molly and, and everyone not shutting up. So I really liked it. I enjoy the fact that they both become Gilbert. <laughs> They're like, oh my god, I'm turning into Gilbert. I feel like that frequently. It's it's very upsetting. It's a little odd, I agree, but she's kind of shocked, so that's why they start kind of joking about it to diffuse the tension, and then they misinterpret things, and yeah, it all sort of spirals. But not nearly as bad a spiral as the end of 48, which is what I was talking about before. Well, then you have, they go down to Hermione and they tell Hermione after a while that they've been engaged in everything. And Hermione's first reaction was, are you sure you should be doing this? Are you sure it's not too sudden? Are you sure you're not too young? Are you sure this? Are you sure that? It just reminded me of my friend Karen, because she's always the person, every time I do something, her reaction is, I think that was unwise. I don't think that was a very good idea. I'm like, shut it. I never asked for your opinion. Well, that's how everyone seems to treat Harry. It doesn't seem to matter what other characterization has been here. Everyone's like, Harry, are you sure? You seem awfully young. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Well, the thing which is good because it's it's real life is no one in real life like has a lifelong problem with a person, and and they have this come to Jesus moment, and that's the thing that Pofo has given me the, the expression come to Jesus. They have a come to yeah, Jesus moment. Well. Yeah, they have a come to Jesus moment. See, I said it four times, and they resolve the thing, and then they're fine forever. That's people backtrack and they flop around and they get in bad moods and things cycle. So you have through the original set of chapters all of the Weasleys, you know kind of giving Harry grief for sleeping with Ginny and, and the fact that he's you know, dating her and all this stuff. And everyone kind of gets over it. Then Bill backtracks, then Bill gets over it, then Percy gets over it. Everyone gets over it. And then they're all joking once they find out that Harry actually slept with Ginny. You know, if, if it weren't for us moving all of these plows, we would come over there and kill you. If you're worth the Sabbath, we would kill you. And it's like a running gag. Until right. the point that you realize that for Charlie, it's not actually so much of a gag. Because Charlie's really pissy about it. And he's trying to get Harry in trouble with it. He thinks he's so smart because no one else knows this. Harry has no idea of like realizing that like everyone walked through the room when they were doing it. So, <laughs> so Charlie's being a, an absolute well, prick Well, if they it. hadn't decided to do it in the living room. That was very <laughs> really? Ginny, 
pants. One word, pants. It would have been fine. Yeah. But, and Charlie is just being a dick about it. And even Arthur tells him to back off. He's like, but, right. but, but. And I don't even think Charlie's in the thick after that. I think that was like Charlie's <laughs> last word was but. And even at one point, which I thought was one of the best exchanges Keza has in here, is when, when, I, I, this isn't the exact line, but Charlie is, says something along the lines of, you know, Jenny has a sex life. And Molly's like, yes, dear, perhaps you should be worried about your own. <laughs> 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 Which I think is fantastic. Great. It, it, it was nice to see Molly like that. Cause I've read so many fics where she's entirely out of control. Well, out of control, which is fine. I mean, you know, if you're a parent and you don't want your kid to have sex, that's a perfectly reasonable position. But the fact that you read about it in your free time. I do like that they tease Hermione about it though. And then the bit, after that, where um, they all assure Harry that he's not romantic, and then it comes up that it's Lily's ring, and that's romantic. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That amused me. That is so romantic. Do you mean it's that? Like, Wait, I thought you just said I wasn't romantic. It's like, you're not. That's just a coincidence. <laughs> well, I, I kind of guessed what was going to happen, and then I'm thinking, wouldn't it suck if the ring's not in the box? <laughs> like, Oops. Wouldn't it suck if Lily had, like, man hands and the ring was way too big? Well, you can get that resized. No, it would suck if he has to give him, like, the gaunt ring or something because it's the only ring I have available. Oh. Oh, that would be bad. That's awful. It's very mean. That's really awful. Gives her, like, the Tom Riddle's diary or something is all I have. Oh, dear. What would she do? Wear it on a chain around her neck? It's, like, flopping back and forth. I have no idea. That's bad. It it was very unfortunate. I apologize. Well, it could be the locket. Well, he already gave her, um, what's her face, uh, Gryffindor's um, amulet. Amulet. Thing, yeah. Thing there. yeah, the amulet. For his true love. True yeah. Love. Which helps later because she's the only. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I thought. Was Ginny. Could Ginny get in the room because of the amulet? Or was it because yes. Harry and um, Neville spooned and unlocked the mystery of. I okay, well, it was the amulet. It was the amulet first. That's right. Well, here's my thing. Okay. This is a point I love that Keza adds in. The fact that the Gryffindor room is, is the Gryffindor sanctuary. Um, mm-hmm. The Chamber of Secrets is the Slytherin sanctuary. The Room of Requirement is the Ravenclaw sanctuary. And my question is, where the hell is the Hufflepuff sanctuary? <laughs> what the hell is a Hufflepuff? That's what I was wondering as well. I, what could it possibly be? We don't get any hints in the story, so it's... One of those open questions. Are there any rooms that we still have that like shouldn't be there? Hellgills is like Greenhouse 7 that we never yeah, see. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a greenhouse. It's got to be. It's like Hagrid's hut or something. You never want to think to look in there. <laughs> it's No, it's the jacuzzi room on Hagrid's hut. It's only there for a like-minded Hufflepuff. Well, what purpose would it possibly be? Well, in this fic, the Hufflepuff greenhouse is handicapped accessible. Is that correct? It's all on one level? Um, the Hufflepuff greenhouse? Oh, my gosh. That was the wrong fic. Yeah, that was the, the common room and that was in the tale of a time long gone but other than that i'm fine yeah other than that, right, other than that i'm fine thank god right. and i'm perfectly content to have it be all on one level exactly with a little ramp you can get up with your scooter it's fine the other fic that's you know not Kezos, but that describes the is there's the hufflepuff fic and it talks about how the hufflepuffs are building little warrens all around underground and stuff like that so that's where helga's room is it's all the little warrens and caves underground yeah, that yeah. the hufflepuffs like how have. she says the hufflepuff was that, fic. In teddy, was that teddy lupin no, it's a Hufflepuff. The Hufflepuff. 
thick. You were a department head. You can't even say it. <laughs> Maybe Helga's room is actually a headmaster's Wait, office. That is okay. deep. Well, now everyone gets used to Gryffindor one because Harry and Neville spoons, and now it's like yeah. forever. But was I the only one thinking when McGonagall walked in and they're like, everyone can see the room now? Like generations of Gryffindor students will now have nowhere to do it. <laughs> yeah, there's always the astronomy tower. That's a multi-purpose facility up there. You can go to class. You can make out. You can have sex. You can die. Everything's uh, just, yeah. release just a dragon. Just you put your tie it, on the doorknob, we're good to go. Exactly. That's the Hufflepuff room. It's multi-purpose. <laughs> it's multi-purpose. <laughs> That's right, because we're both loyal and we're prudent. This is Keza from the future. I can't stand this any longer. It's the kitchen. The kitchen is Hufflepuff's room. It's the kitchen. All right, two characters I really enjoy. Well, one character I really enjoyed, one character I wish we got a little bit more of. The character I really enjoy, and I can't believe I'm saying this in a fic written by Keza, the character I enjoy very much is Draco Malfoy. Did someone say Draco Malfoy? Uh, because <laughs> he's, he's not there a lot, but when he's there, A, he's a prick. B, he's not so much a prick that you can actually get stuff done with him. And C, He's actually come around just a little bit. He sticks up for Harry in the only Defense Against the Dark Arts class that we see. And, um, you know, at the Great Hall at the end where Harry finally finds... He has the only Harry Potter card, which Draco was the one who opened it. He gives the card to Harry and says, give it to the Weasel. And he's he's profane and everything. But he's, he's actually... You can see how he becomes the character that you get in... Uh, the, the epilogue of Deathly Hallows, which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. The one character I wish we got a little bit more of was actually McGonagall, and it's a very selfish reason why. I know I know she's retiring as headmistress. I don't recall if she was retiring as a professor, if this was actually her last year at Hogwarts, or if it was just she was going to go back to Transfiguration and fire Thistle Whistle. I would assume that you don't demote yourself. Well, she's been been acting headmistress. I I actually don't know. But I read the story assuming that she was retiring. So, like, near the end of the story, I can picture she's got, like, two weeks left as headmistress. And I'm picturing, because I'm picturing I have two weeks left doing the podcast. What I wish we saw, which I'm not complaining because this is a very selfish wish, I wish we saw, like, one more chapter. And I wish we got to actually see the kids leave Hogwarts, like, in the boats or whatever, and actually see the journey come full circle and see them actually leave. And I wish you almost saw like McGonagall walking down, you know, the, the grounds with like, like in Mary Poppins mode with her umbrella and all of her, and she's moving on too. And I thought it was, cause I really enjoy the transition to like the new generation and, and the old people leaving. I felt like it, it ended at a really good point with the card, but I would have liked mm-hmm. to have seen them actually leave and seen McGonagall leave and seen that, that moment of transition. I, I thought that would have been really worth it, but I'm not complaining. I, I, it would have been nice. Maybe a one-shot, Keza will do. She did leave open the possibility of doing one-shots in this universe. Oh, is she online? No, she's not. I'll yell at her later. We'll get our one-shot. <laughs> yeah. I have, Beyond cast can do it. I have her telephone number. Trust me, we will get the one-shot. Call her in the middle of the night. And get <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Were you asleep? My apologies. Well, now that you're awake, can you make us a one-shot? Yeah. Yeah, right, yeah, right now. We'll wait. So we <laughs> learned that Crackpot is a stark, raving, mad bitch. Who mm-hmm. she, Harry is shot at. He they like like the Secret Service agents jump him. Percy brings him to the Break common his room. Knee. Percy, to his credit, realizes instantly it's a trap and like like begins to defend Harry. 
Mm-hmm. The, the trio shows up. They overturn a couch, which my question is, why can't you shoot through the couch? It's a couch. It's a magic couch. It's a magic, it's a magic couch. couch. It's like, like seriously, couch. quick, take cover behind that blanket. What? That makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> it's not even flame retardant. Couches are pretty thick, you know. Exactly. So you, they're they're hiding behind, and they're having like a conversation about cartoons. Like it's it was interesting, and I'm trying. Yeah, to in the middle of all this action, Ron's like, "What's a cartoon?" Yeah, I'm like, "Shoot, you're the only one with a gun," and and they're shooting back, and they're shooting Crackpot and the two extras who are unnamed, mm-hmm. and they're like the Gryffindor room, and all I can think of is Death Roll because Death Roll's like, "I don't like the Gryffindor room." I'm like, "I wonder if he likes it now because they're not going to die now." So well, I, I actually. The explanation behind it being along the lines of the Chamber of Secrets, and then the Room of Requirement being the Ravenclaw room. I have reversed myself. I I like it. It's not excessively over the top, and I approve. Okay, John Kerry over here. He's flip flopped. So, <laughs> all right. So, Kez is like, who is John Kerry? I voted against John Kerry. Thank you. He was for the Gryffindor room before he was against it. So you have everyone. Well, Neville here is an effing trooper because. Harry goes through with Neville. Then Neville goes back for Ron and Hermione or some combination thereof. Then he goes back for Percy. Like, Neville's making a lot of trips while being shot yeah. at by a crackpot. And you never think it's A, the Muggle Studies teacher, and B, the Gryffindor head of house. Like, McGonagall's one job in the last year. One job. Pick your own replacement. She's like, do we have any evil bitches available? I liked that it wasn't a cliche choice of who the bad guy is because the bad guy in so many fix is always the defense teacher or mm-hmm. they, hold on. I have to mute for a second. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, now we'll never find out who it is. But yeah. I mean, the only yeah, way it was set up so you'd expect it to be professor, professor fish, but the only, right. way, the only way it could work is fish is like in the end of the last chapter of like nothing happened and the speech went off without a hitch. If they were like, Oh, professor fish turned out to be a death eater. Harry, he was going to try and kill you, but we stopped it. It's and it all happened like in the other room. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, yeah, there's death eater. We took care of it. It's fine. That's the only way. Yeah. But yes, I, I liked that it was because of charity Burbage. I did too. Because you do feel bad. Because you saw that in canon. She wanted to teach. You're the sister. You feel responsible. But at some point, you 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 become a crackpot, and it's just and, and it's sad because I actually really like the character in the beginning when she's mm-hmm. trying to like set up her first class. No, I'm doing this wrong. No, I'm just trying to make charity proud of me and all this stuff. And by the end of it, you're like, um, okay, okay. <laughs> you're an evil bastard. Like literally, she was like impaled with a sword. Do you wonder if she got driven over the edge by Harry's support of saying, I don't hate Slytherin. Slytherins are good people. And do you think she heard that and it just drove her mad, drove her over the edge? Oh, I think it did. That I, was, there yeah. was something else before that, though, because even in, I think it's 47 or something like that, Harry's away with Dragonpox, or not Dragonpox, and can't go to Hogsmeade, and that, um, she goes wild over that because there must have been some plan involving him going to Hogsmeade. Mm-hmm. Probably an ambush or something. So there was, yeah, she... there was foreshadowing there, and she was meeting in Madame Puttyfoot's with a strange-looking wizard, and everyone just assumes it's her boyfriend, and, you know. You could have been the extra. Was... <laughs> yeah. Could have been the guy on the left. Well, it's interesting, because how many fix do we left read and right. where there's an ambush in Hogsmeade? And I'm always like, don't go to Hogsmeade, that's always where the ambushes are. And in this fact, everything goes according to, it's fine, because Harry happened to take that day off. <laughs> he got sick. Exactly, it's like the ambush that did not need to occur, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Something you said there just now, Ryan, uh, made me laugh because it reminded me of a bit from Song of Ice and Fire. It's not really a spoiler. The uh, the Queen Mother has two bodyguards. She can't remember 
remember their names, so she just calls them left and right. <laughs> well, there's two characters. This isn't a spoiler either. There's two characters on Lost. They're like the extras in the background, some of the survivors, and like no one can remember their names, but they always confuse the two with each other. It's like say Scott and Bill or whatever, and like Scott will die, and they'll go to bury him, and everyone's like, "Is this Bill? No, it's Scott. Oh, really?" And then like a few weeks later, "Hey, Bill. No, I'm I'm Scott. Bill died." <laughs> and like no one can remember their two names it's, it's for the entire time. It's pretty good. That's Scott. I, <laughs> P.S. is very literal tonight. She's taking this very to heart. Fish has been wearing his wife on his head yeah. all year? Here's the question <laughs> I have. Here's the question Did I anyone have. anyone figure that out before it happened? Here's no. the question no. I have. You want to bring someone undercover to the school to spy. Don't you think you'd find a less suspicious way of doing it than wearing a cat on your head? Like, how about you bring your cat and, like, Filch, just let the cat wander around? Yeah. I mean, no one would have suspected that because they're because used to that, Filch. And if it's something that like he territory. Can't he keep an eye on everyone around him? Why does the cat have to sit on his head and do it? Like, in case he misses something? Like, the cat's looking the other way? Like, I don't... Mm-hmm. I th- I th- He's I th- like, they kicked me out of the oars for being nuts. And you're like, hmm, really? <laughs> yeah. I wonder why. No, somehow I, I see where they were going. <laughs> the, the thing which I think is hysterical is McGonagall, look at the people she hired. She, she hires the Star Trek geek who has the fan club going on. She hires the Auror who was fired for gross incompetence and mental health issues and she hires the crackpot who wants to kill everybody. I'm like, um, Minnie? No. Time for it, early retirement. Take Poppy with you. She's yeah. Is her hiring record better or worse than Dumbledore's? Like, we haven't given Dumbledore a hard time. Sure. Apparently he taught McGonagall everything he knew. Like, it's like, whoa. He did, though. As he a good mentor one crackpot a year. Or the thing is, oh, picture McGonagall at their desk. Oh, I found a wonderful, you know, Muggle Studies teacher. She has something called a PhD. Oh, this is going to be fabulous. And Dumbledore's in the background. No, 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 no. <laughs> Write this name down. C-R-A-C-K-P-O-T. It's in the book. Call her up. I have a good feeling about her. It's going to be wonderful. Yeah, you know that, that Dumbledore was back there going, uh, yeah, you want that one right there. Uh-huh, that's the one you want. Snape is just nodding his head. Do you have anyone who has... Grin. Exactly. He's I love the scene with Dumbledore and Snape's portraits. That was fun. It was a great was scene. Snape Snape like, well, then right. Ron's like, who's the prick that decides to put his portrait in his office? I didn't know. It was me. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oops. But he's still a prick. Yeah. Kessa was talking in one of the... Something we were in recently about... You know, she was tired of Snape. No more Snape. And then she, she doesn't like, want to be in his head or in his house, which I took right. offense at. But she did have this great scene with the portraits, which was fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love that they're looking through the library for everything possible on the amulet. And there's nothing. And there's like five references in Dumbledore's old books. And Luna has it in her mom's old romance novel. Yeah, which really is in a no romance novel. But... Luna thinks it is. Can your dad FedEx that to us? Is that possible? Can we do that? Well, my favorite part about searching through the library is that Ron starts swearing when he finds not less than five references to Ravenclaw's deodum. Exactly. <laughs> he read we... that book when they were looking up Nicholas Flamel. And then yeah. Luna's like, oh, I know who Nicholas Flamel is. We could have used you. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. we could have gotten everything done in like one year here. and We could have enjoyed the other six. But Seriously. Yeah. I, just, I love how there's so many just throwaway lines that just make you laugh like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah. Harry is sneaking out of the hospital wing and Ron and Hermione get in the argument and Professor McGonagall walks in and is like, 
Harry froze his invisibility cloak in one hand and attempted to look completely innocent. He failed. Yes, he <laughs> failed very badly. Yeah, or, Harry doesn't do innocent very well at no, all. No, no, he really doesn't because he's guilty as hell. The thing I think is funny is in all the fics, they always have the very comfy chairs in front of the headmaster's desk. I'm picturing like two lazy boy recliners because they always seem to be very comfortable chairs. I'm looking through Jethro's notes here. Harry's chocolate frog card. The first witch or wizard to survive the killing curse. Like they're not sure if Harry is male or female. <laughs> Jethro and I had a very extensive conversation about this yesterday. We really? did. and It came down to what word would you like to see in its place? Because P.S. said... I believe it's fine the way it is because if you say first wizard, then you have the confusion that it might have been a witch. I have no problem with the witch or wizard construction. I believe it sounds awkward and it should be changed to person. But then that also includes... Well, yeah, because then Muggleborns and Muggles haven't survived it either. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. Are you saying Muggleborn aren't witches? I forgot what I was saying momentarily. I wasn't really paying attention. Yeah, and you can't say beings because the only thing that works against a Dementor is the Patronus charm. You can AK a Dementor and it doesn't do anything. And then stealing uh, Harry. You, ooh, ooh. Are Dementors even considered alive? Like, can you not kill I'm, them because they're not alive? P.S. After the end, go read. <laughs> the off of the end is not canon, you fool. It's close enough. <laughs> what the hell was that? She was like Gary Coleman there. You just draw my wish. No, she was Mr. T. I pity the fool. Well, no, I was just actually thinking, this doesn't apply to Stealing Harry, because Remus got AK'd four times at the borough, and he still kept going. Yeah, he just got a headache out of the deal. What? I think he was just a glancing shot. Of a it. glancing shot of a killing curse. Exactly. <laughs> The one that we've been reading for the new season, as long as it's a glancing blow, it won't hurt you. It has to be a head or chest shot. Well, I'm picturing right now they're in the common room, and Neville turned over the couch, so they're hiding behind the couch. And I hope they turned it over like... I'm actually trying to picture how one turns over a couch, because picture a couch, okay? Now, a couch in the upright position you can hide behind, right? Mm -hmm. If you overturn the couch... You either have the legs sticking up in your face. Doesn't that make it harder to hide behind the couch? Yeah. Like They're probably kneeling on the back of it or something, or underneath. If they but then you only have the cushion for defense. Like, one would think they would want to turn the couch over. I'm also picturing them, like, four feet apart. Like, they're, like... They're what if they're under the couch? You know, like, a, Oh, God, is the boat capsized? <laughs> uh. You know how you, you said that if you flip the couch... Oh, my God, back, I'm doing capsized couches in the, in the last episode. Yep. Well, it's a couch boat. if you flipped boat. it over, uh -huh. if you, you could hide under it, because if you flipped it over, like, so that well, the not couch like was a, down... So the cushions are above your head. No, they're not hiding. They're using it as a shield. They're not trying to hide under the couch. Well, Brian, you asked earlier why they would use the couch because it didn't have very much. I mean, can't they shoot right through it? But if you flip it up, then it has to go through the back and the bottom. So that gives you that much more protection. Well, the thing I thought was funny was after a while, Harry's standing there and he's like, she's probably four feet away from him. They're like separated by the ottoman. And Harry's screaming over, why do you hate me? You should know. This makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. <laughs> and then like after a while, Harry's like, no, I don't care if I die. I must know. What the hell is wrong with you? And I left you hints. She's like, yeah, but I'm too dense to get well, no, that. Exactly. I thought a lot of the latter chapters was Keza commenting on the books. I left you hints. Why would you do that? Why would you listen? <laughs> yeah. And it was the, funny. The part I thought was great was when Ron's like, oh my god, they're starting with the killing curses and 
they still have time to all go through the wall, and Neville goes back and gets um, Percy, and Percy's like, she's got me by the foot! And I thought for a minute they were going to say, get the get the chainsaw, we have to chop the leg. Oh, no. Or something. Oh, can I, just, I have to tell you, there was actually... What the hell was that, P.S.? There was an article... That was a chainsaw! There was an article in the paper that said, Dallas man beheads wife with chainsaw. Nice. And all I can picture is Jen's next Jen. door neighbor. Jen's <laughs> next door neighbor. <laughs> run, Jen, run! Oh, dear. Alright, so what else do we have points that we want to get to from these chapters? Uh, just a quick line from the uh, chapter 49. You drafted werewolf legislation? Harry sat up abruptly. When? And Hermione responds, probably when you were off snogging or playing Quidditch or something. Well, she said it, like, with, like, a very, like, biting tone. She actually apologized after she said it that mm-hmm. way. I uh, thought that was a really great thing because it's back to what I said in the beginning. This is Harry's year to hide. And this is Harry's year to not have to deal with the world, not have to deal with, with responsibility. He just wants to go to Hogwarts and not think about stuff for a while. And mm-hmm. in the same year, Ron, it's almost like after the end, he schleps around, he takes care of George, and he spends apparently every other waking moment at Hogwarts. But he doesn't really do a lot either. And Hermione's like, I've drafted more legislation in one year than John Kerry has in four terms! And, and you know, that's what I didn't understand. Can just anybody draft legislation? Well, Dumbledore was the principal of the local high school and the Supreme Court justice. So Hermione, the tribal warrior, she takes care of all... And she's, even, and she's even affronted. She's like, I've gotten a great deal of... And I'm the head girl. And I, I, I learned to play the cello. I had a really like, random... <laughs> the cello. I don't know why. I just felt I should. And, you know, she even got into it. And they have that really great moment at the end where all the Weasleys are in the hospital wing after everything. One makes the way from Crackpot. Love your way with with. I, I don't remember what the hell their names are. And Crockwell. Crockpot. <laughs> Scott, Scott sounds pissed, doesn't he? He's like Crockwell. Crockwell. <laughs> and Arthur is older than he's ever been, and he's got Dumbledore's hand-me-down walker. And you know, you know what? They've gotten through hell, and they've all had to deal with stuff, and they all actually have come a great deal from the beginning of the story. And they've come a great deal. And Molly comments, it's like existing after you get through this very adrenaline, you know, inducing euphoric moment and everything's over. You just kind of tread water because now what the hell do you do? And over the last year, they've all learned it. And Hermione learned it by overworking herself and Ron learned it by taking care of George. But Harry didn't go to Hogwarts for Ginny. He went there for himself. He even comments in earlier chapters, he loved the fact that Ginny missed him and, and Ginny loves him more than anyone else. But she was really hurt there in that last year and for Harry he's been hiding and it reminds me of Jed Bartlett he's like what's next he's ready to move on he's ready to do other things and he's he's ready and he wants to be an or and he wants to save people and Ginny's on you know the harpies and she's going to do her thing and I like how it ends up I like that moment at the end where for me I'm not going to read these characters maybe for a little while they've all made it and they don't know what the hell they're doing and they're making mistakes but they're a family and they made it and they're going to find their way past this point it's a really hopeful ending for the fic yeah they've come to a good place Mm -hmm. and it's a good place for us to leave them yeah Mm -hmm. I like that Harry's you know he's in here and we were talking earlier about the lines that Kez has put in here and the one is Harry's saying I can't just sit around in bed all day and Ron says sure you can you broke your leg and you got a bump on your head and you're you're Harry Potter you're Harry freaking Potter you're Harry Potter you're entitled 
throughout the whole hear... thing. And you're entitled to slay here for a few days. Yeah. And that's where he says what you were talking about, Ryan. He says, you know, I came here for me. I buried myself in this castle. Yeah. And that's where Ron says, uh, Jenny needed you. And he said, but that's not why I'm here. Yeah. And, you know, you're entitled. Don't be ridiculous. And he's realized that he needs to move on. Yeah. And he's now at the point where, okay, I've trained to be an Auror or I'm supposedly an Auror. So now I'm going to move on and that's what I'm going to be. Yeah. And I'm not going to hide in the castle anymore. When Harry's talking to Fish and Fish because he's a crackpot or the entire reason he went to Hogwarts to save Harry because Harry was never supposed to go back to Hogwarts. He was supposed to stay with mm-hmm. the Aurors where he'd be protected. And as a result of Harry going there, Fish's wife was badly hurt. And Fish blames Harry for that. And Molly says, of course, Harry, you're not to blame. And Harry says, I know I'm not. That's big for Harry. Harry's re- like for three years we've been reading, like remember when Sullivan earlier in this one was like, you know, you're responsible for my father not being there. Harry's like, you're right. I am responsible. I should have surrendered myself to Voldemort years ago it's like you, you don't leave him alone because he'll do something reckless like walk into the forest yeah well there was that yeah. that was very unfortunate but yeah he's been prone to you know george trips over a step five blocks away and it's harry's fault everything is harry's fault because everything growing up with the dursleys everything always was harry's fault i remember from after the end, the end of the first fic that we covered on Pofoy, I remember at the end of it, they were all living at Lupin Lodge, and Jenny was working on you know, an assignment. Jenny was doing something. In the last scene, or near the last scene, there was a reference to Jenny's at home doing something. It was something she had done a thousand times in the fic. And it just, the way it was added in there at the end implied to me that after the story ends, they're all going to wake up the next morning and continue with their lives. So it didn't feel like a story was coming to an end. It felt like their lives would go on and like our observing them with end. And this story felt like that too. We never needed to see Angelina give birth. We never needed to see Hermione's first day at work. We never needed to see Ron become an Auror. We never needed to see Harry, you know, get on the train or get what would have been in his speech. There was so much stuff we didn't need to see because their lives will go on tomorrow. And I actually wish we got one more chapter at the end because there was still stuff I wanted to see. So Mm -hmm. I think that was a good, you know, any concrete aside, I feel like I am left wanting more, which is good. Yeah, she did a very so good job of so making it mm-hmm. lifelike. Mm-hmm. There's like, there's all these different threads and all the things they do. Like Harry's at school, he's at Teddy's place, he's all over the place. But it doesn't feel like there's too much to pay attention to. It just feels like yeah, this is life. People do a number of things. We never got that mm-hmm. last scene with Teddy. He's with Teddy, and Teddy says his name, and that's the last of Teddy. Mm-hmm. And that was so cute. And yeah. the first yeah, flying cute. weapon. Yeah. He goes outside, like, don't let him fly higher than a foot. How did you know I was letting him fly? Because I know you, and I know <laughs> James, and I know Sirius, and you have a broomstick. And, of course, he does. I think that was actually a scene from After the End where they watch over the um, home movies or whatever, and you see Sirius letting Harry fly like a foot off the ground or something. I have no idea if that's mm-hmm. no homage yeah. to that, but... Somehow, never mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, I mean, that, I thought that was great, and it's actually, I feel almost incomplete, because I feel like she didn't go out of her way to give you that one final moment with everybody. I, I feel like I got really pulled into her characterizations. I am left wanting more, which 
is a fantastic way to do it. And you know what? When you look at canon, you have Harry at the moment that he's defeated Voldemort, he just killed someone, Fred's dead, you know, everyone's running on adrenaline, and then you have 19 years later, their kid's going off to school. For closure, you don't get that. And I think this entire fic, which is probably longer than the last book, gave you that (laughs) sense of closure. So look how much of it you needed. You needed an entire... So, you know, Joe needed an entire other book to... And she implied what would happen, but, like, this could be canon for me, because it it fits Mm -hmm. so well with with Mm -hmm. one. Yeah. It's really well done that way. So does anyone else have final thoughts or scenes we didn't get to or anything they want to talk about with this book? I would definitely Um, think I could take this as canon. I mean, this is the first post-Deathly Hallows fic I've read, but it definitely fits in what is very believable based on what we get from the book and the the epilogue. And even though I do would want to see more just to see what other people have done, this is definitely something that I can accept as my personal canon and being as it's the first one I read in this Mm-hmm. category. I very well will keep coming to it and comparing the ones that I read from now on to it. Well, Tale of a Time Long Gone has been my personal canon for the founders, and this can be my personal canon for year eight. So, of course, now I'm trying to think back to Tale of a Time Long Gone and where Helga hung around and what could possibly be the Hufflepuff. For... <laughs> so I think we can head off to the next segment of our final episode of the season here and bring in Keza and bring in some hosts from past episodes and just talk about Pyrific Weekly. If anyone is interested, the work Word count on rebuilding life is 418,875 words. The canon clocks in at 1,084,958. And she was 414,000? 418. Well, what, but... what is she longer than any? Is she longer than all the books? Or she's just... longer than order. Wait a minute. So she's at 414,000 and the canon's at 1,080,000 or 1,800,000? So Keza, Keza wrote 1, the Keza wrote forty percent of the canon. Yeah, Keza, go you. Actually, it <laughs> it is as long as Order of the Phoenix and Half Blood Prince put together. That's a lot of rebuilding. That's a yeah. lot of rebuilding. It's a lot of rebuilding. But you know That's what? That's a lot of words. It was, thank you, P.S. It was the perfect fix to end the thing off with. Well, uh, I think it's really neat that it came full circle. Yeah. I mean, I, I like all types of things, but mm-hmm. even as someone who likes all types of things, I think it's appropriate that we ended on a fix from the same category as the one we ended, which would be post-canon, because after the end was post-canon as viewed from the beginning of the fandom when we only had four books. Mm-hmm. And this is post-war viewed from when we have all the books. So I think it's pretty appropriate that they're similar stories. And mm-hmm. the interesting thing for me is that my concern when I started this podcast would be that you're going to be repeating yourself over and over again. And we've spoken more than I ever thought we would, and we've covered more than I ever thought we would. At some point, I want to read different things, but I actually don't feel like I'm repeating all the after-the-end comments. I feel No, like I think it's great yeah. that we covered all sorts of different things. Okay, we've been doing POFOR for three years now. What do you know now that you didn't know then? Either about yourselves, about the fandom, about these characters? How has your perception changed? Like, what has changed from having done this podcast for however long you've done it for? I ship Harry Jimmy. Well, there, yeah. There you go. That was obvious. Sue knows how to post on POFO. What else? <laughs> I know how to post on POFO. <laughs> she does. And I've been there over 100 days. Constantly. I've been there for 200 days. I know that when I first started 
that I didn't know how to respond, you know, want to do author comments and stuff like that. And I didn't know how to respond to them. And this has made me read with more depth of understanding, paying more attention to what I'm looking at so that I can talk about it later. I mean, I've always been a reader. I've read everything but I just read for escape and I didn't pay a whole lot of attention. And, you know, when I was done, okay, I moved on to the next one and I didn't think about the old one as much, Mm -hmm. but this has really given me the opportunity to really expand and grow uh, myself and also, you know, being able to read and and pay attention to, Oh yeah, look, they put this little nuance in here and going in and being able to read critically is is a new thing. I'm still, somewhat able to not do that like I can read a thick and not be thinking up things to say on the podcast or whatever but there are definitely I don't know if this is down to Potterpick Weekly itself but just having been in fandom this long I can go back to things that I read in 2005 or when I check my old email that had all the thick notices and things I look at it and I go why did I put that on alert <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some of the things I like read when I was just first reading fan fiction. Yeah. I don't I know if I'd want them on the podcast. I like a lot of the different things. There are things that repeated in some of the stories. There's a lot of Snape and there's Harry talking to snakes and various things like that. But there's all of them have their own differences. And when we're covering things next season, uh, I want to try and find some story that has Tonks in it because we don't see a lot of her in most of the stuff. Mm-hmm. For example. And when do we do She's a Bagel? That was unfortunate. Very unfortunate. <laughs> I mean, when I started the podcast, it was because Harry and Ginny broke up, and that really pissed me off, and it was like that original angst, like, you moron, why would you do that? Let me start the podcast a bitch about it. And we did After the End, and we did Belinda Leo, and at the time, I remember it was Jen and I, and we were talking, and we are like, you know what, I don't want to keep doing just the same type of stories over and over again. Even if, for the fact that we don't like something, but we get to complain about it, just to try something new and, mm-hmm. and have something different to talk about. And there was a lot of you know disagreement on that, and some people didn't want to do it, they didn't enjoy it, why should I have to talk about something I don't enjoy? And we did, you know, You're Like None Other, and we did The Shoebox Project, and we did, you know, different stories with, with Snape, and we did huge trilogies, and we did you know, a lot of different stuff, and people stuck with it, even if it wasn't their thing. And I mean, the story, which I think, if I look back at the ones we've covered, one of the ones I enjoyed the most was Paradigm of Uncertainty. And I never thought I'd like it. It's a Harry Hermione fic. The ending is absolutely absurd, you know, from one of it's even written. But it was probably the funnest discussions we've had. Even the ones we've struggled with maybe the ones that we have loved the most. Because we're like, oh, yeah, that was a great fic. And there's nothing to really say. I'm glad that we covered the variety of stuff that we covered. Mm-hmm trying to find things to say about the stuff we like end up picking up the three things that were off or the just mm-hmm. the funny bits or whatever you know we all said oh we love this but we couldn't talk about it for more than five minutes at a time without going off on it yeah tail of time long gone we're reading other fix that were more melodramatic we're like oh this is, this is pretty good stuff the thing i always look for is stuff from a fic that makes sense in canon or lets makes me think about canon in a different way like the thing in this chapter that stuck out with me is maybe the room of requirement was put there for a purpose maybe by Ravenclaws you know and what if there's that connection between you know obviously there's no Gryffindor room but that connection was really interesting for me and there's been other fics that we've covered where there's been moments very similar to that you know where something is, is said about a particular part of the canon and you, it makes you critically think about it so I think we should save this for the next segment because really I could go on and on 
true, too. Well, my fear is always we get to the next segment and we talk about crap for like an hour and a half. We all get drunk. And then we never have a conversation like that. We're going to have way too many people in the room. Exactly. I still like a lot of the little moments that she puts in about all the various different things. And things like you were saying about Draco being an interesting character, and it's the same with her Snape, because they're... The people you don't like, she doesn't make them into nice guys, but just by that very fact, they're interesting to read about. Yeah. Like one of the things I left in my notes is there's a moment in the hospital wing, or not the in the headmaster's office, where Harry is grumbling about how Glenda is completely cryptic, and then so is Dumbledore, and Snape is like, "Yeah, he's always been like that." And Harry kind of smirks at him, and then Snape's like, "Don't start bonding with me, Potter." He's like, "Never dream of Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Well, then there's the part where Harry's in the um, hospital wing and he's going out with Hermione. He's like, Hermione drafted legislation that has like saved my brother-in-law, his wife, their future children, and my godson. I passed a class with Draco Malfoy. That's the one thing I've done all year. And it's fun uh, to read authors that we know from the forums and stuff like that because it's fun to find the little instances and I can't think of any off the top of my head except for he's maybe Harry he's Potter. Harry Potter. You're Harry Potter. You're the coolest goddamn kid in the entire world. Everything's awesome for you, so you better get used to it. But it's fun to, you know, be able to go through there. In fact, there was a significant glance at one point. There was a significant glance. There was a significant glance. Well, that always interests me because I know Mike was putting on a death rolls fix and in the end Walsh's story, I think I'm on an exploding toilet or cheese on an exploding toilet. covered in apricot. I'm covered in apricot. And on some level, that stuff throws me out of the story because I don't want to read about myself in the Harry Potter story because I imagine the universe is existing so I don't want to see the seams in it. But, and I mean this in the best possible way, I could have read this not realizing that Keza wrote it because I come from the, you know, the really innocent version of the fandom where, you know, these fics appear from nowhere. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> you read them and, and there's no direct connection to the author that you're aware of. So when I, it's a really good friend of mine writing it, I fear that, like, you know, she named him Ryan. I'm like, oh God, that's actually me. <laughs> and like, you know, <laughs> it throws you out of the story. So mm-hmm. I, I didn't get any of those moments up until the point that Harry was a transvestite. On some level, it's like, I don't want to see that because I want to pretend that it's not my friend writing this and this is the world that exists. But on some level, I'm like, come on, come on, throw throw me a breadcrumb, put me in there somewhere. <laughs> so, well, you just got to do the jokes. Like the one hour thing is, it, that appears in my year four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I do stuff the, like that frequently, it, and it's not even the same fandom. I've, I have included the Peanut song. Nah, it's, <laughs> and it's and it's something that's there. It's in context, and if you get the joke, you laugh. If you don't, yeah. you don't even notice it, and that's a good joke. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing to right. keep in mind too is how many times have we read fix where the author is doing a shout out to their beta, who neither of them we know, and they're like, "I threw this in, and this is borrowed from this," and we never get it, but yeah. you know, it, it means something to them, and we uh, we blow right over it. And now, like we're reading effect by Keza, and there's other people out there listening to this going, who the hell is Keza? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So it's really interesting. I mean, even listening to her call, um, going back to square one, Gen 2, I'm like, we came up with that. You were mentioning that Claudia reminds you of Gen 2's daughter, yeah. or I wonder how much of Dragonpox she got from the coverage of Year of Darkness, because they mm-hmm. turn green and there are pustules and things like that. It's kind of interesting to think of what might have influenced 
Keza to write some of the things that she wrote. Yeah. Well, let's ask her. In here yeah, now, yeah. the Buffalo Rap Party. No reading required. Yay! Yay! We're the drunk ones. Welcome back to Part That's of Fiction Weekly, everyone. Welcome to the Puffwa Season 3 Rap Party. I have three hours of power left, apparently, until we turn over the reins to the peons. Everyone on this podcast is now and forever shall be drunk for the next three hours. Rena has already spoiled the ending of Lost for me. I have not! I you have told not. me who died I after I screamed! Do not tell me anything about who died! I don't know what happens at the end of the series. If so you knew, I'm sure you would have told me what happened. He's got a point. <laughs> who just said that? That was Aaron. That was some strange person. That was Aaron. Aaron he, he left the he call. the same name. You're supposed to be on my side. You don't have a side. Oh. Your side is... Oh, I'm sorry. Did I almost spoil you? Ooh, that was close. By the way, guess who died, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> it's not the fact that it, like blurted out it's the fact that you're like ooh that was close and then you like carpet bombed my house with flyers with pictures of the recently deceased yeah Ryan, i think well, you're wrong i think i think rin is right she should have she, she she did the right thing well that's like richard who was like the same actress was in something else and i was being like oh is this such and such from bsg and he was like yes the cylon now keep in mind it would be like like if it like let's say it was laura roslin instead mm-hmm. of instead of saying like oh yes the president he was like, oh, yes, the Cylon. So basically what you're telling Shame me is, on is Richard. Richard did the same thing that Rinna did, although Rinna's was more premeditated than what Richard did. Yeah, Rinna's was on purpose. That was on purpose, but Rinna's a little drunk right little now, bastard. so eventually we'll, we'll forgive Rinna. Julia, okay. can I just point out, this is the first time in the history of Puffwa that I've been in the room with several drunk people and Julia is not at the top of the list. Hey! What? That's your thing. P.S.'s the- thing is she asks about Apple products. Oh, I talked to Phil today. He sends I'm, the best. I'm drinking... Okay, but, but how fastly are you drinking? Uh, well, how fastly? Fastly. <laughs> how many I, I have you had, Ryan? I'm on my second up. cup of jet fuel. Thank you for asking. Oh, God. Ryan, can I just tell you that that was actually not the worst sentence I've heard all day? What was the worst sentence you heard all day, Julia? This one is actually not my fault. My students were writing an essay on Looking for Alaska by John Green, and one of my students began her essay with the sentence, Is the labyrinth of pain and suffer are real? Wow. wow. Can you There's run that by me again? That. Is the labyrinth of pain and suffer are real? So far, it kind of blows. Are our children learning? Is how it <laughs> not, go. Is our children learning? Not from me, apparently. Is our children learning? Children's <laughs> do learn. I'm just going to drink more. I apparently came in right after the spoiler, so I have no idea what just happened. It was I'm the just worst thinking. spoil in the history of the world. She started saying the person who died, and I stopped her. I yelled over it, and all I heard was it was a sexy person who died, and I yelled over it. And not to spoil anyone else who, who may be listening to this, well, I, I yell out, oh my god, that implied to me that Fred died, but you know what, I'm not sure it was Fred, it might not have been Fred, thank god we got it. She's like, <laughs> Alan died. <laughs> After we got over the whole thing. Oh no! That's horrible! <laughs> no, see, what it is, is it's like if you spoiled Deadly Hallows of being like, the most annoying kid died. Well no, it's like spoiling Half-Blood Prince. Snape dies. <laughs> Uh, Snape no, because he's not the... Yeah, no, see, what is... sorry, uh, Snape is involved. Don't, Snape don't, kills don't, Dumbledore. 
No, what it's so, like yeah, is that's a spoiler. to have Rinnet spoil Half-Blood Prince for me and say, my favorite character died in Half-Blood Prince. And me going, well, I think your favorite character is Snape, but I'm not sure, so luckily there's still some ambiguity in her going, no, just to clarify, it was Dumbledore who died. <laughs> that's what the moment oh, is no. like. We, 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 we reach a compromise me, and she backs me over who the most sexiest character was if you were a woman and or gay. No, my oh, mother-in-law gay. is sexually attracted, loves the other character, so I assumed it was him. So well, really I think the... Sawyer's a sexy bitch, too, ugly, but I don't weird think looking, he's the sexiest person on the show. But I didn't need to know that. You could have lied to me, Rena. You've been doing it to me for Okay, years. fine. I think Richard Alpert is the sexiest character on the show. He's the one who <laughs> I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. I'm only in season four. It doesn't four. matter, does it? <laughs> well, now I'm going to see him. He's apparently going to die, too. Big fracking deal. I'm so confused, and I'm drunk, so I have absolutely no idea what in the happy hell is going on. careful scott because she just randomly blurts out whatever's oh, on her mind if she's up. if she's had a thing for you for episodes she can't control herself back off snake killed dumbledore <laughs> really that's a shocker this is a shocker isn't it like, sort of well i have to point out lost. for puffwa this is not that bad she could have been like ryan i've always hated you <laughs> I've never been drunk enough. The only thing that would have been worse than if he, if she said, "Ryan, I secretly have a crush on you." Turn around. Oh, that would have made the rest of the thing. <laughs> I, I do not have a crush on Ryan, and I do not hate Ryan. Ryan and I have not always agreed on things, but Tonight he is my so pal, and we're friends. Ooh, so who and, do you have a crush on? See, I don't want to get into all that <laughs> because I told, like, I don't drink a lot around. Have a few more because... drinks, and then we'll ask <laughs> you. you. <can> t- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is somebody taking notes on things to ask Rena later after she's had a few more? I get incredibly inappropriate when I am drunk. No like, shit. Good. This is why we're going to start a list of questions. I thought this was the notes-free podcast. <laughs> it was the no, notes-free. not anymore. <laughs> so not we're anymore. taking okay. notes. Not reading I'm from. Trying them. to explain without having to explain, and it's not working. It's Jen. You've always <laughs> wanted Jen, isn't it? No. Well, yeah. You never tell a girl you like him. It makes you look like an idiot. What if it was Mike, and the whole thing was just you know how like you no. always attack the person? <laughs> Does anyone have a staff well, directory on them by any chance? I'm not in love with Jen? anybody. Well, I don't think I am. Am I? I don't know. Are you in love with me? Because I wouldn't blame you if you are. I don't yeah. know. Julie is pretty awesome. What are you, nuts? More like super mega foxy awesome hot. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you know we all love happen? everybody. It's Come true. on. I'm going to get to the... All right, I sense the Hufflepuffs are about to call for group hug. So <laughs> Gotta get that out there. Get out. Gotta get what out there? I'm confused. Group hug. Jack loves all of us. Oh, yes! Let's have a group hug. <laughs> you are Yay, really, really hug. drunk, aren't you? I have been drinking since... <laughs> Um, wow, she can't remember. That's not a good sign. What time is it? Five hours. Nine I've been drinking o'clock. for five hours. It's what, eight o'clock your time? Impressively yes. clear diction in that case. <laughs> no. Since three o'clock in the afternoon? Yes. Wow. I am a certified baby saver. I had to do baby saving certification yesterday. And, and you were go. drunk while doing it? What? No, of course not. 
Why would you no, want to shave a baby? I can I can save babies now. Brenda, um, just out of curiosity, are you the yeah. type of drunk that you will wake up tomorrow forgetting this whole conversation, or will this all come right back to you? Um. Well, it depends on how much more I imbibe, really. <laughs> Why don't you leave yourself a note for the morning? Ryan would like a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you want a meeting? Are no. you going to fire me? Well, I don't really have the power to do that anymore. But... <laughs> We're all getting fired. We are, aren't we? We're all such slackers. We're drunk on the job, so we're getting fired. Trying to fire me. I just started this we job. Just, this if this were back fire. in the good old days, there would definitely have been a The department meeting, so. transfer, come on. <laughs> yeah, we're getting transferred to the peon department. <laughs> exactly. Well, I am being transferred. Kez is online! Oh boy! Tessa will understand. I'm getting. Yeah, what time is it in Australia anyway? Uh, it could be three in the afternoon. Tomorrow day. Uh, ten thirty-two a.m. According to her. Th- I meant it wasn't the morning or the evening or the afternoon. It was the day. We'll be yelling at Kessa. Boat. Boat. Boat? Boat. 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 You're going to need a bigger boat. Boat! 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 Well, it wouldn't be a, a bottom-up podcast without lots of boats. Boat! Get ready. I'm about to blow your minds. I'm from the future. Keza. <gasps> Keza, follow the sound of my voice, Keza. Hello! Keza, be very careful around Rinna. She's drunk off her ass. She can't hold anything back. She's already spoiled, lost for me. She's telling anyone who she's ever had a sexual attraction to exactly what she thinks of them. She's unstoppable. Just be careful. Shut up, Ryan. Do also keep in mind this is Ryan telling you this. She just basically lies all the time. Ryan just lies lies to everyone the whole time. There's about one and a half parts of truth and seven and a half parts hyperbole. Which part did I exaggerate? I am not, I don't remember what you said, but I am not any of those things. (laughs) Not remembering, huh? true. This is going to be the only podcast in the history of the fandom where all the hosts play truth or dare by the end of it. Yeah. Oh, can we do that? That would be fun. No, we can't do that because I want you people to still like me. Well, what the hell does oh, it matter? We're day. You don't understand. I am a bad person. I really am. <laughs> and I have done my dead level best to conceal that from all of you. And that if is we a have to do wonderful... something that involves me having to talk about my dastardly deeds, then you people are not going to like me anymore. Didn't you just say you were doing a baby-saving class today? I mean, that's that's like kind of like absolves you of any, any that's wrongdoing. That's like the anti Puppy that kicking. is true. <laughs> I, I can't save babies. And people wonder how teachers and so forth get into these positions of authority over kids and then go completely nuts with them. It's because they don't. Yeah. This entire thing could have been avoided. They don't do thorough enough background checks on these people. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that reminds me. I should really stop drinking soon because I got to teach tomorrow, and I don't really want to be <laughs> oh overwhelmed doing this. <laughs> Maybe that's how those kinds of sentences get written, Julia. I said I haven't actually taught this child any grammar. This was my predecessors. Well, it seems like you need well, to start teaching the child some grammar. Well, yes. Scott, <laughs> That'll be tomorrow's class. Julia, I I'm doing well. You know what I feel like right now? I feel like it's the final hours of the Clinton presidency. Scott's getting... No, I'm not comparing you to George Bush, I understand. But the new guy's getting ready to move into the Puffwa office suite, and we're like... 
prying all of the leathers off the keyboards before we leave so you can't smell awful. I am, in fact, wearing a suit right now, so there he you is, go. He is, he is. Really? Are eyes. you for serious? Mm-hmm. You should you send us a picture. Yeah. Wait, are you the guy that has the long hair? <laughs> I did, yes. I don't at the moment, but yeah. Okay, okay, okay. We have already established that I don't know what any of you people look like. Do you not remember hearing about my dream and the cat child? <laughs> this is a testament to how much I love you people. If Rena were any other person in the world, I would seriously carpet bomb her house with eggs. I actually want to hug her right now. And that's only taken 20 minutes. Do it again and I kill you. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything else about loss. Alright. See, that only took like, what, half an hour? I'm fine. Turn around. You can't stink at it, so, right? maybe... Let's ask Keza some questions. Keza, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm okay. Now, Keza, since we last spoke to you on the... Well, it's been several weeks since you've appeared on yes. this little podcast <laughs> that you and I run. By the way, I started thanking people and for all they do around here. I would just like to add, without you, we would have been like about to release episode <laughs> 78. So I'd like to thank you for all your <laughs> hard work, especially when I was in Ireland, because I think you almost like got a divorce from your husband <laughs> over running both <laughs> Now, you've listened to the last six episodes that we've recorded, or at least five of them, and one of them, Renan, was a little drunk, so we edited that one a little bit. But for the rest... Wait a minute, I've never been drunk before right now. I'm covering for you, (laughs) nod your head. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Like, in your whole life, or... Because that would make sense. I've never been drunk while recording. Oh, good. That makes a lot of more sense. I have a question... Keza, please hold. Rena, if I didn't know you, I would not know you're drunk right now. How many years did it take you to kind of, like, build up that type of tolerance and... It's because I can do accents and stuff. I'm very articulate. Uh I don't slur my words when I get drunk. I just do inappropriate things. What are you doing right now that we can't see? (laughs) Right now I'm trying to be good. Is it working? Apparently not. No! <laughs> and it's all Ryan's fault. I don't even know how this is, is my fault. I will, hard the hard good hard news hard is for PS, I can switch over to Doctor Who now. Yay, Doctor Who! Okay, so Kesla, you've listened to six episodes. Now, I'm sure there's notes that you prepared for all the different things you wanted to say to us, most of which can, can be summed up just by give, flipping us the bird and leaving, but I don't think you're going to do that either. It boils down to the question, how nuts are we? How, now, what was it like to be on the other side for a few weeks? Yeah, I think it wasn't too bad, but I think that's because I know you people, and I know, I know how easily I get fixated on something that didn't work for me, even mm. though the story as a whole, and like it was like one sentence. So I think one in some sentence. ways I'm quite forgiving of the fact that you get fixated. <laughs> I didn't like one that sentence. verb for three <laughs> weeks. Yes, there is that. Yeah, well, it was three funny weeks. I- Try however many years it's been since we did that episode because we were talking bad about whatever the hell that story is. I can't remember the name of it right now. Um, and I said, why is it that it's been all this time and we're still bitching about that one story? <laughs> I, and yet here yeah. we are again. Because <laughs> is listening to it and she's like, I hope Death Row likes the rest because he seems not to like the Gryffindor. I'm like, Keza, remember that episode you were in a dark place for like four <laughs> hours? She's like, oh, it's kind of like that, yeah? I'm like, yeah, it's just like that. It'll be it fun. wasn't so much that I didn't like it as I 
I was uncertain of it, and I just really, really didn't want to see it abused. Which it was not. Which it was not. And so my fears were unfounded, as we discussed in the relevant episode. I did admit as such. Because just real fast, there was a point you were listening to the last, to actually the earlier part of tonight's episode, and you sent me a message along the lines of, apparently I didn't clarify this as much as I thought I did, because every <laughs> single one of you got it wrong. <laughs> Would you like to... Uh, uh, it was the, the true Gryffindor stuff, and you're all sitting there going... Oh, I think that just because they're born in July, that's not right. <laughs> that's it was because they both right pulled the sword from the hat, right? Yeah, but that was their speculation. That that's when they were in the library. That's um, they like or something. I don't know. They might have been. I can't even remember. It's I don't remember. But they're descended from Gryffindor, isn't it? No, they're not That's what I thought it was. Did well, see, they're discussing it. You got Hermione, Ron, Neville, Harry. Mm-hmm. Maybe Ginny's there. I think Luna's yeah. there. I don't. I don't know. think Ron was there because then the next no, day. No, Ron he's was there like... because Ron had a whinge because Hermione's doing her theorizing thing and she's going, "Oh well, you know, you're both born in July." Because they're looking up magical gemstones because I've got the amulet. And so Ginny's like idly flicking through this, and she's, "Yeah, there's a legend about true Gryffindors being born in July because that's when Godric's birthday." Blah blah blah. And Ron gets annoyed because he's like, "Hang on, I'm a true Gryffindor. I wasn't born." And Ginny's agreeing, "Yeah, that's a load." baloney like that was just some a th- thought process that they were going through and that when Hermione's going hmm well you know and they have a think and Neville and Harry and they're, they're trying to think well we did use the sword and Ron's going I used the sword and they're like yeah we didn't pull out the hat so they're thinking maybe it's where we were born in July and we pulled the sword out of the hat there's actually got nothing to do with that that's just their thought process what it actually is is Glenda was talking in the portrait and it's talking about the types of courage that Harry and Neville had shown Mm-hmm. Um, and the right. sacrifices that they had made and the fact that they were both there and it's after the war and everything. Neville and Harry were both there at the same time and they showed different sorts of courage, I think, to Ron because they didn't really falter. Ron, he did nick off that time and that was enough to make it not him, you know what I mean? Whereas yeah, which, Neville, right. Neville stood out at the final battle and, you know, Dumbledore's army and Harry sacrificed himself and Neville, in a sense, did the similar thing because... He stepped forward after Harry was dead and he was the one who was going to step into Harry's shoes and he was the one who the hat landed on his head and Voldemort casts flame on it and Neville didn't flinch. So Neville would have done the same thing, I think, that Harry did. And so it was a combination of everything like that. The fact that Gryffindor born in July thing and the sword out of the hat, that was just the speculation of those six people. Okay. That's so actually what it was. You're basically saying they should have taken Neville camping with them? Yes, I think they should have. <laughs> but if they hadn't, imagine what it would have been like at Hogwarts. Neville needed to be at Hogwarts. Right. He took the bullet for the team there. Well, I like that better because yeah. I actually like the fact that Ron was somewhat disqualified almost because of everything like, he Ron's did. Ron's still great. I mean, he did turn around and come back straight away, but... He, yeah. we, he was gone for like two months. Character. Yeah, it's not like he so like far, walked down to the street and like kicked a log and came back and was like, "All right, I'm he over. tried to come back." If you read Deathly Hallows, he tried to come back straight away, but Hermione had already cast the charms so and he couldn't find the tent. No, I'm That's sorry, I've never went. read Deathly Hallows. Well, why the hell not? <laughs> <laughs> So, well, but she, the way she said, if you read more... Deathly Hallows, no, I've never read it. <laughs> well, Deathrill seems angry. Oh, no, I've got a smile on my all, face. All through the canon. Keza, go hug Deathrill. and Keza, please hug, or else we're going to hear nothing about this. Go so hug I was just going to say, we're talking about Ron's character, because we talk about Ron's character a lot on, on the podcast, and he has those moments of weakness that I think if you look all through the canon, 
Neville doesn't really show them. Ron went through that Goblet of Fire in particular and he's more argumentative with Hermione and so there are a few things of character with Ron. He's a great guy most of the time but I think that Neville is the one you can rely on him just a little bit more and when he finally came into his own then... Question, you know, he, would Ginny not fit that bill either, do you think? Well, I think there is a part of it that involves the things like the sword. I don't know. She probably would have, but it was Neville because I said so. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine with me. Well, the thing that was cool was Ginny could get in, but that's kind of like, you know, when you get like a car and you have that backup key, like Harry gave Ginny his backup well, key. Well, if, she, no, because, but didn't you like that bit though? She could get in because she's his true love. I did like that bit. Although I misread yeah, it and thought good. I thought it was because of the amulet. Like, you know, if someone took the amulet. They could... Well, no, like, no, no, if Pansy no. Parkinson, she's alive, right? She's not a garden gnome. Like, if she took the amulet and got in the room, it would, I don't know. I, I well, wasn't sure if that you raised the right. possibility, could it have been Ginny? I wouldn't have liked it if it had been Ginny. It would have smacked too much I of don't... super soulmate powers, and I would have gagged and said, I don't like Rina, this. Rina, and one more time. I would be angry Rina, and one more time. Can we get the super soulmate powers to activate just one last time? I need to say the whole thing. Well, your your headset fell off when you rolled off the chair. You might want to just read. No, I told you I had to go get more drinks. <laughs> I said I have to go get more drinks. You said it without your headset on, so we had difficulty no, I hearing have you. My headset on. Is it on now? Yes. <laughs> I, I don't think so. <laughs> Wait, it's not. On. It is too on. <laughs> it's, you're very far away. Is that better? Calibrate no. the transducive warp field. <laughs> Reverse polarity. Chainway the Voyager, come in. <laughs> You're farther the away than you were before. You're like holding the phone upside down. <laughs> Bounce a graviton particle beam off the main deflector dish. Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way we do things, lad. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You're like Maris Crane. We can't hear you. I can hear a fire engine in the background. Oh, that's me. There's a fire engine coming down my street. No, you're you're very soft. Actually, it's an ambulance. Oh, there you are. All right. No no need to yell. (laughs) Hey, I'm wearing my phone, my headset, so that it's over one ear, and this thing is, like, pointing directly in my mouth. That's what she now said. Yeah, you wipe down a drink. Oh, no. <laughs> Your water. I so I was trying to talk about um, Ginny and the amulet. But, you know, oh, we were yeah, talking Ginny. about the fic. About oh, yeah. Yeah. No, they wanted about... me to say my, my super soulmate powers activate oh, yes. That's where oh, yeah, this you do that? came from. Yes. Yeah, Harry yeah. says, I love you, Ginny. And Ginny says, I love you, Harry. And their super soulmate powers activate. Yay! 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 <laughs> All right, I got the word fuzzies now. We're good. No, I didn't want to make it to be about super soulmate powers. So that I think that's one reason it wasn't Ginny. It it had to be Neville for a lot of reasons, and Jenny would have just been wrong. But I just had this idea. I don't know. It was just an idea, and that's how it is. Well, <laughs> so I'm not being very articulate. Don't, don't, don't be embarrassed by it. It was a very it's good a idea. Story. Yeah, no, it was a very good you idea. Know, it worked say, very well. Know, it's my ass. I did it this way. No, I just like, <laughs> I can't explain it. There's more to it, but it's going to just... You know, I've been waiting good. for someone to say that to us for three years. Fight me. <laughs> I would lo- I would love Aspen to show up on Rennes' doorstep. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be 
awesome. Ask would, would show up together. and just start scathing people. Julia, is there a fire in your house? <laughs> there must be. I think there might be one down the street, because it's like the second ambulance. Mazel tov. Thank you, Mazel, Mazel tov, tov. I am. Because I'm actually going to, like, talk about the thing. I've got to try for at least another ten minutes. Um, but in this chapter the first... of the fic that we're reading, Rebuilding Life by Kezavir, no, something actually oh, happened. Shut up! <laughs> she's, she's actually been waiting to say that since episode 80. <laughs> there was a bit of a thing about the mum, dad, Molly, Arthur thing. And I think that it's probably not something that I would do again. At the time when I wrote it, it seemed nice and warm and fuzzy and cute. But I could totally see the points that the people on the, as the first podcast of it raised. I'm like, yeah, that all makes sense. And I think because I've not really ever had that experience that it wasn't something that occurred to me. Like, um, Mr. Keza, I've never had in-laws with him. With my previous husband, um, his dad couldn't even speak English, so I just used to nod and smile at the man. <laughs> he could have been asking me to call him dad, and I wouldn't have had a clue. <laughs> you know? So I think that's just something that wasn't in my experience. So I went with yeah. what sounded nice. And I think if I was to do it again, I'm Harry doing it subconsciously, like the first time he said it, I think I would leave that in. But I think his conscious decision to do it, I would probably not do because I could see all the points that were made. The other thing to remember is there were some comments about, you know, the early chapters can be a bit rough because this was my first fic that I've ever written. And I think the chapters with Australia, a lot of people didn't like them. The reason I did that is because I'm Australian. (laughs) <laughs> those, well, <laughs> those people that don't like them are retarded because those were great chapters I'm sorry it really was I poured a lot of myself into those chapters and <laughs> we know we saw oh, yeah. at the airport I'm laughing at Deathle's unicorn picture that he just put up in the chat window. oh my god it looks so real <laughs> just for the no, record no, no, no. I'm not somebody randomly passing out unicorn pictures somebody needs to find the picture Death Death has something you want to tell us do we have <laughs> That's an awfully gay unicorn, but I think we could do better. One moment while I get the bookmark. <laughs> oh, Jethro, you haven't heard the one gay unicorn yet, have you? Uh, if it is in episode 106. It's in 106. It's in 106. Yeah. Send me the damn file. It's a very... You know why? I've given it to everyone else. I need someone to listen to it in real time and tell us it's I am a so, host now, anyway, and I can't hear so the so file. I'll send you the file tonight. <laughs> the one gay unicorn link is right there. <laughs> Yay, one gay unicorn. To <laughs> <laughs> rule the ball. Oh, my God. Really, <laughs> Herman, and the Star Trek unicorn. That's the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, everyone at home, you w- wish you were here. Oh my god, look at that. <laughs> Wait, what is it? So... It looks like Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> Which unicorn are we looking at now? I'm looking at a pink oh, unicorn with Pee Wee Herman in a Starfleet uniform with a pirate hat. Straddling the thing, going make it so. With those multicolored stars all around it, and there's actually a rainbow coming out of things. Like, that is spectacular. I I can't even look away from it. I'm sorry. I'm done. What the shit is that? That was amazing. It's a really gay unicorn, and I that love gay people. With a really gay Star Trek pirate, apparently. I'm from Massachusetts, my fellow Puffwanians, and whoa. So a- well, let me just say, that is gay. Okay. two gay guys having sex with three gay guys. 
That guy is gayer than Tiny Cooper. Oh my god. That is the gayest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> you can't look away. Rinda, do you have any thoughts? <laughs> it's quite literally shitting Oh my god. Rinda, did we just agree on something? I know, we did. A train wreck? This is two things. This is two things in this recording that we have agreed on. You know what's amusing me? You know how on TV it's shows... It's a crazy miracle. When, like, an actor oh, leaves the and they bring on a new act, like a new character in the next episode, they usually, like, will be the obvious replacement for the guy who left. I find it amusing that Mike and Rena were nemesises for, like, however many episodes. <laughs> but we Ren- weren't. We really weren't. It was... He just... He didn't think I existed. No, he knew you existed. Really? It's just every time he opened his mouth, you twitched. <laughs> I couldn't help you. Oh, yeah, that. Bad. Yeah. Some... I'm like, Mike know. has left us, everyone. I'd like to introduce you to a new staff member. This is Death Row. He likes the tea party. And Red is like, not even meeting him, twitching in the corner. So I'm glad you guys have found things in common. Yeah, that was kind of awkward. I really, really thought I was going to hate you, dude. Like, I really did. <laughs> I told you, I am drunk and I have no filter. Well, well I'm glad I you don't time. hate me. Bring it on. Julia, would you like to bless the room? <laughs> I, I would like to offer Elohim. Mazel tov, everyone. Mazel tov. I would like to first reopen my bottle of Smirnoff ice because I, for some strange reason, closed it. Mm-hmm. And now, now having done that, I would like to offer Elohim to what? To, to Mike. To Mike. Because I miss Mike. And Mike tells me that I am good at cooking things inside the stove. This is true. I've always... <laughs> <laughs> I would like to say this as well. I'd like to say this as well. We've had three years of Pofwa, and we've had many hosts. We started off, we were going to be three hosts, and today we're six. Oh, hey, guys, remember Kim? Remember Kim? Ah. I wrote to Kim from episode one, episode two, original Kim. Rena and I had our first staff meeting with Kim, and Kim didn't even have a microphone, so she typed to us. She was like ghostwriter. And I wrote Aww. to Kim to see if she wanted to come back tonight, and she wrote a blank email to me, which was somehow fitting. Um, so, so we don't, we, we don't know exactly um, what happened. I'm not going to lie, that's funny. But we, we've, we've that's had... Just- Miracle. We've had many different hosts here. We've had Meg, who had to leave us suddenly. We've had Mike, who had to leave us suddenly. Uh, we had Chi, who had to leave us suddenly, but she'll be back at 10. She, she came back to the fold. She, like, drove angrily into the woods and then came back. <laughs> the Ron of Potterfake Weekly. I'm going to call Chi in a little bit. Aaron, did you just control. compare Chi to Ron? I said she was the Ron of Potterfake Weekly. She was. She left. No, here's what am I of Potterfake Weekly? Oh, my God, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. You, you have to tell everybody who they are. If she's You're the Ron friend dresser of Potterfake Weekly. Oh, Mr. Sheffield! Ryan, stop that! Stop it now! Stop oh, Mr. Calling Sheffield, not get off right now! Just say something else! Call me something else! I don't even know what a merchant marine does. <laughs> I know, that's Do you look it up? You suck at it. <laughs> oh, I forgot. It's a, they're located, go visit their corporate offices at 300 Steamboat Way. Alright, now let me just finish the damn thought. So we've had, you know, she, and that's exactly what she did. She needed to take a breather. She walked down the street for a minute like Ron. She came back. We put the invisibility shield up. She couldn't find her way back for a few months. So even though we've had many people come and go, we've had the revolving door and we've had new people come in and, and you know Aaron's gone to you know a, a noisier keyboard everything's happened but the, <laughs> but the good and the most 
sensitive microphone mic. ever. <laughs> <laughs> he has a bowel movement. We have to pause the recording. See, the, the thing is, you don't realize I have to record from three rooms over so that you don't hear my heart beating. <laughs> exactly. But the good thing is, even though some people have come and gone, it's really like a family. Because, like, seriously, think about this conversation. I still love Rinna after this conversation, which is incredible. So that will show you that even though some people have gone, we really enjoyed them while they were here, and they really added a lot to it. Now we can talk about Rebuilding Life by Keza Bear. I like that. <laughs> Yay! Yay! You know what I should really do is read that fic. Yes, yes you should. <laughs> that, that would be helpful, yeah. I, was a very, very tough and snarky critic, enjoyed it. For a first uh, fic, that is very impressive. It's very impressive. Thinking of that as in terms of that is the first fic you wrote. It's a giant epic, and it's very impressive. Good. Now, yeah. I have one question. Did you edit it at all? The version on SIYE has not been edited. No, I mean, when you write, do you edit? While you wrote it, you didn't just no, write yes. it all in the damn box like that. Insulting, pompous fool. Oh, oh I don't edit at all. He had a magnificent accent, though, you what? must admit. Oh. lying ass. lying leprechaun. Can anybody think of a better first um, fic than Keza's? Well, you mean last Maybe. fic? No, Keza's written other stuff since then. I mean, somebody oh, no. who was their, it's their first fan fiction. Someone who genuinely wrote the thing? Um, no, I actually can't. Uh, it was the perfect fic for me at the perfect time. And, like, we can, you know, kid around, like, you know, were there words in the first 12 chapters we didn't want? The thing I respected about Keza was every time we're like, we didn't like this in Chapter 6. She's like, oh, I hated that in Chapter 6. Oh. Well, don't so, even try to do so, accent, Ryan. Ryan. That was more like <laughs> pirate dude, wasn't it? <laughs> that was terrible. That was terrible. And you're mocking my accent. Right before this happened, I was listening to the, to the beginning of the Master Fic episode, uh-huh. and about seven minutes in, <laughs> you were just like, Feel better before talking to my boy. <laughs> I remember that. I oh, what word with the most ridiculous I, accent I've ever I did exactly heard. three lines, and my exact response after that was, excuse me, I'm switching back to Bostonian. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, that was hilarious. I really... Yeah. I can do a passable Boston accent, but uh-huh. Ryan, you can't do any accent but your own. I can't. It's That's true. true. That was the only thing in the 137 episodes everyone agreed on simultaneously. Ryan cannot do accents. <laughs> Usually this one guy. No. You probably could if you had like practice are. for however long to actually train for that or whatever. Give me my Australian accent. That? That's like Southern Bell or something. Yeah, yeah that kind of no, no, no. My Southern accent sounds like oh, this. God, it sounds like Fran Drescher <laughs> doing a Southern movie. <laughs> when better. I was in Still Magnolias, I had to have like a, a, a old Southern accent, and that was tough because I can talk redneck real good, but I had to talk Red like names. I had to like talk Scarlett like O'Hara. Yes, Dawn. What things you like see is what you get. You know that kind of thing. I had to say I swanee a lot because wow. Southern women at that age don't swear; they swanee. Oh, I'm glad you clarified because I was about to say I don't know what that means. Keza, rebuilding life. I'm sorry, right, Keza. Right. I'm drunk and distracted. <laughs> I am. I am not Wait. a good person to have on this, but and I would just say, well, here, just let me hang up the phone. But this is like our last hurrah, and I didn't realize that we were going to be doing any fic discussion. Had I realized that, I probably would not have started drinking at 3 o'clock this afternoon. Yeah, had I known that, I maybe would have read the damn fic. <laughs> well, 
Ryan is trying to combine functions here. This is the rap party, the author interview, the big send off until is, next it's season. Many, it's many different things. It's, it's basically the. It's not like it's our funeral. It's because it's the podcast equivalent of the tarp. We're going to the big podcast. Whatever you want to use it for, we'll use it for. I respect the fact that you got tarp funding into that. that was thank so, you. Thank so, you. I've never seen that. Oh, All right, yeah. I need more coffee. Jethro, I'll interview Keza. So Lady Keza. Lady asked in our chat, did you set out to write an epic, or did you have delusions of a nice 25-chapter novel? Yes, stealing Chi's question. Jethro, that was a marvelous question. I gave her credit. Ad. By the way, can we call Chi? I miss her. I want her back in my life. <laughs> Ryan went to get coffee, so not at ah, this science, damn it. <laughs> well, I just, you know, I had to get coffee right when I wanted so, to call Chi. Did you Keza. say science, damn it? I did. Did you see that episode of South Park? Of course I saw that episode of South Park. Are you kidding me? That's one of my all-time favorites. I don't think I've ever actually seen an episode of South Park. Oh. No, no, that's a terrible, terrible thing. You need to start with uh, episode 504, The the Best Friends. Mm. Or you can start with In Rebuilding Life by Keza Bear, which is the fic that we're talking about right now. Keza, please oh tell gosh, us. Stop what, imitating that's a bad my accent. What was your favorite part of You are mocking my accent. And you're mocking my accent. Keza, I'll have you know while you were gone, Ryan turned to mocking my accent, so Maryland. No, I was here for that. Oh, Keza, what was your favorite part of writing the fic? What was your favorite part of writing the fic? Part of writing the fic. What was your favorite part? Was it was it the the um, Do you outline or do you just make it up as you go along? One question at a time. Keza, do not be right up. Do not spoil me on your fic. Keza, who's your favorite commenter? Sorry! Gosh! Would you let me answer a question? (laughs) You want questions? We gave you questions and now you don't want to answer them. (laughs) Seriously, what is up with this? This is like Obama promising a clear and open process, and you can look on the internet to see where your money's being spent, and the website won't be up for like two years. Stop insulting we my president. We are not president. talking about politics. I'm insulting my president, too. I was just He's more mine than yours. You don't like him, up. so I want all of them. <laughs> I want death roll share of the president. <laughs> I'll split that with you. That that sounds like that sounds good. So questions, like you, yeah. Shut up. <laughs> Do you outline, Keza? Yes, Pierce. What is good, your question? I also I outline also. No, I haven't answered the what? question. What? I don't know what the question is. The question was. <laughs> You outline, or do you just write whatever you think? Well, I've written other stuff since then, and for the most part, rebuilding life was outlined a bit at a time because, as Chi was asking on the Skype chat, did I set out to write an epic? No, definitely not. But then it sort of got to a point, and I'm like, oh, well, this could happen next. And so I would then outline the next few chapters. So that was outlined a bit at a time, and it ended up at 51 chapters. And I went, holy crap, let's stop now. There's nothing else to say. Which I think it should have been 52 chapters, but we'll get to that in a second. I have a two-part question, if I may. Part one, did okay, you know Mike. who the bad guy was? You sound like be? Mike. Is I that, agree. Is that bad? Yes. Okay. Apparently so. Well, let's just, let me just do the exact well, same thing. would always be like, I have a two-part question, here's part one. No, here's be, part two. Be a two Here's part, part three. No, he would be a two-part question, and then he would 
say, you know, after over time, it would be a seven-part question. Mine's actually just... Each part and the first part question would be, what are your thoughts on milking cows? It's the Stackhouse filibuster <laughs> over again. Okay, question one. Did you know who the, the villain was when you wrote it? Or at the end, did you say, okay, I have Thistle Whistle, Crockpot, and Cat in the Hat, <laughs> and just pick one and go with it? Or how, how did that work? I knew who it was. I made up the characters because I realised, oh, we need at least three new professors to work Hogwarts. I made up the characters on you knew it was going to be one of them. I'd had them around for maybe two or three chapters before I finally decided it was never going to be Cat in the Hat. It was never going to be him. I was deciding between Crockpot and Thistle Whistle. And I, <laughs> I love I, that she's the author <laughs> and it's stuck. I'm also a Puffwainian, so you know, i got to go with what I know. It was always between those two, and it took me a couple of chapters to decide definitively which one it was, but it was never going to be Cat in the Hat. Did um, you have I had a second part of my question still going. <laughs> Mine was related to the the, the professors Quiet, here. You. Let Ryan speak. Yeah. <laughs> no, Ryan monologues too much. It's a, it's a one simple question. My question for you is: You're officially an Order of the Merlin recipient. You're a Puffwainian author. You're right up there with the, you know, Melinda and she and everyone else who's had their. Death I'm the damn headmistress. You're the damn headmistress. Now, what does it feel like to get ready for your author interview, knowing that for the first time in in Puffwa history, I've encouraged everyone to come trashed out of their minds? How do you feel? <laughs> I'm completely. I love you, This is how it goes. I, I don't really. Is anyone medicated? No, I could be. Nope. I could put. I'm I completely some... sober and unmedicated. Aaron, what was that? I could take some. I didn't say any. Oh, damn it! You're talking like. to the other one. <laughs> I why do I, I hear pills being shuffled? May I ask? Aaron's like, "What do you need? Aaron, I got everything." Where did you buy your microphone? Is NASA having a sale? <laughs> <laughs> Was that to me or to him? <laughs> it was to him. <laughs> I'm so confused. Okay, listen, girl Aaron, if we mean you, we'll say Rena. Or we'll say Rena, thank you. Well, or yes, we'll call I know you that. Girl Aaron. Or you Julie, can get Keza to say it because Keza has an accent that differentiates between Aaron and Aaron. That's yes. true. Aaron yes. and Aaron. Aaron is Aaron and Aaron is you Aaron. You people are just it's saying Aaron, 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 thank Aaron. You, Aaron. It's Aaron. Aaron and Erin. Uh-huh. They're very yeah. different words. How about this? It's Aaron and Rinna. But we have some members who are transcribing easier. episodes who can't tell the difference between me and Lady G. <laughs> it's Gen 1, by the way, could not join us this evening. She's in surgery. Oh, dear. Is she okay? Yeah, I think they're jabbing the back of her neck with the needles again. She'll be fine. She has weak fluid. I keep getting spam for boner pills. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you need to enlarge your penis? Apparently Skype thinks I do. Brenda, I have a question. You no, 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 that's not s- about enlarging. That's about making sure you can get it up. Boys and girls, there's a thing called erectile dysfunction. Oh, my God. Yeah, but there's also a thing called vitrificus totalis. Yes, it, it's, 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 it's deployed. There's a difference. Brenda, you- so I, guess, I guess for Rena it doesn't matter. Rena, you seem like you're sobering up. Is that correct? No, I just got a whole new picture. <laughs> what are you drinking, if you don't mind my asking? Well, I had some strawberry sorbet, and I put it in a blender with a banana and some vodka and blended it all up, and it was quite yummy. Well, that sounds I very good. I sent someone to the store to buy me more, <laughs> more 
Um, booze? No, I can't get booze here. I'm in a dry county. Aaron, who are you writing a letter to if you don't mind? <laughs> that's you, Ryan. Turn around. Of course, I, I, that's, that's the only person I correspond with is Fuck Ryan. Off. Love Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> love Ryan. Ryan. Not writing a love letter to Robert. Or... Turn around. <laughs> <laughs> Just give everybody a significant glance and pretend this didn't happen. They performed what? "Little Eclipse of the Heart" on Glee. Turn around. Every now and then I get a little bit lonely, and you're never coming round. Can we get Robert and Aaron to do a duet of Total Eclipse of the Heart? I think we could. Is Robert available? I could do it. We could, we could try that. Let's see. Is like Robert for available? For our finale, can you guys, like, make that happen? Who was that? Was that yes, you? As long as that, was that was Julia. I love it's your last episode and you're still trying to meet the new people. <laughs> I'm not new. I'm just here since episode one. Ryan, you never asked part two. Part two is yes, how you did. feel having the drunk interview. And the answer is, I expected it. I'm like Joe Biden. It's the only time in my life I own monologue, and everyone's like, did he ask his question? <laughs> He's succinct. What was your question, Deathrow? You had one. Basically, with writing so many OC professors, did you have trouble distinguishing between them, making sure they're, they were their own individual characters? Because after having read any the whole story and taking a week off to reflect on it, they were really pretty much interchangeable. I mean, there were a few differences, but I had trouble at times remembering who was teaching what class. Oh, I actually didn't think so. I actually was just thinking I... to myself, they were so... They were almost stereotypical. That I... I was going to say, they were stereotypes. I didn't put a lot of effort into the OC professors. Someone asked earlier, and I never got a chance to answer about what's my favourite part or something. I think my favourite part is actually Bert and Jonathan. They're my yeah, OCs. And because I, while I do like the Australia chapters, I think that I could have written them a lot better, but I was writing them at the start of my writing journey. But I am quite proud of those two characters that I made up because I think they're very distinctive and they're new and the professor. I deliberately didn't make them all that different. I didn't make them particularly original. They're original characters only in the sense that Gentle and I made their names up. Mm-hmm. But they're very I wish serious. You consulted me when you needed naming. I could have helped. They're all sort of <laughs> analogues of previous professors, at least in yes. some ways. I mean, this yeah. way. There's this a, way reminds there's a, a lot quirrel, of there's a almost quirrel. Snape, there's an almost Umbridge, you know. Yeah. Crockpot is is a bit of Umbridge. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> and no, let me tell you, her name is Crockwell because Dental and I were going, we need a nice name that, you know, she sounds like, a, you know, the motherly, you know, person and she's she's supposed to present that image but really she's going to be a bit umbrage underneath and so we came up with Crockwell because it's like you make you think of Betty Crocker and, you know, cakes and stuff and mum's got a frilly apron on in the kitchen sort of thing. So that's where her name came from. But she's basically a stereotype. On the surface, she's, you know, the nice mother figure but she's actually a bit of umbrage. Thistleweight is supposed to remind you of Quirrell, but you know he, that's sort of what he was drawn as, but he's really, like, not, obviously. He seemed like the raging Star Trek fan who wanted to get Harry's <laughs> yes. autograph. Well, he was. He's the president of the Harry Potter fan club. It's not that that was so, funny. It's just that I clicked on the link. Simultaneously. So, <laughs> Sorry, just Ryan. a coincidence, Ryan. Just a coincidence. Like, I actually looked at myself. That can't be right. And I looked. I'm like, oh, something funny happened at the exact moment I said that. And then Professor Fish was pretty much Snape With taking cut, parts of Snape. And just, it, so really, I made a, bits of them 
individualistic. I mean, like, what kind of freaking professor has a cat on their head? I did that just because it amused the hell out of me. I thought you were going to do it because it would annoy me. Like, why is that cat on his head? I just thought, what could be the stupidest thing for this guy to wear on his head for a hat? And I went, oh, a cat. <laughs> that sounds like fun. And it just went from there. <laughs> just, but they, they're supposed to be stereotypes. Well, just remember. Um, but I, have... I didn't find them difficult to differentiate. I always knew who they were, what they were doing, and what they were teaching. I did, but that's probably because I made them up. But they were always meant to be stereotypes. I didn't put a lot of effort into those OCs. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was just me and my reading of it, but I felt they didn't get you know as much face time as they would have if they were meant to really be remembered. Yeah, they weren't really meant to be memorable it, because the f- story was focusing on Harry and the fact that Harry was so looking in on himself. What's the word I'm looking for? Introspective. Yeah, introspective. He was just so introspective and he mm-hmm. and so he didn't really notice those characters because they didn't... Yeah, no, I, I, I get the writing aspect of it and I agree. I'm just saying from a reader's yeah. perspective, it presents difficulty because there's three of them. So Harry was completely blindsided at the end. He's like, what the hell is oh, yeah. going on? You, someone's actually trying to kill me? Ron, I think you're delusional. And Ron's like, no, Harry. The I thing, think yeah. And he's blindsided who it was, why they were doing it. And he's like, what the hell do they want to do that for? Because he spent the whole year looking at his, you know, yeah. navel. You know, well, the thing I... Or Ginny's table. The thing I liked about the whole thing was you have all of these new teachers in the background, and they're all kind of one-dimensional because they all kind of do their own thing. And Harry is so far removed from the fact that he's in danger because he's focusing on all the character stuff that literally, like, the entire danger plot line was happening behind the scenes. Like, I love the part where Harry's like, I don't understand what's going on because it just seems so ridiculous and far removed. I actually would have even <laughs> liked it if in the hostel when Harry woke up, he's like, and, you know, he got to the end of the hero's journey and, and they're like, oh, by the way, there was a death either in the school this whole time and wanted to kill you. You'll never believe what happened. And it's like the what? side story that he didn't see anything about just because, you know, the, he's not focusing on it at all and it was so far removed. Like, I was waiting, like, in the very last scene for, like, Crockwell to come at him with, like, a pod in her hand and, like, she tripped down the stairs. Is someone sweeping <laughs> something by chance? Somebody what? Aaron, your, your breathing sounded like you were brushing like a broom across the floor. Oh, goodness. I love you, Mike. All right. Yeah, we should really you do it. Really Mike? Yeah. I am a new one. No, I'm not calling Mike. I'm not... No, he said he loves Aaron's Mike. Did we lose oh. Rena? Uh, there we go. I think we may have. We did. Oh, Rena no. keeps saying hello. Yeah. But she's Part not of here. what? <laughs> she's not in the call. The think... question is, has Rena noticed yet? No, she's still trying oh, to. Oh, yeah, she did. Uh... Hey, Ryan, remember <laughs> that time when Kismet bought me a new mic and you almost made out with her even though she was in Kansas and you were in Massachusetts? I do. That oh, was... you must have big lips. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Rena, thank God we got wow. you back in time. What? Thank God. <laughs> Best line ever. <laughs> wow. I want to hear a good, a good entrance line in 106. I talk about why I don't like Slash. I think Keza was laughing for like five minutes. Oh, I think I remember. Oh, I love that line. Just go along, being a wizard. <laughs> and then they oh, wake God. up in the morning and the smack line. themselves in the forehead and say, You know what I've been missing all my life? A penis at my butt. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Awesome. We find a third thing that we agreed upon. That is still funny. I really wish almost now that we weren't retiring and we were doing a season four because I could seriously make that into an intro line. This is Rena. You know what I've been missing all my life? A penis up my butt. (laughs) That's how rumors get started. 
Can we actually try and get Robert in here to sing with Aaron before? Because Aaron, will you have like one minute left? I'm leaving in about fifteen minutes. About fifteen. All right. Let's see if we can get Robert in let's here. Get... Is Robert like online now? Does he know? Like we're calling him. He's online before. I don't know if he knows what's going let's on. Let's get his ass in here, Robert. You guys could come and have reunion episodes, and you can make an intro for them. Dad is so nice. It's nice. He grandpa over. <laughs> you can play with the old stuff. No, seriously, you're all invited to guest host whenever something comes up that you're interested in. Thank you. Thank you. Death was like, I've been a host for a day. I would like that. Lady Chi. Hello, hello. Hello. Hi, can you guys hear me? Yes, 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 yes we can. Fantastic! Lady Chi, do you watch Lost? <laughs> oh my god, give it a fucking laugh! I don't want to! Do I watch Lost? Yes. Is that the question? That is the question. Um, the, no, answer the answer is, no. the answer I've no. watched the first season, right. and then I watched the premiere of the second season, and I found it profoundly stupid, and I haven't watched the rest right, of it. Is that okay? Rhea, right, yes, it's fine. So very upset. Rina spoiled the middle of the last season on him. And he, That's he... actually not fair. There's three episodes left. Poor Ryan. Oh, well. That's all right. Rina, how's the drinking going? Apparently, I'm confused. What, what, We're talking what... about you spoiling Lost. Okay. I'll give you I'm a minute sorry. to digest the shock. I'm sorry that I told you that somebody died, okay? I'm sorry. I yes. forgive you. Do you want a hug? Yes. Come here. Come here. So let's play Truth and Dare with Rennick. <laughs> My question is, how many people on this call are drunk at this moment? Me. Not me. <laughs> well, you're never drunk, Keza. I am completely sober. Can I just tell you one thing which amuses me very greatly? Can I just make a general observation here? <laughs> we just had Rina on the podcast saying she doesn't like it when the characters get drunk because it's a bad message to send to young people. I never said that. <laughs> yes, you did. I put on tape. What? Oh, thank God. Okay. No, it's fine. I'm here. Thank God. Nobody panic. I'm here. That was the funniest thing Mike ever said. (laughs) P.S. What episode was that? I need to have some kind of encyclopedic brain. I don't know what you think I am, but I'm not a computer machine. Everyone's either grumpy or drunk. This is a very weird rap. I'm not grumpy. I'm fine. Drinking, but I am not. I'm drunk. not grumpy. You sound yeah, grumpy drinking. when you're We're saying grumpy. you're not. Well, Aaron's grumpy because I keep telling him he's typing and breathing too loud. I'm just saying, Deathrow seems to think that I know all these things. I don't remember what episode it was. I think it might have been um, the one with Harry and Hermione. That one, I didn't like that one. The one Does anyone else have any questions for Kaza? <laughs> Kaza, do you have anything yeah. you'd like to say about our coverage? Who is your favorite question. host for all the episodes, and why? <laughs> Very loaded question. I have, a, I have a better question. Who is your favorite? Uh, Who's your least uh, favorite commenter on, on Syye Tesa? You can tell us the truth. <laughs> uh, I, I have to tell you. I bet story. it's I not that guy you showed me that time. No, it's not. Um, I'm not a huge fan of that guy you showed me because he has what I consider to be fairly ridiculous problems with 
certain plot lines. But I'd have to say on SIYE, a few people like started off on the fic and then didn't finish it. And not that many went through from start to finish, like went on the whole journey with me. But one person who did and who I had a real fangirl moment with was Melinda Leo reviewed in... I don't know, about chapter eight or something. And I just about like fell over and died because she'd reviewed my fic. And I think <laughs> she's one of the few people that started reading when I started writing it and read through all the way and who I was still in contact with by the end of the fic. A lot of the reviewers may have finished reading it, but they stopped reviewing and stuff. Yeah, she's always very good about doing that. You had someone come forward. I remember when you were somewhere in like the mid 40s or something you weren't sure how the fic was going to end and sent you a message saying they had a terminal disease and they wanted to know oh yes i was at about chapter maybe 46 43 uh, uh, no it was it 49 i think it may have even been 49 48 49 49 you were stuck on for a long time sent me a message you've got to finish your fic because I have terminal cancer and I don't know how long I have and I've oh never God. heard from them again. So I really hope that I, I managed to finish the fic before they, you know, moved on to the next great adventure because I don't know if they knew how it ended. The thing that you <laughs> felt that awful was about was you didn't know how it ended. So you didn't I couldn't even tell them at the time. I was like, I, I don't quite know how I'm going to end this because I had a few options in my outline going should I end it like this should I end it like this where am I going to end it because that was a big thing for me I didn't know when to stop writing at yeah. one point I'm like I don't know how it's going to end because I don't know when to stop well as I said to you I talked to you earlier this week I would have loved it to have ended um, with the kids actually leaving Hogwarts like maybe taking the boats back across the lake and I would well, have loved ending with a boat with a boat not? and the boat capsized <laughs> and, the and I also and I did yeah. say at the time that perhaps by the time these all get edited if you're not going to let me edit any of them, I have a year. I might be able to write a one-shot commemoration <laughs> <laughs> of the release of the last book one. It's the next thing. Exactly. You could do that. And I wanted something with McGonagall leaving because, you know, like it's her last yeah. year. She's retiring. She's leaving with them. It's, it's a clean what? start. Was that, was what? That Ryan, question. What? Did you just spoil me, you bastard? No, it's not a spoiler. No, it's not a Ryan. No, stop. It happens in the canon. Shut up. No, um, what's her name? It's not a spoiler. What's her name? Um, J.K. Rowling, she said it. Beginning. What's her name? (laughs) When Harry goes back to Hogwarts, which, by the way, is also another thing I would probably not do again, even though I'm glad I wrote this. I read something wrong. It was Leaky had the chat up wrong. You know the chat that Bloomsbury set up and you could type your questions to J.K. Rowling and she answered them about, you know, and they'd put it up in reverse order and I misread it and I thought she said Harry went back to Hogwarts and he he didn't. Yeah, (laughs) that's what happened. So I'm glad that I wrote him going back to Hogwarts, but I think on reflection it makes more sense for him not to have, but I like what I wrote. Anyway, anyway, so, and he goes back to Hogwarts and McGonagall tells him right then and there that she's going to be retiring at the end of the year. So it's not a spoiler. She and tells him at the start. And JKR kind of says the JKR same thing too. said that she, she's retired, but they needed someone to do it that first year after the war and she was the only person there. But Harry says at one point how she's looking really old, you know. <laughs> it's not, Dumbledore's not the one looking older than she's, he's ever looked. She's got the walker. 
<laughs> Isn't it funny how in fix like Dumbledore, like all of a sudden, always they're like suddenly Harry realized for the first time how old Dumbledore was, and you're like, <laughs> Dumbledore's gonna no, die. I did that <laughs> like, <laughs> like, six chapters later. So, like that guy is gonna. No, I did that. I actually did that once. I did that with my father, and I did that with my grandmothers. I was like sitting in the room one day, looking at them all, and like in my head, you like freeze them at a certain age, and you forget that they age. Like the last time I aged my grandmother in my head, she was like sixteen. I looked over, I'm like, you're like 82. <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> I looked at my father, I'm like, you're kind of hunched over, that's new. And I'm like, holy crap, time flies. Like, I, I just think it's a little more pronounced when Dumbledore actually has a walker with tennis wheels in the front, though. That's usually a bad thing. <laughs> I'm sorry, so I'm just trying to picture that. that. moment where somebody says, oh, Dumbledore looks older than he'd ever seen him, and then he survives. And lives for like 50 more years. You know what you need? You need the one sentence with all the triggers. Harry looked at Dumbledore, who looked older than he had ever looked before. He drew his lips into a line and sniffed. Well, the thing I loved about your fit, because it was everyone kept sniffing throughout the thing, like Hermione sniffing, McGonagall <laughs> sniffing, Gilbert and Sullivan are sniffing, Harry sniffing, Ron sniffing, and, I'm, and I sent a message to someone. I'm like, I think they're all, like, snorting crack cocaine. Like, it's, like, very strange. There's a lot of sniffing going on. In, in no, that's from my mother, who's very British, who, if she disapproves of something, goes... <laughs> she gives this little funny face, and she rolls her eyes, and she sniffs. Like, it's just the worst thing in the world. I swear, British people must sniff. Oh, it's just my mother. Maybe I think all British people are like my mother. I don't know. <laughs> the inclement weather, they all have head colds. All right, so, um, Aaron, did you want to stick around, or are you going to take off? No, no, I really do need to leave, but uh, good times, everybody. Good times. Because I love your fix. Good times. It's, it's great. And Aaron, congratulations on staying awake. Thank Congratulations. <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel bad. Like Aaron's the guy who can't catch a break during the latter half of season three. His, his mic is too sensitive. His sleeping habits are too pronounced. Mm. Yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> He's so pissed. <laughs> Look how pissed he is. He's so pissed. <sighs> yeah. Oh, All right. Well, yeah. <laughs> Peace. What? Aaron, you say that. Aaron, we can't leave like this. We can't leave. <laughs> like no, no, Aaron, we love you. We really don't think you're gay, and we're not going to be quoting you for being a stupid. <laughs> Was there ever any question of Aaron being gay? You Why really was that even a topic to the, of conversation? You know, I feel as though I've missed something listen over the last the podcast, 40 episodes we were... that I can't quite get back. <laughs> Here's the story, and this is going to be slightly drunken Julia style. So, a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away... <laughs> Mike, therefore, assumed that Aaron and Mike are together and living together, which is how Aaron would know that Robert would be home at a certain time, because obviously they're gay boyfriends. Because there's no other way I could know that information, such as if we had just exchanged text so messages. So they explain to Mike Guess that what? they I know that you're all, each and every one of you is home right now, but does this make me someone like that? The problem then became... Someone like that! <laughs> yes, we're living with every single one of us. I don't know how you manage it, but there you go. Yes, you know, you have a unicorn. <laughs> unicorn. This is crazy. Yeah, oh my god, I love you guys. I love you, man! <laughs>
Aww. Thank you, man. Let's pull Scott onto the call here. Oh, that'll be good. Is Scott not here? Is it? Yeah. Scott, you we get Scott on Hold the on. call. Hold on. Scott's been here all that. Scott? <laughs> yes. I, I thought you were like... here. I thought you got <laughs> yeah. kicked off. Ryan, are you but drunk? That, hey. But that, hey, he's the only one here except for Keza, who's not. It's Keza I don't think I am the only person not drunk. Rena? I'm not drunk either. Rena is definitely water. Rena is so definitely drunk. Well, I finished off the tequila. I had to switch over to rum. Oh, I'm so working <laughs> on my that? Spear off, but I really need to stop soon. You have to teach in the morning, Julia. Yep. That'll be fun. You could walk yeah. into class and be like, students, today we're going to talk about the grammar of hangovers. <laughs> Scott. <laughs> I, want you to write, I want you to write me three compound sentences with uh, common hangover remedies. Scott, can you hear me? You know what would be yes, awesome I can, Ryan. Cat would like to join the discussion. Is there a chance she's drunk? I don't know. Let's find she just got Kat? done I'm with so her confused. finals. So. Lassie. Oh, she's definitely drunk. Oh, she was drunk during the, the last parent cast. Let's get her in here. So... You yes. know what would be awesome, Chi? If I came in tomorrow, it would be like such great situational irony because like who expects your teacher to be hungover? And the best part about that would be tomorrow's lesson is situational irony. That's oh. kind of funny. Cat, welcome yep. to Puffwa. Who's Cat? Cat, Lassie, my Lassie, dear. Lassie? Lassie. I don't want to call okay. you Lassie. I feel like I'm talking to the family dog. Cat, are you here? I don't think she's here. She's not on my magical wall of... No, she's right here. Cat? Magic. Your magical wall of magic? It shows her yes. on the call, but she's completely silenced. Like, I have this magical wall that has everybody's picture on it. See? I have one here, too. Oh, hey, yeah. Sorry, I was watching Doctor Who and my headphones were off. I figured this one. Cat, Cat, we just have one question for you. Apparently, you're forgetting. Number one, are you over the age of 21? Yes. Okay. Number two, are you by chance inebriated? Not currently at the time. I just got home from finals. Okay. Well, you're in the the minority here. Allow me to introduce you to some people. Rena? Hey. Yes. Rena, you're you're, you're a little far away, dear. Yes. Okay. Rena is a little angry right now because Rena has been drinking for seven hours. You said three o'clock in the afternoon. It's ten o'clock at night. No, wait. You're in the. You're in Central. It's been eight hours. Six hours. Six hours. I went the wrong way. Six hours. I can't do math. Oh, you're like J.K. Rowling. You can't open a door. Ooh, well played, sir. Well played. You know what? You know why some of us are authors, death roll? Because we can't do math, okay? We went to school, and we went to English class, and we found that we were kind of sort of good at that, and then we went to math, and somebody said one and one equals two, and I went, you know what? It's just so not worth my time. And so well, I that, decided to become an author. Because That's fine. I have absolutely no sympathy for you, because I am both an author and a scientist. So, well, you suck. As, by the way, am I. <laughs> I, I am an oh, English teacher, go. and therefore I offer you a l'chaim. Keza, how Keza. is that English? Keza. Yes, Ryan. You have a Puffwa story, do you not? Um, oh, your Puffwa story, Possibly. Dear Which Puffwa story to, are you referring? How's your Fender? Oh, all of them. Oh, okay, so... I'm a teacher, right? Check it out. I'm an actual teacher. I have registration. I even have a job. I go to work and they pay me money to teach the little children maths. I don't know why they pay me money to do that since I suck at it, but I try. Anyway, I can make patterns with red, yellow, and blue blocks, and that is all you need for a five-year-old. So things are going well. So I'm going to work, and 
I'm driving home from work and I'm in the 80k zone. I don't know how many miles that is, so just, you know, look it up on Google. 80k zone is pretty fast. Anyway, I'm driving along, driving along, driving along. Friday night and I'm coming home from two weeks worth of work and I'm thinking this is really good, this is excellent, things are going well. Then I hear a siren. There is an ambulance. I don't know where the ambulance is. I'm thinking, hmm, ambulance, I must slow down. And I'm coming up to an intersection. Therefore, I will stop while I ascertain where is the ambulance and will it hit me if I keep going? Seems reasonable. I must give way to the ambulance. This is law. This is a road rule. I will do this. So, so I slow are. down from my very fast 80 k's an hour and I slow down and slow down. I don't know where the ambulance is. I will stop. I stop at the intersection. I see the ambulance go by me and then someone rams up the back of me and I go, oh, crap. <laughs> These people do not know the rules. They have not stopped for the ambulance. Unfortunately, I was in their way. The next thing I know, the guy behind them has also failed to give way to the ambulance and failed to see that I have stopped and have rammed into them and rammed in the back of me. And so then I'm like, holy crap. I'm in the middle of the intersection now. So I drive over the intersection thinking I must get out of the intersection. Good. My car still goes. I get out the car and I'm thinking, why are they still at the other end? I'm going to walk because they're still at the intersection. Anyway, they drive down and I say, are you okay? I'm really sorry. And she's like, what were you doing? Stop at the green light. And I'm like, because there was an ambulance. And she never asked me if I was okay. She did not care about me. She hit me. And so now I've got a busted back bumper. We took it to the assessor and apparently there's a lot of damage. Yeah, we're going to get it fixed at the end of the month. But that is my puffer story. I got hit in the rear end. <laughs> I'll give it away. To a- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, we were oh, five dear. years old. Everyone ran out. What's your best pickup line? <laughs> my best pickup line? Yes. Oh, God, I see where this is going and I'm finding it very funny. I'm you, you sound it. All right. Guys, say you can tell we're all juvenile when Keza says, I got hit up around the rear, whatever the hell line was, and half of us go on mute laughing. Cause <laughs> people are just oh. I have to say, it never crossed my mind. Well, it didn't cross my mind until Bay put the idea in my head, and then she's like, I got hit in the rear end, and I lost it. I can't breathe. Spongebob Squarepants, and she memorizes her favorite episodes and repeats the dialogue, you know, just randomly wherever she is, and she's leaving daycare. My friend tells her daughter, say goodbye to everyone, tell them you'll see them soon, and she turns around into the entire class, all the teachers waves, see you next Tuesday! So sometimes it can just... Okay, no one got it the first time either, what the hell, where did you all get it? I understood it. is after my time. Oh, what was it? Spongebob is after your tongue? Yeah, Spongebob became popular when I was in high school, at which point I had stopped watching Spongebob. No, that's your your loss. What's up, Kizzo? Nothing. You have have nothing to say. I was going to say something and then don't listen to me. It's just going to end badly again. Oh, Kizzo, how could anything end badly after what we've just done? (laughs) How could anything end badly? 
Greta thinking of a penis up the butt and I'm stopping. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Rena, how are you doing after two hours, if I may ask? <laughs> this does not sound promising. Rena, is your microphone functioning? It's pretty sad when Keza is in Australia <laughs> and Keza sounds better than Yes. Yes? No, that was. Are you okay? Rena. That was Rena. Rena? Oh, well, Rena? Now, that makes it worse because she's closer to you. Oh, who am I? First, I was Jen, and then I'm Yes. So, <laughs> I, I, I'm Yes. You're not P.S. I'm P.S. I'm Daryl. Mike. You know what, Brenna? And I'm Billy Joe. (laughs) (laughs) That's my line. I was listening to it today. Well, the thing I love is that P.S. introduced herself as Fran. (laughs) I like the time she introduced herself as Ryan. (laughs) And welcome back to Firefuck Weekly. I'm Ryan. (laughs) Oh, crap. No, I'm not. And I'm Jen. (laughs) I'm Lee No, Mike. you are not. Mike. <laughs> We're all getting very angry in the last hour here. You know what it is? I have been perpetually pissed off since the start of this week. Oh, perpetually pissed off. See, Julia, you could talk about alliteration. I could talk about alliteration. Um, yeah. I've been I love perpetually pissed off since I read this Diana Galbadon or Galbadon. Oh, I've been like in a in a in a state all week, like just frustrated. Like, that is something relevant that we could talk about on Potterfic Weekly, since as we are a podcast dedicated to talking about fan fiction. There is a woman out there who I don't writes know what you're books talking for money, about, and I'm drunk. I will tell you. I will tell you. There's a woman out there who writes books for money. She writes big, fat, long books, and she puts lots of research and hard effort into it. And blah 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 blah. And she writes That's books, right. and she makes lots of money. And she, she has created a world. Are they good books many. or are they bad books? No, these are real books. These are the Outlander series. If anybody I knows what that is, yeah. Are they I good? I have enjoyed the books. I did find them to be quite good, well-researched, well-written, and so on and so forth. They are definitely better than Stephanie Meyer, for example, although that's not hard. However, they're better than Stephanie Meyer. I could do that drunk. I mean... So I'm just I'm just indicating that she's not Stephanie Meyer. She actually can write a story. So, yeah. And she has said that fan fiction is stealing. It's the lowest of the low, and it's it's akin to... What was it? She said, you know, it's like rape writing and porn about her daughter. And, yeah. Writing and yeah. kidnapping. It's like kidnapping children and that these people are lazy and illiterate and blah, 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 blah. That sort of thing. How'd that go um, over, if I may ask? It, it went over quite badly and she is backpedaling something shocking because she's going, you're lazy, you're stealing. And people have come along and said, um, excuse me, please. Most people do it because they, they love the world and they don't want it to end and I thought that was kind of fitting for Potterfic Weekly where the story never ends because that's why I started writing Rebuilding Life because Deathly Hallows finished J.K. Rowling wasn't going to write anymore and I'm one of those people that likes series and I get to the end of the book and I want it to keep going you know it's a good book if I want to find out what happens next 
and when it got to the end of canon i was like it's not over for me there's more to the story and if if you can't i want more of that and you know what just because you made up the world it doesn't mean that no one else has any ideas about it and i can respect an author doesn't want fan fiction written about their work but i think that I respect authors more who have that kind of creativity because the thing is people do that before the internet. It's just that now that we have the internet, we can put it out there and say, well, what do you think of this? I think what she's missing is that it's sort of this concept that once you release your work and you put it out into the ether, it's no longer yours. You know, like you have done all that you can do. So you own the intellectual copyright on that piece of work right? So nobody else can write stories based on that world and sell them and make money because it's your world, okay? But at the same time, you can't stop people from thinking and you can't stop people from engaging in a dialogue about your story. And that's what fan fiction is to me. Fan fiction is engaging in a dialogue. What's frustrating to me is that she's missing the point, I mean, how is yeah. writing fan fiction any different than writing an essay about Hermione? Say I'm going to write about how Hermione is an example of latent sexism in Harry Potter, which is a paper I've actually written, yeah. okay? And so, you know, I, I'm going to go and I'm going to research everything from the books, and I'm going to put a lot of effort into writing this essay about Hermione, who is not a character that I own. How is that any different than writing 5,000 words about Hermione and Ron shopping in Diagon Alley. Like, to me, it kind of boggles the mind. Yeah, like, even best-case scenario, look at everything J.K.R. spoke about in all the interviews after it ended. She spoke about how how would the kids leave Hogwarts. They would leave on the boats to complete the journey they started when they came there. But she never got to write that scene because the story didn't allow it. She said the McGonagall would eventually retire. She never got to write that scene because the story didn't allow it. We're about to, on the Pofo Exchange, cover my favorite series, Babylon 5. And there's a gap at the end where a lot of stuff happens off camera. And a lot of people, when they first watched the show, were kind of peeved because, like, all these plots got brought up and then you you jumped to after the conclusion and you never got to really see a lot of stuff resolved. And the, the author actually went out and he wrote all of the, or he had um, written for him all of these canon novels which completed the story. You don't get that a lot of the time. So in Joe's mind... All of these things happened, which we're just never going to get to see because she personally didn't have a vehicle for which to write it. So to say that she yeah. over here can't go and write what Joe may have exactly, you know, in her mind's eye pictured somehow denigrates the characters. You can make legal arguments or you know all these different types of arguments, but there's no way you can argue creatively that that is anything other than just completing even what she would have thought. She tried to make the legal argument that this is illegal, fan fiction is illegal, and it's not. it's really not i mean Uh, the precedent has been set like that's a big deal in legal world i guess i'm not a lawyer but i have a friend who's a copyright lawyer and she told me she said precedent is a big deal if they wanted to stop fan fiction they should have stopped it in the 60s with the star trek fanzines it's too late now Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying they could have because they were selling them now it's free they don't have a like standoff yeah, it falls exactly. into fair use. For this author's credit, we cover a lot of great fic on Pofoa, and even if it's not great, it's at least well written. There's a lot of fanfic out there that's like, you want to carve your eyes out because it's so bad well, grammatically. My experience has been when people go to celebrities and authors and they say, hey, have you heard about this thing called fanfiction? They're usually nutballs, and they're usually nutballs that, like, 
want to show the author what they've done and so it's usually like some crazy like ron and jenny run off and have sex and have babies <gasps> and that kind of stuff like that's the kind of fan fiction that hold on stop show. for a moment rena what they are your thoughts show. on that hold, hold on i want you to say her name again Chi, what is her name? Whose name? Ginny. Jenny. Jenny. Listening to 105, all and all I could hear was Jenny. Jenny. Yeah, yeah, that's her How name. How would you say Jean. say Jenny, Chi? Jenny. Say Jenny. Yeah, say Jenny. It sounds the same. Jenny. Jenny is her name. What's the drink Jean. that you drink with tonic? Jen. <laughs> it sounds the same. It sounds the same. She sounds okay to me. I have a drawl, y'all. Okay, do not make fun of the drawl. <laughs> I just have Anyone. one question. Anyone. I just have My one question. Name of somebody's is accent, because Keza gets mad when we make fun of hers. I just have one question, Rena. Do you have any thoughts on Ron Jenny <laughs> as a as a ship? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry? Hang on. <laughs> I believe the word was disgusting. You're eating ham. Hang on. You're eating ham? She's up. We're talking about she and her thing, not Ryan. And this woman who was wrong, wrong, wrong. On the internet. Which on the internet. Yeah. But yeah. what I was thinking was that, like, when people go to, like, David Tennant, and show him, like, fan fiction. It's never Doctor Who fan fiction they that's, like... They show him the porn and freak him out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They never show people the fics that are considered, like, the gold standard of fandom. They always show him, like, hot like for you, Draco Harry fic, you know? like Exactly. Where... There's a few post-Deathly Hallows fics out there that are effectively year eight, or what happens after the war, right? After Deathly Hallows. A lot of them got abandoned. Only a few of them are actually finished, and I know a lot of people prefer mine, but I'm like, well, I bet if people are going to go point out to J.K. Rowling, you know, some of this fan fiction that's post-Bethley Hello, that are reasonable, where things could actually happen, you know, they're going to point out the ones where Harry and Ginny get together, they pop out three kids, and then Harry remembers that he's gay and runs off with Draco Malfoy. You know, right? <laughs> and I right. don't think that that's the kind of thing that J.K. Rowling is going to think is is good. <laughs> Did someone you know, say Draco Malfoy? I'd like to point out you wouldn't even I just have to share this. I mentioned this on one of the podcasts. I reconnected with an old middle school friend of mine on Facebook. So I'm trying to. Like, she's asking me like what I do because like, I mentioned podcasting one night. She's like, explain that to me. I know nothing about this. So I'm like, all right, I need to explain both podcasting. And fan, and fiction. fan fiction. No, I asked her, like, you know, what type of, of series she liked. And she mentioned Harry Potter. She's like, oh, I love Harry Potter. She, and okay. she's like, I wish she would write more. I'm like, yeah, it's a shame. It just ended where it did. And, and then I'm like, well, you're, you're... You know what I've heard about? I'm like, you're I've never going to believe this. Remember when Harry broke up with Jenny and she's like, oh, I hated that. I'm like, yeah, me too. Well, here's the deal. I found this website where, where people actually wrote, you know, versions of the story, you know, right after where, where that got corrected. She's like, oh, do you have a link to that website? I'm like, oh, just hear me out for a second, all right? I went through the entire thing, and I explained to her, you know, I found, actually, there's people out there who write novel-length stories, and there's so many of them out there that you could start reading now and never finish. She's like, tell me, where is this website to this, you know, wondrous thing? This one website. This one website. the only website. I'm like, well, before I send you the link to their website, um, let me share one other thing with you. And I sent her the link to Perfect Weekly. So by then, she's like, oh, this is huge, huge. I actually sent her the episode 106 preview. And now she's totally like, like, whole world out there I knew nothing of. She's, she's Harry. 
going to die in alley. She actually has a three-year-old son, and she is the biggest klutz I've ever met in my life. I'm like, I'd like to introduce you to a friend of mine. Hello, I'm Jen. My name is Jen. You may no, have a long comment. Are you trying to rip a hole open in the universe? <laughs> <laughs> Everything is going great. Everything is going great so far. So I get her on, and they're talking about potty training, and they're talking, you can get your little boy's urinals. Now. It's this wonderful thing, and I'm, and I'm hearing about breastfeeding. It's wonderful. And then at one point, Jen makes the comment, Draco Leather Yum. And there's a pause on the line, and my friend is like, what? And she's like, Draco Leather, mm, yeah. And, and my friend's like, oh my god. <laughs> like, at, that, at that point, I knew we oh, had gone I, too far for the first night. I love that moment. I love that moment where you take one of the bad guy characters and think about them in a positive way, and the virgins out it, there who have never even contemplated the dark side. It was too much for or her first time. day. I tired her out. I'm like, okay, well, Did start. you just call somebody who's never read fan fiction a virgin? I believe I did. I believe you did, yes. Okay, sorry. I just well, had to laugh about well, that. Do you remember what it was like when you first discovered fan fiction? No. Uh, no. Like, I don't even remember being shocked by crazy stuff or anything. It just sort of always seemed natural to me. What's the Aussie trying to say in the back there? Let's make this part of the interview. Keza, tell us about how you first discovered Tell us about fiction. your first time. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, what is that? Um, <laughs> Mr. K, Keza, well, yeah, because he calls you Keza. Why are you watching? It wasn't him. Um, anyway, <laughs> I'm just trying to think my first fan fiction. Well, what happened was I had some surgery several years ago and I needed six six weeks of um, relative bed rest and I said to my sister Rosella who has been on Puffer, I said to her you know those Harry Potter things that you've been trying to get me to read for like the last five years, uh, can you send them over and I'll read them while I'm in the hospital and you know whatever. Thinking I may as well read them because she's been at me to read these books for years now so now I've got a block of time I can read them. So then she sent them over and I just read them up to Half-Blood Prince in like three days or something ridiculous just like that, boom. And I was like, oh, I can't believe I have to wait so long for book seven. I was just oh, annoyed. Oh, cry me a river. Sorry. And so, so I was talking to one of my friends on the internet through my parenting forum. And I said, don't you think Avada Kedavra sounds a bit like Abracadabra? And she's like, oh, hey, I never thought of that. And I said, let me look up if that's where she got it from. I will Google. So I Googled it, and I'm like, oh, there's a whole lexicon. Look at this. You know, this is the first time I've encountered Harry Potter on the internet. Um, and this sort of been maybe three years ago. How long have we been doing Puffer? Three, and three years. About three years ago. And it was the January before Deathly Hallows came out. So I had to wait six months. It was an agony, ag- absolute agony. And so I Googled it, and I came across the lexicon. <laughs> And I was like, you know I wonder if there is more. This is the world's tiniest violin playing My Heart Bleeds for You. How many years did you have to wait? I read The Aussie is still talking. She wrote the damn book. We can let her finish. So on my Google, underneath the lexicon was the Leaky Cauldron. And so I went there and go, oh, look, they have a whole heap of news and information and they have a forum. And I ended up on the forum arguing about Harry Ginny versus Harry Hermione. I'm like, you people who think Harry Hermione, you're delusional, just delusional, which of course led me to muggle net, but blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I was on the forum at the Leaky Cauldron and all of a sudden they started talking about fan fiction and Leaky doesn't allow fan fiction links and stuff like that. And so I went searching. They don't allow much of anything over there, do they? They have fan 
fiction on there. At the time, they were against fan fiction, not oh, yeah. a fan of fan fiction. And so I went searching for this elusive thing called fan fiction, and that is how I found SIYE. No, I think I found it on MuggleNet first because they have a fan fiction section on MuggleNet. And then someone had had to split a chapter into two because there's limits on the chapters at MuggleNet and they'd put it in a full chapter on SIYE. That's when I found SIYE, which is like the Harry Ginny haven. And it was all downhill from there. But I read the first, I think the first fanfic I read was by someone or other. I found Melinda Leo pretty soon after that. I found the seventh Horcrux. And then you found Puff White, and now you're in charge. And then as I was, I then I decided to write my own, put up an SIYE, and a, a Puffwanian actually sent me a message on SIYE and said, there's this thing called Puff White you might like to have a look at. And I went, okay, I'll Gee, go and have a look at it. It was a Gryffindor. It starts with an N, no. I can't remember oh, their name. Nature's <laughs> Nobility. Oh, that guy. No, it wasn't Nature's oh, Nobility. it wasn't Nature's Nobility. Hey. It was a guy. It was, it was the other guy. Nathaniel. No, it wasn't Nate. No, it wasn't Ed. No, Nader. 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 Uh, Ralph Nader. No, who was it? <laughs> no, it, was. No, it was a guy who started with a name, but it wasn't Nathaniel. He came after me. I think no. it was Ralph Nader. Was... Hold on. Was it Najam? Yes, Najam. He was reviewing and he said, you know what? I don't like what you did with Harry and George here in Chapter 8. I think it's a little bit too much. And then Melinda Lee gets on and goes, I love that. (laughs) You did that. I love the stress, the post-traumatic stress. So I found when I first started writing that there would be things that people would absolutely love and then other people would absolutely hate it. And so I think I learned just to write whatever I wanted to write and if you hate it you hate it a lot of people hated the ending they thought I made Harry a wuss who never fought but my point about that was that Harry had got to a point where he other people do things for him and that was the whole point of it so Harry might not have done a lot of fighting at the end but that's the point he had come to a point where he could let other people help him out well plus he was badly injured and had like a gushing head wound in his like arm (laughs) yeah but people got annoyed that I'd injured him at the beginning so that he couldn't, but I'm like, hello, you know, Percy was, Percy does stuff at the end and everybody wants to stand up for Harry and help him out and, and Harry finally lets him. And it's about the, the personal growth of everyone from Harry to Percy and everyone in between. That's the point. So. Well, I actually really like that about the character. Yeah, I don't think he went on this journey and he actually did learn something. He learned that he can rely on other people. Yeah, that's what I wanted to. Yeah, I got it. I liked it. Years later. (laughs) Eight years later. Rena, how are you? No, you get softer every time. (laughs) You know what? You sound like you're sleeping under the table. How are you all right? I'm not sleeping. I'm not under a table. I'm trying to be quiet because I did not expect to talk about anything um, of substance no, that, tonight. Well, on. we're trying not to I'm do too to much of that. Rena, what would you like to talk about? Well, I Rena. just thought we were going to shoot the shit about everything that's happened in Pufwa and Well, let's do that. Let's do that because we all have let's that. Do that. Let's do that. Let's, let's, let's shoot do that. the and shit about And I'm at the point Pufwa. now where I'm drunk enough where if Julia suggested playing Truth or Dare again, I might actually go for it. But Rena, who do you have a crush on? It, what? Who do you have a crush on? I'm all on? about talking about Pufwa. Can you all hear me, by the way? We can. I don't You're very loud. She, you were very loud, Chief. She, you were the voice of God. Turn it down. <laughs> <laughs> You, she, you are, you are my voice of God, Chi. Alright. She interrupted If God Rena, sounds Rena. like me, we are in so much trouble, okay. y'all. Before we shoot the Puffwanian shit, 
I would also like to know who Rena has a crush on, if there's any information available. I don't know that I have any crushes on anybody, because I don't know who anybody is. <laughs> celebrity crush, then. Let's Who's play a game. Let's crush? play a game. Someone yell out something to Rena. Let's see if Rena can guess who they are. Mike. Hi. Okay, I don't know who said the first thing, but I know the second thing was P.S., because she's the only one who's on a telephone, <laughs> and I could tell that it sounded different. <laughs> Actually, it First was Julia. Is Julia. I think. Yeah, I yeah. said Mike. Oh, okay. Someone else try. Hi. Um, I, I don't. I know, I know. P.S. talked again, but I don't know who else said anything. <laughs> is P.S. the only person here you recognize? What is my name? P.S. I I, I recognize yeah. P.S.'s name or not name, her <laughs> voice. I recognize Ryan. I recognize that Pez girl said my accent. No, what I, is my... I was trying to ask Rena if she had a crush on P.S. Well, <laughs> she's the only one whose name she seems to know. Who didn't have a crush on P.S.? P.S. Rena, not... I'm flattered, but I'm sorry, I'm not a lesbian. Oh. Well, I'm not a lesbian either. <laughs> well, now we don't need then... to play truth or dare, do we? Then P.S., what has our relationship been about for the last year? <gasps> I'm gonna cry. Guys, didn't I already talk about my sexuality on one episode? <laughs> well, if there's anything else you'd like, if you'd like to add anything else before we get to Puffwamey and shit, please feel free. When we were talking about, when I was talking about why I was okay with the Remus serious relationship in the story that we read because I'm bisexual, and I said that. Well, you hinted uh, strongly you know at it, but you actually didn't say it, but now luckily we oh. have it, yeah. Because <laughs> right. right. I was editing that, and I was thinking, is she saying she's bisexual? I was thinking, I was actually listening to it earlier today, I'm like, I never knew that. And I just... <laughs> This would be the episode that hasn't come out yet that some of us haven't listened to. Yes. Was it one or six? Oh, there's so much dirt in oh, that I'm one. Pretty sure. <laughs> right. Well, that's why. Okay. There's there is a lot of stuff that gets said in 106 that will probably haunt some of us for the rest of our lives. I would like to, for the moment, before we move on to Pafuanian shit, I would like to, for the moment, sit on my sword or lay on my sword. What are, what are you <laughs> sit on your sword? No, no, no. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. bisexuality. I don't want to do that. Here's the thing. In episode 106, in episode 106, in episode 106, I harshly attack someone, and I would like to say I have since reconsidered and wish to apologize. In the weeks since the recording of episode 106, I have DVR'd several times and have newfound respect for Homes on Homes. And I would just like yeah, to yeah, say, you're gonna apologize to me. I'm totally clapping my hands. <laughs> well, I, I started watching more episodes, and, and the more I watch it, I don't know if it was just some of the earlier episodes rubbed me the wrong way, but I'm actually a, a fan. And it, there's even a few times I've done like the little, you know, like punching the air. Like, Yay! I was a little he's harsh. Like, he's like the Lone Ranger. Well, he got away from the thing where he's the only man in the world who knows that cock walls. Like, he's gotten away from that. Yeah. What about cock, cock walls? <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> oh, dear. Alright, so on our little series finale of football here, um, Rena is bisexual, um, which isn't apparently a surprise. Well, you know what she needs is a penis up her butt. <laughs> oh, stop it! Apparently not. I just wanted to say, just 
Tessa wants to make a general observation. Funny. No, I don't want to make a general observation. Just before we move into this realm of penis uh, and bisexuality and stuff, I just want to make sure that we've finished talking about my fix. So that we can look <laughs> <laughs> because I love you, well, man. Okay, uh, the subject we need to of... fix up my lovely fix with this. <laughs> uh, on the subject of alternate lifestyles, what did you think? About the discussion of the apparent confusion that Bert was actually a guy and Bert and Ernie were this gay couple going around the <laughs> desert. I just well, love that, Bert and Ernie. The thing Bert is, Ernie. You, initially, you're supposed to think that, as Jonathan was talking about, Bert was a bloke. And then it turns out she's the girl that was supposed to be a yeah. big Yeah, well, I, I, I remember reading that it happened, but I then managed to forget that when I started reading the chapters. Did you the chapters not register the... that Bert was Alberta? Oh, <laughs> It, it took me a while to get back to that point because I read whatever for, for that week. And then when I started reading for the next week, it had been a few days and I forgot that point because it had been just so brief <laughs> in the previous chapter. So I'm thinking, okay, Bert and Ernie. Oh, oh I guess they're a lovely gay couple. That's nice. Yay! <laughs> that, but it was supposed to be they're expecting to see Bert and Ernie, these two blokes on the bus. And right, right. And the joke was girl. hysterical. It was funny, but the joke dominated the thinking, and I forgot that it was, in fact, a girl. <laughs> but Bert and Ernie aren't actually a couple, no, because Bert and Jonathan are hanging out. They got married, you know, so. Yeah. Well, there's an age, <laughs> there's an age difference as well. Much to shock and disgust. <laughs> well, I just have to say, as someone who planned a wedding around this time, I'm like, you go. Don't let them talk you into anything that you <laughs> <laughs> They're talking about, should we get married on Friday? Yeah, do it on Friday. And, and Ernie's like, no, you can't do it Thursday. You have to be on the bus. That'd be great if he's like, no, that's podcasting night. You can't do it Thursday. <laughs> Silly <laughs> little man. Podcasting <laughs> is on Thursday. Do not flat theme. I just heard that episode this morning. So then they're deciding, should we get married here? And and Jonathan's basically like, you know what? Let's just do it. You can even wear a dress if you want. I don't mind. (laughs) Like, because she's so not girly. You know, and you can see Fleur's sitting there about having a conniption and Hermione's just like frowning like this is not right. <laughs> I, I loved it. It, it, it was very. So I, that's right. I think partly those characters are, are my favorites. But anyway, yeah. is, that, is that last thick talk? So you can go. I was amused by the fact that the bus driver in Australia and in England are both called Ernie. <laughs> it's a requirement. It's kind of like Bob Hufflepuff. That, that was on purpose. That was definitely on purpose. Mm-hmm. Is Ernie? I was like, a I need. And if you yeah. notice, what what was his name? Because I was reading the bus. The night bus driver is Ernie Prang, and I don't uh-huh. know if Prank's a common word in the States prang when you have a fence. It's a prank. It's a crash. It's a and I believe I called mine. It's Ernie Bingle, I think, because a bingle is when you hit another car. So his okay. name is Very it's nice. Ernie. Very That's nice. Cool. So when you just got hit up behind the rear, that was... That I had was a bingle. A <laughs> I am five years old tonight. All right. <laughs> You're a very deep-voiced five-year-old. I, I really am. All right, Rina, are you present? Yeah. <laughs> Where do you go when you're not here? I'm She's not trying to be good. Rina, yeah. Rina. Finish talking about the thing. Right, Rina, Everybody loves it, yes? 
We all love the fic. We all love yes. the fic. It was very good. It was actually the Everybody best possible fic. If you haven't read it before, before now, I don't know why you're listening to these podcasts, but you should anyway. And I'm so pleased. <laughs> oh I'm so God. pleased. I'm so pleased that we that we picked this fic last to do. And my only fear from doing that, and my only sorrow from doing that, is we subjected Keza to the drunk interview. But whatever. <laughs> All, All right. right, she can take like it. Like I said, I expected it. All right, Rena, Rena, Rena. Because Jen is not here, because um, because Julia is peon, um, you are the only host. Yeah, you, you are. You are. I okay, right. I think you're forgetting an article there. She is a peon, not just, just peon. <laughs> I, said a peon. I, said a, I said a peon. Me, peon. You, James. <laughs> <laughs> she can't I take think... me home. I'm married and I'm not Jewish. It will never happen. Damn it. You know, because you know what I was really going to do tonight, Ryan, was take you home. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> take me home tonight. All right, Rena, now I was going to say, take me home. Cut you right. <laughs> Please. Gotta have a singing And that's when the whole thing goes right Yeah, we've been going for over two hours without real singing. I can sing my gypsy song if y'all want. Which is amazing considering <laughs> yes. how drunk we all are. You're like the chaperone. <laughs> I think my my song. I think Rena should sing. I'm just still laughing at the fact that she's screaming out I'm bisexual for getting that episode doesn't come out until next week. <laughs> Why y'all sound so surprised? Oh. I will sing song, but it's in Spanish, so you, people won't understand it. You, I will. Do you speak Spanish? Yes. You're bisexual and you speak Spanish? I feel like I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else wow. you want to care to share? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me get this straight. You will tell me how, who dies and lost, but you won't tell me these other guys. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just what is wrong with your answer? <laughs> what do you want me to do? <laughs> Doing the best that I can. I know. It's so what sad. you need to do is find a table in the middle of your dorm room and stand on it, and then stick one leg out in the air and then lose the recording. <laughs> <And> lose <laughs> the recording, <laughs> and it'll be just like old times. <laughs> now, before my question for Rena, Rena, would you care to sing to us in Spanish? I can do that. Let's do it. I love her when she's drunk. It's so much fun. Iba aliviando mi corazón gitando. Solo entiende de la tira contra mano. No intentas amarrarme ni dominarme. Que soy. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was going so well. Apparently, we don't know shit in Spanish. Caca. Soy quien elige cómo equivocarme. Aprovechame que si llega y ahora me puedo ir mañana. Que soy gitana. Yay! Yay! I am deeply impressed. What else can you do? <laughs> play the trombone. <laughs> um, I play the trombone. Seriously? Oh, there you go. Another thing you agree on. Yes. You guys are going to be married by the end of this damn thing. Turn around. What? Um, I have a serious question for you before the night gets too late. Okay, here's my serious question. You've been here since the beginning. You took off a little bit yeah. in the middle, but you've been here since the beginning. Okay, picture where we are right now. The liquor, <laughs> you know, the <laughs> so 
lean on the liquor, lean on the liquor. Now, where are you from the person who said, yeah, a podcast sounds great. Let's look into that on the message board, whatever, Phoenix song message board, wherever we were. What yeah. do you know now that you didn't know before? Puffwa, discuss. Oh, wow. Okay. Um... See why I asked this before you got drunk. Yeah. I don't think anybody, least of all either one of us, could have imagined when we first even discussed this idea to do this, where we would end up. Certainly not here. Uh, <laughs> 125 episodes later. Yeah. Right. Drunk. Well, I'm leaving the drunk part out. Okay. <laughs> no one will know this. We'll edit it I'm around. trying to be introspective here. Oh, right. sorry. Continue. In that uh, case, being drunk helps. I think that there's been a lot of fun and a lot of humor and a lot of drama and a lot of crazy stuff. And I think that it has been a hell of a ride. And I think that I am very proud to have been a part of it. And I'm glad to turn over the reins to the next set of people and that it is kind of sad that this is the last time that we're doing this. Although, for Puffwa Exchange, one could argue we'll be back in a week. Well, yes, I, I know that, but I'm just That's saying, you know, characters. for all intents and purposes, Puffwa, as it has been for the last three years, ends tonight. Yep. And that's sad. It's like you're going on to a new grade at school. And you'll yeah, still be with a lot exactly. of the same people, and you'll be doing something similar, but it won't be quite the same. I, uh... Yeah, you're going. We're going from elementary school to middle school or junior high. You're going from having one core class all the time to now you're going to be in a different facility, and you're going to be going to this class, and then you're going to go to this class with this teacher, and it's symbolic because before we had just the one fandom and now we're branching out into all these other different fandoms i don't want to say what i want to say because it would be a spoiler well we are a spoiler free podcast tonight (laughs) (laughs) kiss my ass (laughs) he would probably enjoy that rennis get your ass over here that's all Oh, look, look at they're tight everybody look at that Turn how much has the world changed since we started doing this how much have we changed the world what <laughs> i hope not too much i'm doing like an introspective right now in my head like i started this podcast because i needed a hobby because my then girlfriend was moving to another state for a year and i needed something to do and i was in graduate school and i somehow found the time to do everything at once and you know what you go through issues with friends like in the real world like friendships get tough and and families get tough and you have so much stuff coming down on you at all times the thing i I love about this community is it's always been here and it's like kind of like the one thing in your life or one of the few things in your life that you can take a few weeks away from everything else and you can kind of get your head on straight. But if you come back here, something will blow up or someone will remind you that they won't put you in your place in a bad way. But there's been times when I've felt really down because something's been, you know, bugging me or something hasn't been working well. And I come here and I talk to, say, Gen 1. And I'm like, okay, your day has been so much worse than mine and you're still laughing, I can too. Or I talk to Keza and, you know, I'm complaining because I have to write a report at work and she's, you know, getting her thesis and raising three kids and a husband. I mean, you, you could argue that there's so much stuff that happens in this world that is beyond our control. And Puff was just a great reminder not to take yourself too seriously. It's also sort of this great place that you can come back to and find people that no matter what you've done in the past... 
Sometimes you wanna go where everybody knows your name. You know, no matter what you've done in the past or said in the past or whatever, you can always find somebody at Potterfic Weekly that will just give you a hug when you need it the most. And they're always glad you came. Like, I don't know that I would have made it that first year that I was diagnosed with depression without Potterfic Weekly. Yeah. I just think that this is a really great place to just be yourself, but also get really great support from people and people who believe in you and believe in what you do. You want to be where you can see. Our troubles are all the same. Well, people always say that, you know, Harry Potter fans are like-minded because of the type of story that they all like together. And if you look at the story, it's about a kid who has a crappy life or has crappy things happen to him who realizes that there's another world out there where people will love and accept you. So sometimes... But he doesn't learn any lessons. He hasn't learned anything else beyond that, though. He forgets everything else he learns every single year. But when you look at that type of story, it does really attract people who need something like that. I mean, and you realize the more you hang out with Puffwanians, the less like other people you are. It's kind of like... Like you get assimilated into this community. You wanna be where everybody knows your name. The best moment that happened for me is I was driving with some friends in Rhode Island. I just left a friend's house and we're driving home and we all barrel in the car and we're driving back and my cell phone rings. And I'm like, oh, it's my friend Chi. And they're like, that's an odd name. I'm like, <laughs> well, his lordship had the night off, so I got the lady here. So I'm like, I'm like, Lady Chi, how are you? Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, ah. Uh. <laughs> mm. ah. Well, did you make bail? <laughs> they're all looking over at me. I'm like, and that's all you know <laughs> that you're tight with people. On <laughs> the one call, you know what I mean. That's how you know you're tight. Can I just say that that was the stupidest thing that's ever happened to me no. in the history of the world? <laughs> Incredibly <laughs> dumb. <laughs> sure, I'm not gonna lie, that was awesome. But <laughs> well, what was awful is right before that on the podcast, she was joking that she had a warrant for her, <laughs> and I'm joking that she's wearing the dark, like the trench coat with the blonde wig and the dark glasses. And, and I'm thinking, like, that was actually reasonable advice. I mean. <laughs> I should have. I should have. That was crazy. It was a bad, bad evening. <laughs> but kind of funny in the sense that it was just all so ridiculous. Be glad there's one place in the world where everybody knows your name. I was um, laughing at the podcast one day, you know, at work. And my, my, laughing at a podcast? I, was laughing I don't at, believe it. I was laughing at the podcast, and I usually try and keep that separation of church and state, so I usually don't even talk about the podcast, and I, I must have just forgot where I was, and I looked at my coworker, and I'm like, my best friend, Pia, oh, my well, you get it to be my best friend. My good friend, P.S., is a murder suspect, and I think, and she stopped. And she's like, what the hell kind of name is P.S.? And she's a what? I have to say that your perception of what's normal does sort of tilt at a 45-degree angle. It tilts. <laughs> Jen will call me and say, you know, I'm in the hospital, and I'm like, on a scale of 1 to 10, how bad is it? She's in surgery. She's, she's in surgery right now. My only response was, call me when you get out. Maybe you can come online. It's like, you don't have to think about it anymore. Don't tell me the story. Save it for the podcast tonight. <laughs> I have not had any driving incidents since 2004. I start talking to you people. I have three accidents in the span of like a year and a half. 
We're adding someone to the line. Everyone hang on. Sue, you here? I'm here. All right, Happy, Sue. Birthday. Happy birthday! Sue! Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Let's try not to do that again until next year, all right? <laughs> Thank you. Are your eardrums still okay? Sue, you, have, Sue, you haven't missed a thing. Yeah, I don't believe that for a Sue, minute. Sue, I'm going to send you this file to listen Sue, to tomorrow. You are going to blush. Up. You are going to blush in ways not imaginable. Sue, before we do anything oh, else, Sue, number one, happy birthday. Thank you. Number two, you know, welcome. This is, you know, in a few hours you're taking over this insanity, so congratulations to that. Number three, say hi to Rinna. Hey, Rinna. Hi, Sue. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful, Rena Rena likes to share. Sue, has there been anything you've ever wanted to ask Rena but thought she might not answer? Not that I'm aware of. If you think of anything, shout it out because she's been drinking for seven hours. <laughs> You guys remember that time when we were recording a Smuts Giving Edition, and so here I am sitting on my couch talking about Smut, and my father walks in, <laughs> and you think that I would put myself on mute and immediately stop discussing porn when my father walked into the room, and instead, my dad was trying to talk to me, and I was like, Dad, I can't hear you, we're talking about porn. <laughs> That's okay, at least your father didn't Google you. Okay, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> that, that, that sounds dirty. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I discovered? I discovered that my mother thinks that you guys are the only people that do this fan fiction thing. She doesn't understand wow. that there's like thousands of people out there. She thinks that this is... We are responsible for every fan fiction. It does this with like, you know, just you... Literally, the people on this line are the only people that we, she thinks that we get together and share our stories with each other. You know what's scary? <laughs> I'm thinking about this. Jen mentioned Draco and Leather, and my normal friend, who's actually not even normal, she's one of us, except for the fact that she's new. She, you know, perfect, you know, convert, runs for the hills because of Draco and Leather. You know, I mentioned P.S. My good friend is a murder suspect, and my coworker thinks I'm nuts. Could you imagine if we took one of these people and tried to explain butt babies to them? Go on. That would just be mean. That would just blow their freaking minds. My kids want to know about the podcast. How, How old are your kids? I, I teach I, I teach Sunday school, so they're like 11 to 13. Oh, thank God, because for, for a moment I knew how old you were. I was afraid you were going to tell me you have a 13-year-old. I'm doing math in my head. <laughs> I think that's fairly... I come to my kids because uh, I see them every week, and I'm... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That, that's Kat. She's a peon. Oh. A.K.A. last Hi! Hi! <laughs> I'm not sure if you've met. I don't know who anybody is. It's okay, but I, I know this is a scary thing to, to establish, but I am the disciplinary at Sunday school because I'm a college student and quote-unquote cool. 
<laughs> and and so they know that I do this podcast thing, and they don't know the name of it because I won't let them know it because I know that they're gonna go listen to it. Oh, oh, we have an entire system set up for if that happens. <laughs> Episode one hundred and six. Listen to it. I guess. We need some kind of decoy podcast. Like we need to we release do. an episode that's like completely normal without any butt babies in it, and <laughs> then no, people can find that and re- think they found us. We need to release an episode where we actually do like a reading group, and we're like, "Hello there, Elizabeth. How are you today?" You know I mean? We need to like literally do what it says on the tin can someday, like what our actual job description. <laughs> Hello, Catherine. How's the weather in Kansas? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh my god! It, so I felt like I, it would be so boring. It no, would be no terrible. Do. do it for the first ten minutes. Like Scott, write this down. What you do is do an do like you know at the end of the episode like one eighty or whatever. Be like, all right, guys, next week. It's going to be a little weird for the top five minutes, all right? But starting with, just hang with us for the first five minutes. And for the first five minutes of 181, be the most boring people you can, and that can be the decoy episode. And then after a while, you're like, all right, if you're still listening, obviously you know who we are. And then get into the butt babies. Let's discuss the symbolism of the color of the biscuits in page 121 of... Don't laugh. I think Renner and I did that in episode two. I'm a I'm a I'm a literature major, so I probably really like them, or are they just a prop? Let's examine the intercept. What what does a biscuit really mean in England? I'm not sure I like the way you just said biscuit. That <laughs> yeah, was kind of scary. Biscuit. 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 Why is everybody making fun of my accent? And you're mocking my accent. Because, you know, a biscuit in the UK and Australia, a biscuit is like a cookie, right? Right. right. I was playing Family Feud on Facebook the other day because I help my friends win fast money. And our Family Feud is American application on Facebook. And they say, name something that you give preschool children to eat. And, you know, in Australia, we are healthy and we give the first thing that comes fruit, right? Fruit. You give them a piece of fruit. That's the only thing you're allowed to send to preschool. Anyway, it gets (laughs) nothing, zero. And my friend and I who are playing this first money are going, what the hell is wrong with you people? And I'm like, oh, okay, well, crackers. So I try crackers. Ba-bam, no crackers. And it's it's cookies. Like, cookies. <laughs> I'm like, you people, no wonder. They're just unhealthy. Sorry. <laughs> Keza, you would love to hang out with Danielle for the day. Danielle works at Whole Foods. So Danielle is the, like, the ultimate in healthy eating. Everything must be healthy, healthy, healthy. And tonight we... I thought she was a pastry chef. She, well, she is, but she also, like, decides to eat well. So she... Tonight okay. we decided to go out for dinner, but now she's eating even healthier than she was before. So every restaurant that we always go to, she's giving me these disgusted looks. I almost missed the podcast tonight because the only restaurant she would agree to go to was 40 miles from our house. So I had to drive <laughs> like over the New Hampshire border to eat dinner and then come back. So we almost missed the podcast. Well, today for my birthday, I wanted to take treats in for the kids, but <sighs> Head Start won't let us. It's all about the no sugar, no salt. We can have as much yeah. fat as we want but we can't have sugar or salt. So yeah, that's a nasty thinking, thing. You could just give them a lump of lard or something. I could have got away with that, yeah. Cat came up with pretzels, the big rod pretzels. So I took magic wands to school today for a snack. It was great. We had a great time. Can't you give them fruit? Yeah, we have a lot of fruit. Yeah. When I, I we would have fruit with lunch. What is wrong with the people on Family Feud uh, that are answering cookies? Like, are they living, like, are they rednecks? What the hell? I believe they may be rednecks. Rena, do you have Probably. any thoughts? My mom runs a developmental preschool. 
kind of like Head Start, but it's private. It's for rich people that have sick kids. But they have to do nut-free, gluten-free. We had to be dye-free. Yeah. Yeah. My mom's like, really, you can't bring anything for these kids. And some of them are, based on their medical conditions, there's only certain kinds of fruit that you can bring. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because, like, a bunch of kids can't eat citrus fruits because of their medications. There's a windstorm here the other day. Brenna, you sound going. <laughs> There was a windstorm here the other day, and it killed my pumpkins. Can I just rant for a minute about what I hate about living in the Midwest? That's a general observation. I'm trying to watch my show, okay? And my new thing is Bones. I love that show, Bones. And so I'm trying to watch my show, okay? And there is a tornado in Missouri. And I'm in Manhattan, Kansas. I could care less. For 45 minutes, the weather guy is like, we're going to keep you posted on this storm and blah, 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 blah. And like, you know what it is? It's the same damn Doppler map over and over and over again for 45 minutes. And I'm like, show it once and then move on. And that's all I have to say about that. It's 200 miles away from me. I feel for the people whose trailer park is about to be destroyed, but I want to watch my show. Three years and three months, and we still are complaining about tornadoes. And it's hilarious hilarious because they cover the one in Missouri, but back in 2007, when Terminus was in Chicago, there were three funnel clouds that touched down near Chicago. The news didn't say a word. Hold on, sorry. Julia, are you in the dryer? No. Should I be? Well, let's try it. It could be fun. Jethro's <laughs> picking up all the ladies tonight. Look at this. Bumpa chicka wow wow. You know, by the way, Chi, anytime you want to write me some dryer sex, that'd be great. I'm telling you, that is the hardest prompt in the world. Hardest sorry. prompt in the world. I don't know why. I've tried to start that story for you six times, and it, it never works out right. I'd like to point like, out, I, episode 47, she was last saying it was overdue. How do I get Harry and Jenny to a damn laundromat? And then how do I get him to, like, not be having sex in public? Dude, they don't have a laundromat in their, their basement? Because they're witches and wizards. They're renting a muggle house. Gee, I got it. it. Arthur wants Jenny to convince Harry to take her to a muggle laundromat so he can, like, find out what it's like. Arthur has a dryer in his shed. And Harry and Ginny are out there one day trying to figure out how to work it. And all of a sudden, like, they push the button and they're like, oh... This could be fun. No, and then no, no, they no, have no, 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 muggle retreat and there is a tumble dryer in the little apartment that they rent or oh, there or, you go but how or, do you turn that on and go oh it vibrates that would be fun ooh, like how no. does rent you're what just you do is, pushing buttons and all of a sudden you hit the on button and you're like oh no what you do <laughs> no. is what you do is Harry and Ginny go out to the to, to <laughs> Arthur's garage to get away from everybody to find that Arthur has started charming all of the muggle electronics oh, yeah. out in the garage so the TV turns on by itself the refrigerator starts going and Harry has Ginny up against the dryer and the dryer starts going that's all you need 60 episodes there you go <laughs> no, wait. I, I have an idea too couldn't they just go out there and 
Harry kind of picked Ginny up and set her on top of it and starts snogging her. They hit the button and it starts and that could start all kinds of possibilities. <laughs> That's you know great. what it is? Gee, you I have to that? feel you're not trying. Yeah. <laughs> I just Seriously. feel like I just feel you? like more of you need to take on the smut responsibilities. Gee, like, I'm I, I I'm... don't write smut, so there. She, let me we've discussed what might happen if I tried to write smut. <laughs> And then kissed her, I think. Seriously. Every time Keza said rear end and six of us were giggling uncontrollably for half an hour. You want us to write the damn stuff? But that's true. That's I don't think true. so. I don't think so. I don't think so. You know what? Hey, can I tell my funny yeah, story? I did write a story with dresser sex, which I is like Did Rita really just say, can I tell a funny story about us holes? <laughs> About Nashville. So when I was in college the first time, uh-huh. I was in the marching band and uh-huh. I was on the color guard. I spun flags and the Razorbacks were in the Music City Bowl game, which was in Nashville. So they took the whole band and we were there for like five or six days. Uh, we played Minnesota. So they had all these events that were for like the Arkansas band kids and the Minnesota band kids. Only our band director wouldn't let anybody drink. So it was all the Minnesota band kids getting shit-faced and all the Arkansas band kids sitting around twiddling our thumbs. It was pretty lame. So one night, my roommates and I were talking and um, we found out that Nashville is home to the world's largest dirty bookstore. <laughs> and so... We found the name for it, and we looked it up in the phone book, and we found that it was on the same street as our hotel. So we decided at 11.30 at night that we were going to walk to this dirty bookstore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, what we did not realize is that our hotel was in the 200 block of this street, and the dirty bookstore was on the 17,000 block. Oh, no. Of the street. And we did not realize this. So we set off four girls from Arkansas wandering around Nashville in the dark. Okay? Now, Nashville has, like, a nice, glitzy country music area, and that's where our hotel was. And then it has a store. And somewhere in between is a very, very rough part of town. Rena, I am sorry, I can't hold it anymore. You sound like the world's biggest Dalek. <laughs> it's, it's weird because we get the robotic part, then we get you completely normally. I think it's the and... liquor. How much have you been drinking last time? Is this what happens when you get a Dalek drunk? <laughs> it's new, it is. Yes. Uh, yes. It's a new episode of yeah. Doctor Who Daleks in Arkansas. Sweet. <laughs> Rena, you, hold on, Rena, what did you better say? Better than Daleks in Manhattan, of course. Oh, oh I know. Better than vodka. But that's beside the point. Of course it's not. That was wandering through Nashville in the dark. And we had somebody pull over in the car and offer us money for sex. And then about 10 minutes later, we had somebody pull over in the car and offer us drugs. At that point, maybe we should go back, back to the hotel. hotel. So, so we're, like, we're like, okay, no, we can do this. Fine, fine. Dirty, dirty bookstore. Friends, friends. We really, 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 really want to. Walk, 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 walk,
stop and make a sound clip for us. Yeah, it's really. Say, I have you now, Doctor. <laughs> Please just say that for everyone else. I have you now, Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I am just really all of watch the that was like the musical version. Brenda, uh, we'll get to the end of your story when you come back. The one thing I just want to say with all of the revelations we've all shared this evening, I was so glad the story did not go and and they pulled over and offered us sex and ten minutes later, dot dot dot. I was so afraid you were gonna be like, We had cab fare. I'm so <laughs> For a moment, Rena doesn't like stories where Harry drinks at Hogwarts because it's a bad message to the kids. Rena, yes, <laughs> I'm not even gonna go into why that is bad of you to do, but anyway, so the police guy asked for our ID. Police guy, <laughs> like shit. What are we gonna do? And then we're like, hey, I know. Did you know there was a drive-by shooting on the road right over there? <laughs> the police officer just kind of looked at me because I was the one who was doing all the talking for some reason. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and he just looks at me, and the other girls were like, "No, dude, we're serious. There was a shooting on the other street." And the police officer, he had his partner, and so the partner got out of the car and stood there with us while the other guy drove around the corner because he thought we were just saying that so we could get away. So. <laughs> Like he drives off, and like thirty seconds later, he radios his partner, and he's like, "No, there's a body over here." <laughs> and so leave and I was like, "Wait, can you call us a cab?" <laughs> well, now you're a witness. We have cab fare now. <laughs> well, you're a witness now. There were drive-by shooting. Did they let you go? Yeah. Well, they took our statements, and we were like, "Look, um, 
all we saw was a car and then we heard a, we saw a flash and we saw a gunshot and somebody fell we don't know anything but so they let us go they, the guy well the police officer you know he called and radioed people and blah 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 so all these other police cars show up and they got some cops to drive us back to the hotel so then we come rolling up to the hotel and it's almost curfew and the band director is standing in the lobby waiting for us. And this cop car pulls off and the four of us get out of the back. <laughs> <laughs> the band director comes up to us and was like, do I want to know? And we said, no, sir. And he goes, go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> now, I have to ask, did you not know Smut was available online? This was in... 2001. There was smut. There was smut back then. There was smut available, (laughs) but everybody didn't have a computer. Wouldn't it be easier to like borrow a computer from a friend than to risk your lives with the drug dealers and the prostitutes? (laughs) I have to tell you though, I kind of wish I hadn't discovered smut online when I did. It probably was not at the most like developmentally appropriate time in my life. (laughs) Tell us, she. Tell us about how How you old were you, she, when you discovered smut? Oh my god. Um, I was probably, let's see, I started writing Dragon Ball Z fanfiction when I was like 13. <laughs> Alright, we're gonna switch over to another <laughs> line of questions. Everyone take a shot. There was, there was this one enough, particular... Right. Yeah, that merits a shot. Really I don't have does. a shot. There's no there was this on this one We're gonna particular... take a shot for everyone who doesn't have one, please. Oh, no, I, I'm serious. I should have stopped drinking like two hours ago because not a single person here is going to have any respect for me in the morning. I will. <laughs> I will. I will admit, as I get closer to the end of the series, I may not talk to you for a couple days, but I'll always <laughs> love you like a sister. Just like... <laughs> I gave this guy who was my main co- competition at All Region Band. I gave him a poster of him in the bathroom to throw his audition. Is anyone in this room right now underage? No. 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 So that I can talk about this stuff and of it's Of course okay. you can. But are you gonna wake up tomorrow going, I have no memory of that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rene, you do realize we're recording this. <laughs> then I'll just edit it. <laughs> no, wait. I have something to say about toasters. Apparently, toasters have something to do with lesbianism. I don't know how. Yeah, they do. Can I just say that any, the Are only good toaster is a dead toaster? <laughs> Can I just say that... That is a racist word. Toaster? Toaster? <laughs> I just it want to is. say this. The peons have already begun recording season four of Puffwa, and I had I recorded one of the episodes for them. And the thing I did not realize about Kismet, when she records, she's obviously always concerned about, you know, when you call somewhere and they say this line is being recorded, notifying people that they are being recorded. Usually if I invite someone on the podcast, they'll figure out. But there could be a time when Keza tells, I'm sorry, or Rena tells a story about toaster oven in a bathroom. And so, Keza, if you have those stories, yeah. I don't <laughs> <laughs> the thing which I love about Kelly's setup, and Scott and Sue can back me up on this, is her computer will repeat, this line is being recorded. Now, the every is, 15 minutes. Every that's 15 awesome. minutes. Yeah, that's not annoying at all. <laughs> I'm listening to it. I'm like, that must make editing hard. Actually, Re- it makes editing really easy because you edit in 15-minute chunks. Well, there's that as well. I'm, I'm sorry, I interrupted Rena. You were talking about the toaster oven in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> that everybody, I think a lot of people get their start. Where are you? <laughs> I think everybody
everybody gets their start earlier than you'd like. Oh, all right. That's true. You didn't have to yell at it. We all sort of, like, <laughs> become sexually aware a lot earlier than it would be comfortable for the adults around us to believe that we... Uh, oh, you're not kidding. Te- and I put on Facebook, I had a shocker of a day. So Gen 2 comes on later that night, and she says to me, tell me about your shocker of a day. Oh, I'm like, oh, it's just nothing. I had to take the kids, and they were, you know, obsessed with boobs and genitals. You know, it's just really annoying. And they were like, brats, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, wow. So, you know, like, these these, these are the, uh, you know, the 11, 12-year-olds. I'm like, no, they're about 8 or 9. And she's like, oh, my goodness. You, you Your children are very much more advanced than American children. Well, I had to uh, I had to stop a couple of my two-year-olds from playing doctor one day. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Apparently, one of the girls had seen her mom give birth to her little sister. So she had her little friend on the floor with her legs in the air. With her oh legs spread. And you see that, and your first reaction is like, your first thought isn't, she's playing doctor. Your first thought is like, oh, my God, what has this child seen? Like, your mind goes to the worst place possible. I had a little bit of a freak out. <laughs> well, these kids had borrowed the Guinness Book of World Records 2009, and they're standing there lining up for the start of the day, and there is an entry in the Guinness Book of World Records, which is really popular with children from about 7 to 11, and there's an entry in there for the woman with the world's biggest breast augmentation. <laughs> standing there. This woman is bursting out of it. She's got the chest the size of Texas. And these little kids are standing there going, hee, 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 look at her babies. <laughs> we have to watch them every second of the day because if they go off, you know, a guy and a girl go off, then you've got to, you know, be careful. Mm-hmm. It happens. Yeah, I teach high school. I'm with you. I got up yeah, to a lot that. more than I probably should have in high school. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was in the band room. I was a band nerd, and so there were a lot of, like, crooks and crannies in the band room that people didn't always, you know, check. check. <laughs> right, Rena? <laughs> we had yeah. locked practice rooms. Those yep. were the best. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's at the jocks. Were the yeah, ones. everybody thinks the band kids are just like the nerdy, innocent, like don't know what's going on with the world kind of thing. And they have never been on a band bus. I will say that right now. Yeah, this is when I was in college, so it's a little bit better. And um, I, in high school, I was a trumpet player. But when I got to college, like an idiot, um, the K-State marching band is pretty huge. Phone. I switched to sousaphone because the director of the band said we have 54 trumpets that want to march and we have 45 marching places and you have a really nice lower register, which is code for you can't play the trumpet. And uh, (laughs) so would you like to learn how to play the sousaphone? This is what I said literally. Oh, I think college is about trying new things. So that sounds like a fun idea. Have you guys seen a picture of me with my sousaphone? It's like... It goes, it, it goes up to my chin. And um, anyway, so I was I joined the sousaphone section, and we were driving from Manhattan, Kansas, to Houston, where we were having the Texas Bowl that year. And you couldn't fall asleep on the bus, I was told, and I didn't know why. Well, my section leader, my music instructor, fell asleep, and he was kind of a chubby guy. Like, picture Santa Claus at 24, and that's what Zach was. Like, he has, like, really bright red hair and a bright red beard and he's kind of tubby. It's Ron Weasley! Did somebody say Ron Weasley? And he fell asleep and a little bit of his shirt was showing, curled up over his stomach. And so we took turns drawing penises on his stomach. 
<laughs> and he had like penises all the way across the stomach from one side to the other. He was so mad, but it was so hilarious because he slept through the whole thing. And we're like talking to him, you know, like Zach, are you okay with this? Zach, Zach, Zach didn't wake up at all. It was hilarious. We're not very innocent people, but we're also not very nice people, apparently. I'm just thinking I'm in my head the amount of editing this episode is going to need. <laughs> I was corrupted at 14 by a, rou- a rousing game of Ten Fingers uh, in the choir bus. Ten Fingers? I'm not sure I'm familiar with that one. Ten Fingers <laughs> is where you you hold up your ten fingers and you go around in a circle and you say something like really, really dirty that you've done. And granted, it was high school, so it didn't get too graphic. But, you know, I was like 14. I was like, what? I refuse to play Never Have I Ever on principle. <laughs> For like, always... that reason. People don't look at you the same after you you play that game. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, uh, with that, with one of the strangest author interviews I think Poof was ever done, <laughs> and including the Viridian interview. That's... So, with that, we're going to end for the night. We're going to end for the season. And Poof will be back within the next couple of weeks with brand new hosts and <laughs> attention to detail. And they will cover Harry Potter. And they'll be lovely. So, it's been a great three years. If you care what we think about other topics or if you're interested in branching out to other things check out um, puffwaexchange.com which is p-o-u-f-w-a exchange.com uh, subscribe to us on iTunes we'll send you a t-shirt if you do oh you can't say that Ryan that's a lie it's a, it's a really I'm, 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 a, I'm a lying liar we do, have t-shirts. We, no, we do have t-shirts we have t-shirts <laughs> yes. why did I not have a t-shirt All right, we're gonna... I've seen Kat wearing such a t-shirt she, there it are just... t-shirts so, the first time I met Kat, she was running at me wearing such a t-shirt. So we're going to get Keza a t-shirt. Subscribe to PuffwellExchange.com. We will be continuing our little journey over there on different topics. But the conversation on Harry and everyone else will continue over here with uh, Sue and Scott taking the lead there. Sue and Scott, you have no idea what you're in for, but good luck with that. It'll be fun. Uh, it'll be great, and honestly, it's it's one thing to create something that you thought would last five weeks, the last three years, and it's another thing to leave them wanting more, and it's another thing to leave them in good hands. So I'm really thrilled that you guys are taking it over, and I can't wait to listen. So thanks for doing that. And been an honor and a privilege and all that good stuff. All that good stuff, and I'm just so blown away by Rena's story about the, the dragon shooting. <laughs> I want to say something. Nice. Say what you'd like to say. Okay, so I, much like a lot of you, have been here since the beginning. I listened from episode one, and like I was just thinking, like three years. It's like I was an undergraduate mm-hmm. when this podcast started, and now I'm like almost done with a master's. Yeah. Which is, like, a freaking long time. And, like, a few weeks ago when Ryan decided that the first seven episodes needed names, I went back and, like, I was listening to some of those early episodes. And I was, like, realizing that, first of all, Ryan, you need to actually go back and name the rest of them. I will do that Put some suggestions and you should probably get on that. I will get on that. But I, like, realized, like, how much Puffwa has changed in the past three years. Remember that time when we thought this was going to be one hour? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I do, believe me. So much for that. And it's just, like, it's so funny because we started off with these like three people and we after the end took 16 episodes where we thought we had to get through like every detail of the story because god forbid we should miss something scott and, and, and sue like... are looking at the ground right now kicking their shoes yeah we're going back to some of that but <laughs> no, there's no good, way as well, it's an hour sh- long as well you <laughs> should because i kind of i like that like as an english major i miss that i'm just kind of reminded of that old puff was saying 
if I wasn't friends with you people, I'd shoot myself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why would I want to listen to you? But because I love you, it's good, and I exactly. can listen to this, and it's been really fun, like listening to everybody become closer friends, and it's just been very nice. Three years is a long time. I shall miss podcasting with you all, although I will apparently sometimes be a guest peon. And you will be on Poofa Exchange because we will be covering movies for which you enjoy. We'll cover School Ties. We'll cover what's the other one? Ooh, school Ties. My, uh, my cousin was an expert in that. I was watching it. I couldn't find it. P.S. is awake. She's been gone for an hour. <laughs> but, you said like, School Ties. I said school ties. <laughs> what's up with yes? Yeah, she's just like randomly shouting out words. Like what's up? She's up? sleeping in the corner. She wakes up. What? What? Saltai? What? 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 Yeah, Ryan, you are absolutely not allowed to leave me out of that episode. I love that movie, and I've actually been to some of the places where the footage was shot, like in the beginning outside the the store where the fight happens and such. Absolutely. Well, I just want to say I one thing. We have to do Dead Poet Society. That's key. Dead Poet Society will do as well. well. My cousin is actually an extra in school ties. So I was look. I was watching the scene he's in looking for him the other day. I couldn't find him. But the one thing I just want to say is three years doesn't sound like a lot of time, but when you think Julia just said, "Where were you three years ago?" You realize just how long three years is and it's been an amazing ride and the thing is it's gonna go on for a lot more so uh, this this grade is up and keza wants to say one thing before i sign it off and she's <laughs> you hear her the sighing the moaning it's awful what's up keza? <laughs> that's what she said shut up no, i was just gonna say uh, when when Puff started and i wasn't here and then i like came on and you know how Julia was just saying she was she was an undergrad. So was I, and now I'm an actual teacher, and I actually you know get get to have a job and everything. So that means that I won't have much opportunity to participate in um, Puffer Exchange. So this is kind of like almost like the last one for me. The only other times that will will happen is if there's school holidays. So it's kind of sad for me because I won't get the opportunities that everyone else will get because I can't do podcasts because I have to go and get a job and be a grown-up. So <laughs> so it's been fun, so really fun. What she says is now we'll adjust our, our lives and our schedules accordingly and we'll podcast <laughs> at 4.30 in the morning if necessary because we'll be back. But. Yeah, like, if you happen right. to be editing one of ours, feel free to insert comments at random moments. <laughs> exactly. This is Keza. I miss talking, so you will listen to me talk if you want to hear what Scott will say. <laughs> With that awesome accent. With the awesome accent. Keza, if you ever do that, I think that you should imitate Ryan imitating you. <laughs> that and just be like, make sure you call yourself Keza, because Keza. you won't know. You should refer to Melinda and Tina and Renner. <laughs> recently and Sue was pretending to be me and everyone talks about how I talk and my voice goes up at the end of a word like, you know, and I don't notice it that's my accent you know, like that, now I'm, now I'm doing it deliberately, and I listen to us editing and I hear you go, and I'm Keza, like this, oh I do do that you know? <laughs> I work with a woman who does the thing which makes her sound ditzy and she's definitely not a ditz but she does the thing where her voice rises at the end of every sentence so it sounds like she's asking a question but she's not like every sentence is a question because she's like, not sure what she's saying no it's like it, like if I like I would say at lunch today I went to the mall she'd say at lunch today I went to the mall and it's like no she's, she would say at lunch today I went to the mall 
Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, and I finally I looked at her, I'm like, he sounds stoned. And I looked at her, I'm like, are you asking me any type of question I can answer for? Because it was driving me nuts. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> that's the Australian accent. Everything comes out like a question. Yes. Every time, every time I everything. It'll sound like a question. Well, it could be worse. It could, it be, the, it could be the English tick where every sentence ends with a question, which drives me crazy because I started talking like that when I came back from England. It's like, I'm going to end the podcast now, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Are you? No. <laughs> I'm going to do this now, yeah. They do do that, though. They do end a lot of sentences in yeah. Like, they'll be like, so we should hey. go get lunch, oh, yeah? We'll do the paper. We'll, we'll let's do the go paper. do that then, shall we? Yeah, shall we? Yeah. Shall we? And, okay. Let's go the Canadians. Eh? Yeah, we really don't say that all the time. <laughs> oh my god, my Hey, Scott. The letter A. Like, A. Like, if it says, like, go on to exit 1A, it'll say, go on to exit 1. A? <laughs> <laughs> That is how you ended up in Montreal. <laughs> hey, Scott, how do you spell Canada? C A N A D A. It's true. <laughs> but if we tried to take them out, it just wouldn't work. It'd be. I had a guy, I had a guy at work call me on the phone the other day, and he only spoke Spanish, and he was trying to spell. I'm like, spell your last name for me. I can't understand you. And he's like, ooh. Ah, uh, and I'm doing the Ricky Ricardo thing in my head where I'm like, ah, a, e, o, o. I'm trying to like line up what he's saying. I could. That's actually a choir exercise. Like, is it? yeah, yeah. Where you go, this... a, e, i, o. Yeah, I can't do that. Because it's like quite choir for a reason. Without moving your mouth at all. Can you do that, Ryan? I can't do that with moving my mouth. <laughs> Are you seriously asking Ryan to stop moving his mouth? <laughs> Death roll, you're fired. <laughs> you're the one okay. who can't be hired under the new administration. Well, I wanted to tell my Canada story. We had um, this American guy come over from the States to talk at church the other week, and he wanted to talk to the people, you know, that went on the missions and they go, sent all around the world. So when they, you know, go to Taiwan or China or something, they have to learn the language. And so he, he asked for the two people that just come back, and one of them had been to Taiwan, and he's like, so you learned, you know, to speak, you know, I think it was Mandarin. He's like, yes, yes. And he said, and where did you go, Jed? And he's like, well, I went to Alberta, Canada. And he's like, so you learned to speak Canuck. <laughs> <laughs> and Jed's just staring at him. He's like, "No." <laughs> They'll talk the like Holmes on Holmes. I love that I have. <laughs> By the way, is the guy on income property? Is he Canadian? I think he is. I think they're all Canadian. I think they're all Canadian, and they're all gay. <laughs> yes, most of them are. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I hope What's it's it? helpful to point out in the last half hour, this has shown just how <laughs> shallow the pool is over here at Powerfix Weekly. <laughs> and we would like to review your fan fiction and tell you what it's really like. I just want to say that right there. Thanks for that. All right, I think we should end this. Hold on, before we end, yes. I have something. You have something. Mrs. Mapp, her name is Katie. Mm-hmm. It is her birthday today. This is Aww. MD's new wife. Happy birthday. This is M- Mrs. Birthday. MD. Do we have to sing? We, we sang happy birthday already, Wendy. Yeah, we, we sang birthday to Sue. On three, we're going to yell happy birthday, MD's wife. Ready? One, two, three. 
Happy birthday. Happy birthday. There you go. <laughs> that is so weird. Oh, <sighs> like, to hear my name coming out of the speaker, like, it's not directed at me. It's yeah, weird. It's, it's, it's hard. Remember that time when I was in your apartment and I was like, <laughs> Chi? And somebody was like, somebody just say Chi? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just, oh, yeah, that means Katie. <laughs> Code name. Yeah. Like, yeah. All right, Sue, what's the next <laughs> pickup? Hey, Next pickup is advice for the love Lord Masses. That's why I say Warbeck. I love her. Yep. Visit perfectweekly.com. Click one. on schedule. You'll find out what fix Sue, Scott, and all of the peons are covering next time. We will be back, hopefully, as peons ourselves. See us on the Puffle Exchange. We've been doing this for three years and three months, and still in all that time, she can't figure out how to keep her microphone still. We are Perfect I am Weekly. Not, I am that not making Rina. that sound. That was oh, that was Rina. Rina, 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 Rina before Rina. I sign off, how, how, how many drinks have you had tonight? I have had um, three pitchers. Three pictures. <laughs> Three pictures of what? What were you well, drinking, Linda? I put some strawberry sherbet and <laughs> some bananas and some vodka in my blender. Yay. Brenda, do you have anything you and would like to say as we sign off? I have a bottle of champagne that I put somewhere. I can't find it. Oh. Look down. <laughs> it's totally good. Look <laughs> 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 down. Rena, is there anything you'd like to share with our audience before we sign off? What else do you people want to know? <laughs> <laughs> what is the airship velocity of an unladen swallow? I actually know that it's like uh, uh, 38 miles an hour. Alright, this is absolutely no way that we have enough stuff that we can ever have to sign off because we could just keep talking for the rest of our lives. <laughs> Good night, farewell, amen, we love you all, we're leaving, bye. No bye. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they'll say it's only a podcast. But we know it's much more than that. I went and saw my butt doctor today. It's a community all of its own, where we even have our own sorting hat. There was a word out for my arrest. Where the hosts are all our friends. Go to hell! And the stall is told by Jen. I can't decide if I'm irritated. We always laugh before the end. <laughs> Think we clean where the story never ends. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night. <laughs> mm, this smells good. That smells good. I have Tim Tams. Oh. I have Milo too, but I don't have it made up. Oh, I think I left it in the house. And a new Harry Potter figurine. <laughs> there you go. Harry with a wand. Wow, Scott, that's noisy. What? Do you have a fan on? No, nothing. Do you have a hum? Big time hum. It's a, it's a static hum. Hmm. These are good. Uh-huh. I don't think I've had actual Tim Dams, but I think they would be. I told Kessa I was going to eat it on the podcast so that we could record it. Did you find the other microphone? 
Nope. But you, now you don't have it. What a weird thing, because you're, you're perfect now. And now you're not humming. Okay. I have no idea what was doing that. It's very all. odd. Are you wearing your tinfoil hat? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I think I actually that. have such a thing. Because <laughs> he made it sound like he was like, how did she know? <laughs> I'm not going to confirm to die. <laughs> As you would say in America, I'm taking the fifth. <laughs> it was more of a, why would I have a tinfoil hat? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not getting the electromagnetic interference anymore, so I wasn't sure. Okay, well, I know. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, that just kind of struck me as funny. <laughs> I thought it was funny, too. <laughs> no. <laughs> and that was a why? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you ask? Hmm. Uh. Fanfic. The final frontier. These are the ramblings of the PFW peons. Their continuing mission to explore strange new stories, to seek out new authors and unending tangents, to boldly review where no one has done before. Welcome to Peoncast, everyone. I'm Scott. I'm Kelly. I'm Sue. And this is Oliver's gal. And today we're covering a fic called Platform I, and that's an I in italics. Which is kind of interesting, because do you know what the I in italics actually stands for? Imaginary number. That's right. It's the square root of negative one. It's an imaginary number. Hmm. Oh, we're going geeky tonight, aren't we? No, no, that's (laughs) the truth. That's what the I stands for. I know it's the truth, but it's so edge-nerdy. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's all those arithmancy people. You never know what they're going to That's do. That's right. Yes. They're just... You got it. Yeah. It follows Remus through various points of his life. It starts out when he's quite young, and it's sort of based around the idea of there being platform nine and three quarters, and why shouldn't there be all these other different fractions? The first time Remus tries to go to Hogwarts, he goes the wrong way from Platform 9 and ends up on Platform 8 and a quarter. It's an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, yeah, I thought that was kind of like, really? There's other platforms? Wow. Yeah. And on it's... the other hand, why not? I never would have thought of that either, but it kind of makes sense that there would be. Of course, it's Hogwarts, so it doesn't necessarily have to make sense, but, you know. Well, I always wondered, was the platform really at King's Cross? Do they ever determine that? Is it really there? Or maybe I'm the just one, projecting from another the one fic. She describes in the book <laughs> doesn't match King's Cross. Okay. Right. But, she got uh, mixed up. Wasn't there another fic that Potterfic Weekly covered where the train actually wasn't a train? It was really transportation. And wasn't that, that was power creative of truth. quills? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a well, the transportation that's commonly called the Hogwarts Express does leave from King's Cross at eleven. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> You're being evasive. Yes, yes I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> Who me? Never. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Tangent. So, Woo! We're way off course. So yes, we're going to be learning a lot about platform I. So I really like this because it starts off with Remus and he's so excited that he's going to Hogwarts, but he's afraid that he's going to get there or even get to the platform to get on the train and he's going to find out that they've made a mistake. And so he's trying to hurry his parents along and they're like, oh, we have plenty of time. It's okay. And he kind of rushes on ahead and he sees the platform and paces it off. He ends up on platform eight and a quarter instead of nine and three quarters because he goes the wrong direction. A lot of these people are kind of tall for Hogwarts students. Hmm. <laughs> They're not dressed up. Why are they not in their uniforms? But fortunately, there's a sharp-eyed guard who catches him because the whistle goes and he's like, oh no, and he's leaping for the train. And Yeah, and he's lucky that it was not only a sharp-eyed guard, but a nice guard who recognized the uniform and knew where he was supposed to be going and wouldn't let him on. Yeah, he asked for his ticket and then Remus figures out, Oh, no, I left it in Dad's wallet, and he has no ticket. Maybe he won't get to Hogwarts, and then it's that don't worry about it, this isn't your train. <laughs> right. And he gets out, and, of course, now his parents are waiting for him, and, of course, he is almost late now. But they get him on just barely, and off he goes. He's finally on his way to Hogwarts. He can relax. Yeah. At that point, it summarizes for a while. It doesn't follow him right from that moment on, because it's mostly concentrating on the King's Cross thing. Mm-hmm. That he goes there every year, and now that he's at school, his parents have sort of picked up again trying to find some cure for him being a werewolf, because they want him to have as normal a childhood as possible, I guess. Right, and they are still in denial over the fact that there's not a way to cure him. And so they're doing all these wild, weird things. It's a good thing they don't have email. They'd be following the spam. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they already kind of have some spam kind of going on. I mean, at one point he's turned into a giraffe because the theory is that the herbivore will neutralize the wolf. (laughs) Yeah. Poor thing. He's stuck in this giraffe body and he still turns into a wolf and he has to be out in the shed because he won't fit in the house and stuff like that. I like the line. Remus was always very relieved that Hogwarts was not the type of school to ask for essays on what I did on my holidays. Yep. Oh, well, I spent a week as a giraffe, and you know. And I floated on the ceiling. By the way, Mary Poppins was on. And I happened to catch it right on the scene where they were laughing, so they floated to the ceiling and they had a tea party. I love to laugh. <laughs> Loud and long and clear. I love to laugh. It's getting worse every year. The more I laugh, the more I fill with glee. You're no help at all. That's what I thought of when I read him floating on the ceiling because I couldn't get the charm off was that Mary Poppins scene. Yeah, but the doctor's visits are expensive. So instead of fluing places, because flu powder is also expensive, they're taking the train because they're not very far away. So he learns all these different train platforms because they're always going somewhere on the train. He has to be careful to get on the right one. Mm -hmm. And he's complaining that they put them too close together all the time. And his father explains it depends on where they're going, Mm -hmm. how much space they actually give them. 
The trains that only about five people ever take only get this little fraction of the wall space, whereas the ones that lots of people take, they give you a lot of margin of error. Mm-hmm. And that even changes too. So on first day of term and the last day of term, then there's a lot more leeway on platform nine and three quarters than there is during the rest of the year because very few people use it any other time of the year, which mm-hmm. is kind of an interesting concept as well. And his father has a very nice conversation with him about it and explains it using his toy radio that he just got. He uses that as an analogy, tuning into the bands on the radio and all that kind of thing. It gives you a little bit of insight into his father's character, because mostly this is a piece about Remus. You're inside his head for pretty much the whole thing. But it is interesting to see a little bit more about his parents, because we never meet them. Right. The one thing in that little bit that caught me, and I don't know, Scott, maybe you have better insight to this, Canadian, but they were talking about the radio stations were in meters. We have FM and AM, and, and they're hertz and megahertz, and I was just confused by that, so... Like, yeah, I've never really... I know she's British, like I read her profile and she's from the UK, so I'm assuming that she knows her thing, but that, I was like, huh, I just yeah. assumed everyone used FM and AM. I learned something new, but that I didn't get to research it, so. Yeah, I've never seen radio channels measured in meters before either. I'm not sure what they could be measuring that's meters, because obviously that's not the distance the knob turns or anything. No. That's true. And like, I don't remember if Hertz is metric or English in the systems. Like, I can't remember the possible equivalent. It's wavelengths. Right. Showing my nerdiness right now. But Hertz is in meters. Is it in meters? Mm -hmm. Okay. So when the fig talks about meters, that would be another way of saying Hertz? No. Hertz is a frequency. Right. Okay. I think Hertz is something like meters per second or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yes. And they're just going back a step. Okay. I've never really heard them referred to as any particular unit. It's just the number. Okay. And that brings me to the other thing is I'm assuming that Hogwarts uses meters, but do they? I don't remember. We've never <laughs> really had... But that's weird that's always struck me. is like, huh, they never really talked about units. Maybe they have their own units. <laughs> yeah, well, they never really had to measure anything except for wand length. Or parchment. So, yeah. Well, parchment... And that's in involved. inches. Yeah, right. they use also, feet maybe for the because parts. I read the U.S. edition. Um, nope, I think that's the same in both of them because I have the huh. U.K. editions. So maybe because they're more Victorian, that was before the meters were developed. Yes, mm-hmm. okay. that would make perfect sense. French. Yeah, probably they use meters in Bobotown. Probably, I would imagine. That makes sense, yeah. You never really know. I don't actually remember them talking about doing two-foot essays all that often. It's more like how much of the role it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Didn't Snape? That was in the movies, though. Snape assigned two rolls of parchment on werewolves, and they were oh, okay. all shocked and dismayed. Yeah. yeah. And we don't really know what a roll parchment consists of. No, no. Maybe really. she left it like that. Maybe I'm thinking more of fandom. It's all blurry now. <laughs> <laughs> I just finished. Isn't um, that awful when it gets blurry? Yeah. yeah, and it's like, is this fanon or canon? I can't remember. <laughs> well, it's the details. I just finished listening to Sorcerer's Stone today. It's probably the tenth time I've listened to it. Mm-hmm. 
But I caught so many things. And I think it's because of doing the podcast and reading so much fan fiction that all of a sudden I'm paying more attention because it was like, oh, yeah, there's some foreshadowing there. And, you know, I don't think oh, I that's never caught it. that before. I don't think that's it. I think it's because you know the end of the story. But I've read it since the end of the story. Have you listened to it since the end of yes, the story? Yes, okay. I listen to it almost all the time. All right, because I noticed that I picked up a whole lot more once I knew how it turned out, and you go back and listen to all of those, there is so much detail that just pops out at you. Yeah, there was a lot yeah. of detail that popped out at me. I was amazed. I mean, so. just little itty-bitty pieces that are mentioned in an aside in the first or second book and then come up to the forefront. And it's like, I remember that from, you know, when they were 12. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. amazing. But, once again, we're off topic. <clears throat> we're way off course. But we're off topic on Harry Potter, so how can that really be off topic? That's, That's true. true. We're not talking about... Battlestar Galactica? Whaling <laughs> ships or anything like that. <laughs> Were they on the ship or under the ship? Oh, no! <laughs> no. I had to go and find the boat boat clip for Tessa <laughs> last night. Because it's like, I need the boat boat clip. I said, all right, I'll go find it. Title. I know. Boat. So I listened to it and then finally found it at an hour and 27 minutes in or something like that and pulled it out for. I, think I don't know how much of it she'll use. But. So all Remus's odd appointments keep going on for a while, but he doesn't really worry too much about the ins and outs of the train station most of the time because he has all these other things that are going on in his life that are much more fun. Mm-hmm. But at one point, he's back home for Easter holidays, and it's gray and dreary and drizzly, which is apparently perfectly normal weather for any time children had off school. <laughs> Gee, somebody must be having a holiday around my house, because it's pretty dreary, gray, and drizzly out here. <laughs> That's usually how it is, but we have 85-degree weather right now. So he's reading the book, and he's not really paying attention, and somebody flu calls, and finally they clear their throat. attention. Yeah, and he's like, hey, you, you there, I'm looking for Clifford Lupin. It's interesting to find out his father's name in this one. Yeah, Clifford. Because we know nothing about his parents, so every time they come up in effect, they're different people. Mm -hmm. I have to say, Clifford made me think of the big red dog. I pictured this (laughs) giant, you know, because Remus is a werewolf, I kind of started to picture a giant big red dog when they were talking about his dad. (laughs) There you go. Lisa. Hufflepuff Lisa said, what are you doing? And I said, podcasting. And she said, on what? I sent her the link and she just wrote back. The name Clifford makes me think of someone with a big chin dimple. (laughs) So apparently we're all going different places with the name Clifford. Yeah, I never particularly figured out a picture from it. I get where you're going with the big red dog, though. (laughs) It would be fun if his mother's name was Elizabeth or whatever. Emily Elizabeth. Chose him for her own And her love made Clifford grow so big That the Howards had to leave their home But anyway, Rima says, yes, that's my father, but he's not here And offers to take a message And apparently his dad has another appointment that he's set up And he's not to forget, it's on Thursday, 10 sharp And it's platform three in a bit And <laughs> this just 
sounds wrong to Remus. Yes. He likes his numbers, and that is not a proper fraction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just put off. He has to hesitate a minute and think, is this guy trying to tease me or what? But he's adamant that that's the correct one. And Just tell your dad he'll know what it means. So yes. he writes it down, even though it's some weird thing for people to say. And the guy tells him he should be an arithmancer when he grows up. Because he likes his numbers. So he brings it up. He's kind of expecting his dad to laugh at him or tell him it's not a real platform. But he just says, oh, oh yeah, it's that arithmancy lot again. And Remus has to bring it up himself. But that doesn't work. No, I love it. He's like, did you see? It's three and a bit. Three and a bit, Dad. Like, that's <laughs> not real, right? Like, it was so cute. <laughs> Trying not to sound as confused as he was. Uh, I did tell you platform three and a bit, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. And so his father explains that the arithmeters like their fancy numbers. <laughs> he gets them his schedule because apparently they have the train schedule with the various platform numbers on it, and it's pi, mm-hmm. three point one four nine five, and all the all the numbers just keep scrolling <laughs> as he's reading them. I like that number. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, did anyone see? There's there's a picture on. Somewhere. It's, it's like, I can't have cheeseburger. Not that, but like one of those other bail blog or whatever. And it's a Mazda Pi. You know how like they have the Mazda 3s? Well, someone took it and had like okay. numbers put on the back for yeah. Pi across the entire back of the trunk. I was like, oh, geek after my own heart. You're so adorable. <laughs> now, see, I like the symbol with the goop of ice cream on it. You know, Pi a la mode. Mm. It reminds me of another fic I was reading recently that got recommended on the forum in which Harry is raised differently. Petunia married someone else and he is something of a child prodigy and he's comparing his kind of intelligence with Hermione's intelligence. He said he's got pi memorized to something like seven digits because the millionth is as far as you really need for most things. Mm. Hermione has memorized 100 digits because that's how many there were in the back of the textbook. <laughs> I'm going to confess, I walk the dog, and I have an extendable leash, and I will stand in the middle of the grass, and she has to sniff everything. And of course. it's to the point of, do you have to sniff every square inch? How many square inches are in the circle? And I'll stand there and try to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Ravenclaw. Oh. <laughs> well, you just take the length of your leash and yeah, and, and it just keeps me occupied while she goes to the bathroom. <laughs> Multiply it by three and a bit. There you go. Well, it's and squared. Two pi r squared, so it's sixteen squared times three point one four one five nine. Y'all are making me feel really dumb. <laughs> Well, I was kind of disappointed, like, a great other nerdy thing that they could have put is, like, as you looked down the list, you could have had, like, some of the other, like, numbers, the exponential number, it's, like, 1.7 something, and, like, all the other symboled numbers that are out there, but I did like the cosine and sine reference. Mm-hmm. Or you could have, you know, why not have the platforms be just the prime numbers? Platform mole. <laughs> oh, gosh. 10 to the 23rd. <laughs> I don't think you could get there in the building. 
platforms to the exponent? Would that be on like the second? I don't know. Floor? Would they be on the <laughs> not just the second floor, but what about dimensions? <laughs> this platform is the that... third or fourth dimension. I think that that's something only our sci-fi fans could answer. Yeah. Or the there you go. <laughs> that's a time travel thing we haven't seen before, going onto a fourth dimension train platform. Oh, I'm oh. sure somebody will have it at some point. <laughs> that's funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> we really went off on a tangent. Ha! Math joke! Did <laughs> 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 I have to it's find the it. people. They keep making weird platforms. And every time they build onto the station, platform sine and cosine move slightly. Yes. <laughs> That's <laughs> just mean. X squared plus Y squared equals. <laughs> now, I wonder if they take the derivative. Would that take you back to the muggle? Um, maybe. But then know. if you integrate it, you know, I mean. At any rate, this is. Is when... that the flu network then? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you have the Hogwarts Express, and then you have flu, and then you have apparition. <laughs> Woo! Derivatives! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes, we just went there. Thank you very much. <laughs> but this is where Remus first hears about the platform square root of minus one. And at first he says, oh, well, that's easy. It's just minus one. But, of course, it isn't. Right. His father's like, are you sure about that? And he kind of runs it through his head, and he's like, oh, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. It's an imaginary number. And so he gets this little idea that sometime he wants to find it. Right. Apparently, it can only be found by people who have nowhere else left to go. And Remus, being an overachieving kid, figures, oh, that's just silly. I could find it. Mm -hmm. Anybody could find it. He just has to figure out how this works. Right. It sort of lodges itself in the back of his mind. So... Would the negative platforms be that you have to approach them from the left? I don't think there actually are negative platforms. It depends on the spin. You know, oh, if no. it has a left spin <laughs> or a right spin. Those would be the platforms in the basement. Uh, oh, okay. It depends on the rotation of the Earth at the time that the, yeah. No, 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 no. It's the axis because we are in three dimensions then. You know, do we have to do the right hand rule? You have bootjams and quarks and strange particles, and some of them spin one way and some of them spin the other way. It's actually quantum physics. <laughs> well, that's probably how they get through the walls in the first place. But yes. um, there isn't a platform minus one anyway, because Remus tries and almost breaks his nose. Yeah. I like that he, when he finally goes back, he tests it out just on the off chance that they didn't know that two negatives made a positive. <laughs> you know, it's only off chance that they weren't paying attention. I love his research, that he finds most of his research in, in muggle books. That was kind of, you know, he was so surprised. Mm -hmm, because muggles don't go for imaginary things, but here they are with these imaginary numbers. He tells the marauders about this mysterious platform, and they're excited about it at first, because they're planning to just walk into walls at random. But um, Remus wants to, you know, research and play with numbers and do all this paper stuff, and that's not as fun. No, no, no. no. You want to go to the library? No, no, no. They'd be happy to support him, but yeah, extra lessons is just a little too much. Yeah. Remus does have fun with the renegade mathematicians inventing imaginary numbers. He goes around pretending he's a renegade mathematician. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> at least until people start looking at him strangely. <laughs> I think a good example of like the, the renegade mathematician is Snape with that big cape and you know, wah, and he whips the cape around and all you see is eyes and stars. Tangent. I think you've been watching too many vampire movies with Dracula in them. That's the count. That's the platforms. One, two, three. Hi, platforms. I could count forever. Oh, no. Dear. We're way off course. This is where he finds out that the square root of minus one is apparently I. And that can't be right. You don't mark platforms by letters. It just doesn't work. These people are just out of hand. Platform such and such in a bit doesn't work. And now he's got one with a letter on it. It's just not right. Mm-hmm. But when he tries to do the one that's talking about them as numbers, it's just confusing because it's apparently one and zero at the same time, and that doesn't work either. And after he's been going through this for a while, he's wondering if maybe he'd actually have less of a headache if he went around walking into walls. Right. Do you think they have binary platforms? Uh, I don't see why not. It's just zero and one. Sorry, Hexadecimal platforms might be harder. I'd like to go to platform yeah. C, please. Just actually, if in digital, it's actually like the number twelve. <laughs> yeah, These platforms are confusing. That would be confusing. Yeah. There's an AU for you where all the platforms are marked in CFF zero or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's colors. Yeah, you could have a you know. I'd like to go to platform hashtag f f f f f f, which is black. <laughs> That's the one that takes you to Azkaban. Right. Ooh. Ooh. I don't want to go on that one. Thanks. Dump, dump. Or it could be Grimmel Place. You know, that might work too. It's the Death Eaters platform. Anyway. So they go home for this summer and no one's there to pick them up for 10 minutes, which I think is really funny because in everything else I've read, there's always somebody waiting. But they spend the time walking into walls with their eyes closed. They're doing that with their eyes closed so they don't hesitate and block the barrier. And the most they do is manage to get James's glasses broken. Yeah. And get mm-hmm. serious his parents were like, Oh, how dare you let your child hang out with these hooligans? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, right. And they explained a little bit about how Sirius's parents are weird and for a while Remus was depressed because they didn't like him and they figured it was because he was a werewolf or they knew that somehow. And it turned out, no, they're just odd and they don't really like anybody, so that's okay, Ben. And everyone knew they were being this stupid. weird muggle stuff. Okay, so, so... They go home for the summer. Remus's parents tell him that they're not doing any more tests, they're not going to try any more experiments. And his first reaction is, all right! <laughs> yeah, they've given up looking for a cure. Poor Remus. You're so fine, you're so fine, you blow my mind Hey Remus, hey Remus Oh Remus, you're so fine, you're so fine, you blow my mind Hey Remus, hey Remus Oh Remus, you're so fine, you're so fine, you blow my mind Hey Remus Now he figures it doesn't matter so much because he's got his friends and they don't care anyway So obviously life can't be all that bad And his parents are just worried because he doesn't realize that most people aren't going to be like his friends and he'll run into all sorts of trouble later in life and they're worried about him but 
his mom ends up interrupting his father from telling him all this stuff because she doesn't want him to be depressed all summers. Now his parents are arguing about him with each other as well, so. Yeah, this is a particularly poignant moment in here. He says that he'll always have his friends and that, knowing what the reader knows, heartbreaking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then he leaves, he kind of hears his parents say, do you really want to tell him how awful his life is going to be? Do you really want to kind of break him like that? And after that, it jumps ahead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, Rena says that time flew by and in an instant, everything changed. And everything that he once knew and everything he counted on was gone. And that he was alone. Yeah. I do like the one little bit before they leave that summer. He drops his whole quest about the platforms, and because he wants to cheer up his parents, he invites everybody over so they can see how wonderful and normal everything is. And at the end of that paragraph about that section, it says, Remus wasn't sure his parents looked happier after the others left exactly, more sort of dazed. Because <laughs> <laughs> James and Peter came over and they turned Peter purple at one point. And, and Sirius's parents, being the bigots that they are, didn't let him come over. No, they wouldn't let him come. But yes, then there's the giant time skip, and he talks about how his teachers were probably a little too kind to him because they let him choose his classes because he had all these career goals that he was going to do and didn't mention that probably he wasn't going to be able to get most of these jobs. Then things were difficult but okay for a while, but then 1981 happened and he's left with no one, basically. Yeah, Yeah. everything just kind of unravels for him, and you know what's coming, so it's just like, oh, I don't want to see this. Yeah, because they graduate, and then James and Lily get married, and there's little things happening, and then the war starts in earnest, and then he's alone. Yeah. And because of the war, and the fact that a lot of werewolves fought on Voldemort's side... People are even more wary about them now, and he gets articles about him in the paper, and eventually he has to move out because there's a petition to make him leave or something like that. Yeah, it starts off with people just shunning him and graffiti on the house every day, and he gets up early every morning to try to get it off before his parents wake up. And then somebody actually starts the house on fire, and then they finally come to the family with a petition. And his father's adamant that there's no way they're going to be driven out and that he shouldn't be driven out because this is our life and you're my son and this shouldn't be happening. But Remus is looking at the bigger picture and if he hadn't woke up when he did and smelled the smoke, they could have all died. Yeah. And he doesn't want that to happen to his parents. So he decides he's going to leave and he assures them that he'll just stay with a friend. But of course, he doesn't really have anybody to stay with anymore because they're all gone somewhere. Well, and and they don't ask him where he's staying because they know that, too. Right. Mm -hmm. They do know that. His mom makes him sandwiches, and then he's back at the train station. And he has to decide where is he going to go. Yeah. And he doesn't have much. He's got a little bit of clothes, a little bit of money, and a bag of egg and crust sandwiches. That's all he's got. He looks at the list of places trains are going, and they just all seem to be wrong somehow. They're not the right place for him because, of course, they're not home. Right. And he spends a lot of time dithering like this, and eventually he decides, all right, that's it. He's just going to go somewhere. He closes his eyes, and he walks for a few feet, and then he turns and hopes there's a platform in front of him, and he's not just going to break his nose. And he finds himself on platform 
square root of minus one. Yes. Which only people with nowhere else to go can find. And there's a lot of people on this platform. Mm-hmm. It's a pensive sort of end, I guess. Yes. So guard is capitalized. Does anybody think that has an extra meaning? I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's title because you see it earlier when the boys were walking around waiting for that 10 minutes when they broke James's glasses. Mm-hmm. The serious parents came in and they made them go sit in the guard's office until their parents got there. And that guard was also a capital letter G. Okay. So. Just a platform guard. Yes. I have to say, I'm kind of, I don't want to say disappointed by the ending because it wasn't what I was expecting. I expected the imaginary platform to be that platform that Harry was on, you know, that when Remus died, like I thought that's where this whole thing was going, that that's when he would find it, that that guard would be a godlike figure. But I mean, it was interesting. I just feel like she put some finality to it. It does feel like he's dying and maybe a part of him is dying at this point. But we know that something happens to him between this time in 81 and 93. Well, it was definitely a death of innocence. Yeah. It symbolized that. And maybe that's what it represents. But I I definitely thought it was going to be longer and take us to that death. And that's where this imagined. Mm -hmm. I I don't dislike the story. I was just kind of, huh, is there more? Like, I was looking for more and trying to figure out. That would make sense, too. Yeah, it really does leave you stepping onto the train and the train to nowhere. The train to where, you know? Because we don't know what happens in those years of his life. Right. Right. I imagine he does get somewhere. I don't know if it's on this train or if he stays on the train for a while and then comes back out again because he's spent enough time to collect himself or if the train just deposits him some random place and he makes a life for himself there for a while. Mm Mm-hmm. It's left up to the reader to decide what happens. Can I just decide? Yeah. I well, like you this. know, think about this. You know, that whole dimension thing I was talking about? <laughs> yeah. Maybe it is in another dimension. Another dimension. <laughs> well, and, and I thought about that, too. Like, maybe he gets on this train and he falls asleep and suddenly he wakes up and there's three kids in his compartment and there's dementors floating about, you know, like. Well, that would be an interesting <laughs> way to do it. <laughs> Guess what, Remus? You're 20 years older. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, Actually, he would have been... 10. He would have been 10 years older. He would have been 12 years older. Now, 11. 11 years older. I like that he asked the guard, where is this train headed, please? And the guard looks at him and says, where was it you wished to go? And he said, I don't know. I just have to go somewhere. And the guard says, ah, then yes, this is exactly the train you need to get there. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting it to go anywhere, really, so I kind of liked the end. I liked that he found the platform that he'd always been looking for, even though he had to lose everything to do it. Yeah. It was a, it's an odd sort of story, but I like it. It, it makes you think about things, mm-hmm. whether it's weird math things with the platforms or <laughs> characterization weird. of Remus. Or... Weird math things. <laughs> Really didn't yeah. think of both of those weird math things until the call, and then it was just like, how can I be this dirty and talk about math things? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so that was totally improv. 
<laughs> I would like to learn a little bit more about what some of those other classes actually did, like mm. ancient runes and arithmancy and things. As far as the canon goes, they were mostly made up to mm-hmm. be heavy kind of things that the guys wouldn't be interested in. Ancient but, runes kind of struck me as being something that you would take in order to learn about the background of the language of the spells. Right. You know, like Latin. Yeah. And things like the pensive has runes carved into it all over the place. So mm-hmm. maybe you need them to well, you know, design it's like, objects like that. It's like hieroglyphs, you know, hieroglyphics. Mm-hmm. There's classes for that in colleges. And what are you going to use that for? Well, I don't know. If you're a archaeologist, you're going to use it. But, you know, who else is going to use it? Designer. Right. I kind of felt like from a couple of Hermione's comments, especially in light of divination, was that arithmancy was the use of numbers mm-hmm. to figure out the future. Well, so, like, that's what you it, get like, if you actually look up the word. That's what it yeah. means. Yeah. But. And just by her comments, like how, you know, that'll really predict the future because it has a background and a base. And so that's kind of what I always believed. And like, I never really gave a thought about ancient ruins, but I kind of felt like... Mm-hmm. Hermione likes her numbers too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there's not like an equivalent. World, yes and no. Um, I mean, math and arithmetic go hand in hand. A lot of the background. Yeah. And if you take it literally, yeah, you can predict the future using math. You know, I know that if I have a child, I'm going to add to the population. That's in the future. <laughs> you know. Well, I was thinking like I had to take classes in college. It was called probabilistic methods. I loved the class, but it was basically predicting the future using percentage and logic. It's like, trends, yeah. Yeah, definitely trends and just figuring out the percentage and the statistics behind if something's going to happen. I took it in the spring semester, and we were really starting to talk about a couple different things. Where we just finished a unit on trees, like different probability trees, mm-hmm. right as March Madness was starting. And the teacher was talking about the probability of you picking the exact bracket to get to the final four or to the national championship mm-hmm. is really like you have a better chance of getting struck by lightning because of all the different com- combinations of permutations. So when I thought about arithmancy, I thought about my probabilistic class where, you know, you're using numbers to try and figure out stuff. That right. Yeah. Like I said, you have arithmancy is mathematics and because that ancient runes would be like latin yeah or language yeah but you're talking ancient runes and that's always i always thought of that immediately especially on how they put spells together how most of the spells are latin derivatives and how you would use that as a spell caster right yeah i'm probably overthinking it (laughs) probably but you know it's kind of fun sometimes yeah but anyway does anyone have Final thoughts on the story itself? No, I don't think so. I don't have any. I think we got it all as we were going through it. Yes, I think I gave my final thoughts earlier. I liked the story because it made me think I just expected a different ending when they started talking about the imaginary numbers. I mean, it was a good story. Got us all thinking and being nerdy. <laughs> well, got you guys being nerdy. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely I, I a think... Ravenclaw story. <laughs> yeah. I think it had a lot of potential that it could have gone chapters even, like, you know, not really being nerdy, but just to take it from that point of misentering the first platform to essentially death and representing that, you know, all in all, good reads. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I liked it. I read it several times because I read it when Scott first recommended it, and then it was just on my iPod for a long time. So I kept catching bits and pieces of it, and I read it for the first time we were going to do this podcast, and then again. So I have listened to it several times, and I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. It's not a warm and fuzzy sort of story, though it has its fun moments, but it gives you something to think about. It's just kind of a huh. Kind of like the movie I talked about when we started. Things that make you go, hmm. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah. But yes, this was Platform I. It's by She Who Guards, which I don't think we said. It's available on fanfiction.net. And she has a number of other Harry Potter stories and Discworld stories and various other fandoms as well. So it's worth checking out. And hopefully you enjoyed the podcast. Yes, and this will be our last peon cast as peons. Eek! Mm-hmm. But you will get to hear us again, because we're moving up when Season 4 of Potterfic Weekly starts. That'll be us. Ah, season 4. Gee whiz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be Season 4 of Potterfic Weekly and Season 3 of Peon Cast sort of combined into some weird new thing, but hopefully you'll enjoy it. It'll be three and a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Peon cast three in a bit. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Just as long as it's not, well, I don't know, Peon cast imaginary for a while there. Oh, yeah. Know. Let's not get too imaginary. I don't know. I'm pretty imaginary myself. Yes. So we will be back. Just lock the doors <laughs> and hide your children. We'll be back. Yes. I'll be back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't actually know how that goes. I haven't seen that one. But. Oh, no. <laughs> but everybody knows it. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> that should be an awesomely bad book stage. Just don't give Ryan any. No, no, no. Don't give him any ideas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so. well. Good night, everybody. Good night. Or should I say, bye. Bye. This is so awesome.